1: This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th. And it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose. And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. <sighs> it's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now.
2: The Sunday Session is brought to you by More Beer, who has just opened their East Coast Distribution Center and is now shipping orders from California and Pennsylvania. Check them out at morebeer.com. I reported in my
3: mouth and it just wasn't going down.
4: My first beer was an IPA, the best IPA I've ever drank, mostly because I brewed it. If you have a scale that is good for measuring cocaine, you're probably good for measuring hops. On you're, you're scaring me. <laughs> I think the information is awesome and the audio sucks. Take right. some sugary water, throw some yeast in there. And you're going to drink
3: good beer. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's going to be good. It's fine. Damn it, man! Oh my god! Oh, uh oh! Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California. This is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks.
4: Welcome to the program, everybody. It's another wonderful show we have planned for you today, and a lot to do. We've got to get right to it. The full and packed show for you this afternoon, this fine evening. Thank you. This fine Monday. Thank you for that. Happy MLK Day, everybody. Martin ah, Luther King. that's why I didn't get mail. Okay. Yeah, that's right. All right. Although UPS and FedEx were delivering to me today, and I thought that was odd. Yeah. What happened to the What happened to the holiday? Mm-hmm. I don't know why we're
0: working, to be honest with you. I don't know why either. Eh, you know, That's a scheduling error. Yeah. I think people can. can Should have had a four a week. Can work today right. and then take pause to remember the legacy of MLK and then continue working. I don't right. think we need to shut down. I don't as mind a the shutdown. Yeah.
4: I think the only reason we didn't shut down is that uh, I don't want to work next week. Yeah. Because we'll need a full two days of recovery days after Winter Brews Festival.
6: To count the money.
4: Yeah. To count the money. <laughs> two days to count the dough. Yes.
7: I thought I had to work because I was white
4: that's
8: part of martin luther king day right <laughs> only minorities get the day off <laughs> yeah. or just blacks
6: i don't know <laughs> you them, tell me? I, I had to work first so. you gotta have a real job that's why none us us got off.
4: oh yeah beardy is sitting in with us today uh for nathan and doc beardy takes the place of two people that's true in <laughs> he's one he's got enough facial hair because right. he's smart <laughs> for all
6: this the whole town here exactly
4: uh, we do have a lot to do today, so welcome to the program. We're going to be talking to Chris Kuzmi, uh, 508 Restaurant and Bar. Uh, it's actually a, a gastrobrewery, is what they call it, too. Not a gastro pub, JP, yeah. a gastrobrewery. Uh, they're from New York, New York, Manhattan to be exact. I like that. So we're going to be talking to Chris in just a few minutes, but we got a lot of other things to oh, do, okay. too. And in fact, uh, before we do that, we're going to talk to Gary Glass. Uh, He's, of course, our president of the American Homebrewers Association. And Christy Elshoff, who's with uh, the Southern California Homebrewers Association. We're going to be talking about this new homebrewer bill in California. That's right. Wreaking a little havoc for homebrew festivals themselves. Um and we'll talk to those two here in just a second. Let me do some quick announcements, and then we'll go to that. Winter Brews Festival is this Saturday, January 25th, from 12 to 4 in Toto Santos Park. You can get your tickets right now at bnbrewfest.com. They're 35 bucks in advance, and they're going to be 45 at the door. Tickets uh, pre-sale will stop on Friday afternoon at 5 o'clock, so I recommend you go get your tickets now. Tell your friends to get you. You know you're going to save 10 bucks, so it's, it's worth doing it. We're yeah. saving the ten bucks.
0: Some person emailed me today. She's like, Oh, I would love to be pointed to where you can buy discounted tickets, or can I just get in for free somehow? How can I win tickets because I can't afford, I'm too poor to go. Like just out of the blue? Seriously, just out of the blue. And I said, Well, you know, I use that well, they're forty five at the door, so they're thirty five now. Yeah. I'm giving you ten percent off, or i can give you ten dollars off right now.
4: Well, they can listen to 92.1 KKDV, oh. which is the gre- uh, the Greater Diablo Valley Top 40 station. KKDV. And they'll be giving away two tickets every day in the four o'clock hour oh. between now and Friday. Ooh. I heard them give away a t- couple of tickets today. So you can win a couple.
8: That's cool. But you have to sit through Alicia Keys and Bruno Mars. and
4: Which I did today just to make sure that they're playing our spots. Yeah. Oh, God, that was awful. And Drake, who's Drake is a guy, right? Is that a guy? I thought it was a brewery.
8: Drake? Drake? I don't know Drake. Don't know. Scott, does your dad know Drake? (laughs) Vivo is frantically indicating that she
4: knows Drake.
9: (laughs) I know Drake, and I would have listened to the radio.
4: Well, listen to 92.1 all week. Mark down every time you hear our Vivo. It's real local. Like it matters. It's like 500 watts, right? I would have
0: listened to the radio.
9: (laughs) What did you tell me?
4: Good. Uh,
0: I
9: listen to crap music anyway. I might as well do it for a purpose.
4: Right. (laughs) Which would be what?
9: I don't know what Justin tells me to do. (laughs)
4: Listen. (laughs) Yeah, all right, great. All right, so get your tickets now, bnbrewfest.com. Keep doing your Amazon shopping through the Brewing Network. Just click the Amazon link on our homepage, and then every purchase you make helps us out just a little bit. and We appreciate it very much. You can listen to this on the go with the iPhone and Android apps. Just click BN or search BN Mobile in iTunes or the Android Marketplace, and you'll find it. It's a free download. Uh, watch all this live on T V. That's our live stream feed, and we always have the cameras rolling, so you can see Tasty's pretty face. It's so pretty uh, today. Yes. Uh, subscribe and join the BN Army just by clicking the Donate button. Recurring donors are entered every month into the More Beer Monthly Donation Giveaway, which is a chance for you to win 100 bucks. Also, uh, for as little as 2 bucks a month, you, you really help us stay alive over here, and we appreciate it. Uh, all these updates and more over on Twitter and Facebook. Facebook. Send your show ideas to Scott Jew. That's scott at Network.com. Send feedback to feedback at Network.com. All right, as promised, uh, we've got Gary Glass. He's your president of the American Home Brewers Association. If you're not a member now, you should be. Click the AHA link on our homepage, sign up, and uh, become a member because they do good work for you. And you're going to hear a little bit about that today. Uh, Gary Glass and Christy, uh, Christy, help make sure I get this right, Elshoff.
10: Elshoff, correct.
4: There we go. Christy Elshoff is with the Southern California Homebrewers Association, and if I can just preface the conversation by saying the SoCal Homebrew Fest is one of my favorite events uh, every single year, and the Brewing Network tries to go every single year. We've been for several of them, and it's just really a well-run and fun festival that features uh, a ton of homebrewers. I mean, they really come out in droves for this, and they and they go all out setting up their club booths, and it's just something else. And, In fact, Gary Glass, you were a guest speaker there uh, this past year, weren't you? Yeah, that's correct. So Gary has been a guest speaker, uh, countless others as well. It's really a good event. Well, I'll start by saying that there was some legislation that actually us here at the Brewing Network were pretty excited about that passed uh, California Assembly Bill 1425, which essentially, and Christy and Gary could kind of clean this up and correct me if I'm wrong, but essentially allowed homebrewers to to donate their beer to festivals, and for that matter, it to be sold in order to help nonprofits raise money mm-hmm. uh, but there's a little stipulation in that bill that says as long as said nonprofit is not uh, does not exist for the sole purpose of promoting beer making and homebrewing uh, do I have uh, that about right, Gary and Christy? That's about right okay so. What we were celebrating originally as this great thing, for example, at the Winter Brews Festival that the Brewing Network puts on, it's a benefit for the Coral Reef Alli- Alliance, uh, we have a great uh, booth called Tasty's Tasting Room. And, and Tasty, you get uh, 20-something kegs donated from from Yeah, hundreds, uh,
6: 25 to 30 or so, yeah.
4: All for the cause of, of, of helping the Coral Reef Alliance. Exactly, all donated. We, you sell the tickets and the proceeds go to that. So what worked very well for a, f- uh, a festival like ours, which really features commercial beer, and is a benefit not for the brewing network, but for the Coral Reef Alliance, which is not uh, dedicated, obviously, to the to the making of beer. Uh, worked really well, but this SoCal Homebrew Fest is structured a little bit differently. Christy, can you tell us where the difficulty came into play?
10: Well, the difficulty is that the new legislation specifically excludes um, nonprofit organizations established for the purpose of home of promoting basically home brewing. And that's what we have in the California uh, Homebrewers Association. We incorporated in 1997 in order to basically make things a little easier in the record-keeping and to kind of bring everything together. And now that's come back to uh, haunt us, I guess you'd say, by the fact that we did organize to make ourselves a more efficient operation.
4: Got it. And so essentially the way this is being interpreted by the ABC is that the homebrew is being donated to an event that's sole purpose is to promote homebrewing.
10: That is, I, I would have to say that's what we understand at this point. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's the, well, the law and <coughs> sort of it right
6: there. By the way, the law is stated, yes, you're in violation because you are made up of primarily homebrewers. You know, yes. that's your interest. It, at the yeah, same time, it, it made, like us, uh, the Brewing Network and ours, you know, 25 kegs of beer, same time it made us legal, It because you're a non nonprofit as well, it made you illegal. So, you know, yeah. because you are homebrewers and we're not. That's
10: correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: So, have they essentially said, Christy, you cannot do the fest as the law stands now?
10: Well, we have not talked directly with them. Okay. Um, so, I guess I'm not willing to say that at this point because we're still doing everything we can to see that the 2014 festival does go forward. Wonderful. Um, but it uh, basically makes it quite difficult for us because that language is uh, is there right in the bill, and even if there are other parts of the bill that seem to be helpful, that's what keeps us from being able to move ahead with the festival. They have other interpretations for us, too, that uh, regarding... Um, that it's not a competition they they did sort of do some other tweaking to that bill that it's that puts a lot of different things in jeopardy and so we're trying to work hard to get those yeah. clarified and amended so they aren't uh, a stumbling block to home brewers.
5: Okay.
4: Gary, where does the AHA and and its events fall into this?
11: Uh well, it's it's not exactly clear just yet. Like, you know, like you said when this bill initially passed, it, you thought that was, you know, uh, uh, it sounded like a good thing, uh, but it, it's not. It's not very well written and not terribly clear as to what is and isn't allowed. And they changed up some of the language regarding events and whatnot. Uh, but I, I've got a contact with the California Craft Brewers Association, who's who's helping us to look into uh, the the implications for the for the homebrewers conference. But at the moment, I think that uh, I think we're probably pretty safe. Um, the the issue with that nonprofit it's homebrew related uh, also specifically relates to sales of homebrew and so i, I think it's really going to co- come down to the definition of what is a sale of homebrew whether that means uh in the case of the southern california homebrews fest where you ha- you sign up for a membership for the california homebrews association and and then you get in once you're a member um and the beer is uh, free and and the beer is free. So uh, where the sale is, there it's uh, it's not quite clear. But um, and and the definition of what makes up a sale, I think, is really going to be what's uh, what's key about the the laws that exist. Um, but but regardless, um, I think I think it's fairly poorly written. Um, e- even if intentions were were good, uh, obviously it has some implications that probably weren't intended that are you know now. Negatively affecting the Southern California Homebrewers Festival, um, so hopefully we can get get that corrected.
10: It's well, and if I if I could add to that, what what we had was we went in to meet with ABC because they had had some questions about our membership structure. Okay, and so we went in to meet with them to indicate that we would we would change our structure. The way they were looking at it was the memberships they were considering them as tickets, and therefore just the fact the mere fact that we incorporated and we had a website. Made us uh, public, which we strongly disagree with um, so in in that meeting is when we found out about the new bill, but that ticket thing keeps coming up in other organizations as well I've heard throughout the state um, so we're we're dealing with clarifying lots of things in this bill
4: interesting so it it does sound like the bill itself was well intentioned, and in my opinion, it even sounds like the stipulation they tried to, to add was not to necessarily cause trouble but just to make sure that we aren't all allowed to sell homebrew for selling homebrew's sake. But, Gary, as you point out, maybe that was just poorly written, even if that was the intent. But w-
8: was that a problem? Are people attempting to directly sell homebrew?
4: Well, no, because it's illegal. And so I, I think the worry was that this might turn it into a legal activity if they didn't put some stipulations. But
8: I'm saying, what problem
6: were they attempting to solve? What, what is? Well, they were creating the problem. By saying you could sell homebrew if it's if a charity is involved.
4: Yeah, the problem they, they were to attempting to solve that was that you are not allowed to donate homebrew even to these events. Right. Yet, what a wonderful thing it would be if homebrewers could donate their beer to commercial. F- that's the problem they were trying to solve. And in it, in the meantime, they created this other problem. Now, for fests like the <laughs> SoCal Homebrew Fest, uh, which is which is clearly unfortunate. Yeah, um, it's like one of the best in the state. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Christy, can I ask this? It, it sounds like there's a bit of, of trouble with the semantics of how it's worded. We sell memberships. We, we don't sell beer. And I assume that argument was made to the ABC. Did they say, no, we're, we're just not buying that?
10: Basically, yes. That okay. is what they said. But yeah. we're working on that as well because, um, you know, we did it for all of the right reasons. And so it's a <laughs> matter of clarifying that with ABC, we feel – uh, that's that's what we're working on right now, and we do have a le- legislator who's who's working with us to do some amendments. This was a committee bill, and he's vice chair of the committee. His name is Brian Nestandi. and okay. if you happen to be in his district, you can say thank you very much for helping us. Um, so what we're trying to do is he's going to work with us on bill clarification of that language, and Gary's giving us a lot of input. So we're going to do everything we can to, to in with one amendment, take care of those glitches.
4: Okay, Gary, you sound rather optimistic that this is something that is just a glitch and can probably be cleared up.
10: Yeah,
11: I, I think from you know the conversations that Christy and and uh, uh, along with Karsten from the from the California Homebrewers Association I've had with uh, with with various um, staffers uh, and and consultants from the from the legislature that the situation that the Southern California homebrewers mouthface was not the intention of the legislators and so they seem very motivated to uh, to work with us to get it corrected so I I, I am pretty confident that uh, that we can get this thing cleared up and it's yeah like I said it's just a matter of, of cleaning up that language a little bit it doesn't it doesn't require drastic changes so I, I think it can be done
4: okay
8: so so you don't think it's anything to worry about because I, I did receive uh, several emails from people who sounded panicked
0: yeah, I got some panicked emails as well.
10: Well, we're getting lots of them. And <laughs> I, I will say that while the amendment to the bill will take care of things in the long term, those things don't move quickly, and having that done by in time for our festival, we're still unsure. But the, the committee that is, uh, in fact, an uh, assembly member in the office, and then I I believe he's working with the Senate side of that same committee, which is the Committee on Governmental Organizations. Um, They're going to see what they can do from their end to get some discussions going and see if there's uh, what, what avenues and what options we may have for 2014. So we're just working as hard as we can. We are not giving up.
4: Is there a message for the the panicked homebrewers, or maybe more importantly, homebrewers that really want to do something? Is there a a unified message, something that they can do, a way you'd like them to approach this?
10: Well, yes, absolutely. Um, If you go on the California Assembly and California Senate websites, you can find those committee members. But apart from that, I think we've done a pretty good job... with the people that we have involved with us right now, kind of reaching out over the phone to some of those people, and that's where we've gotten a lot of this support, we would like homebrewers throughout the state of California to write your legislator. Um, If you go to our website, which is calhomebrewers.org, that is the California Homebrewers Association website, um, it will give you contact information for clubs down here, and if you contact those clubs, you can get a sample letter Um, What we're trying to do in doing that, I know it sounds a little roundabout, but if ABC wants to see this as a public event, we want them to see it's not a public event. It goes back to the home brewer and back to the home brew club. So we want everybody to be involved with the clubs and the home brewers to, uh, to send out letters to both assembly members and senators, regardless of district at this point, mentioning this bill, 1425, as a committee bill from the uh, committee on governmental organizations, we just call it the GO committee. We're sure that the word will get back to people. We would like all of the help that we can get to get letters out to let people know that you know don't mess with my hobby. <laughs>
5: right,
4: <laughs> Gary, you've done a lot of this in your experience. Is is that the route that really makes some change and lets people know what we want?
11: Well, coming from a you know a group of of homebrewers, uh, you know we 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 don't we don't have a lot of money so it's not like we have lobbyists in uh, in the California legislature who could help us out with this so yeah i, I do find like for for things you know you got to you got to go grassroots um certainly it it it's going to be a good thing to make uh make legislators aware of the issue um one thing that i would i would really stress is that it's got to stay positive um you know, we we want we want homebrew or these legislators to know that homebrewers are you know, uh, you know upstanding citizens. They're they're uh, uh, they they like to participate in a hobby that's not doing any harm. Um, just for the most part, you know what you're, these legislators and the and the ABC regulators they really don't know homebrewers, and so giving them a positive image of, of who homebrewers are is is what's going to help us.
5: And,
10: I totally agree with you know. Gary, and the whole idea that we are from all walks of life, and we this we're passionate about this hobby, um, and what we want is to uh, be able to continue that, and to you know hopefully have our festival go forward in 2014, but to protect this hobby because in in doing this legislation and, and the way that it's worded currently, it does put a lot of the uh, premier events that we would like to have in jeopardy yeah california homebrews association is on the verge of doing tastings and other kinds of things throughout our whole region down here and again because of our structure in what we thought was the right structure to do that's uh putting those at jeopardy too so we would really like to have support of everybody and i agree keep it positive
4: yeah I think it's important to remember, uh, folks, that, you know, like it or not, there, there is a little bit of a stigma associated with, with making beer to those who don't know us. Like Gary mentioned, you know, these folks, they don't really know who we are and who homebrewers are. And so we're starting from a point where we have to, you know, kind of get over that stigma, even though I think it's unfairly placed, obviously, that we are professionals and we're passionate about our hobby, and we're not doing this to go get reckless at Lake Casitas. <laughs> you know, uh, we're doing it to get together and, and enjoy our hobby. So
10: they tell us how wonderful we are, and so we we recognize that we work very hard yeah. to have an event free uh, event, if you want to put it that way. So we don't have difficulties. <laughs> right. We work really hard at that, and we're we're good at it. And they recognize that at Lake Casitas.
1: Good.
11: Okay. Yeah, I, Go ahead, Gary. It, oh, I was just gonna just gonna add like an event like uh, the Southern California Humbers Fest, which is like I, I agree that that is a fantastic event for, for homebrewers to go to. Yeah. It's a it's a big gathering of homebrewers, sharing of, of homebrew, uh and you know, education and all these things. But if, if you were to say to somebody who was not a homebrewer that there's an event with, you know, hundreds of kegs of, of homebrew that are being served at this campground, um, you know, think about what kind of image that might give somebody. So even though we who have experienced it know what it's all about. Like right. it so on the outside. Aren't necessarily going to see it that way, and so that, I think that's the issue that we we come across as homebrewers in a, in all kinds of states is that they don't really get what we're all about, and so it's it's really about educating legislators and regulators about who homebrewers are really are and, and what we're trying to do. Sure.
10: Well, heard throughout it. the state that we are better we are better behaved than the wine people.
11: Yeah.
8: <laughs>
5: Well, exactly. certainly not better looking, but better behaved. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> we're definitely more fun to
4: hang out with, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, well, the AHA has done a great job uh, uh, tackling things like this before and conveying that message that Gary's talking about, That really showing that that we're different than, than what people might think. So I have faith in you, Gary. Christy, uh, I've, I've got faith in you, too. You do such a great festival down there. Homebrewers, I think it's up to you now to, to chime in, to, to write to your representatives uh, in a very polite and professional way and let them know this is important. And it sounds like Gary and Christy are going to keep working hard on it for you, but you, you should do your part too. So the uh, website, once again, uh, is the calhomebrewers.org. You can go to calhomebrewers.org. And, uh, in fact, I'm looking at the homepage right now, and there's a description of the bill and links for where you need to click and go to so that you can help out and and do the writing yourself. Um, Well, keep us up to date, please, Gary and Christy. And if there's anything we can do to keep getting the word out, uh, you know, like I said, not only do we love this festival, and I'm, I'm happy to get the word out just for that, but all the rest of the festivals that are going to take place in the future, too. So keep us up to date.
10: We'll do
11: that. Absolutely.
4: Okay. Thanks, guys. Good luck.
11: Thank
4: you. Cheers. Thank you.
8: Do you think uh, Alvin Holmes works on uh, um, contract? You know, like, we could we hire him to go to bat for us for this issue? Because I, <laughs> I feel he like filibuster. You, can't, uh, right, you can't argue with the if guy. If nothing
4: else, he can filibuster. Yeah. Oh, that, for sure. That would be fantastic. Yeah, we, we sell it now, not good enough.
8: That's it. And then we would get our way.
4: Yeah. <laughs> And if that doesn't work, we have a million
7: mash pedal march
4: in a Sacramento. Party. The million <laughs> mash pedal march, I love it. That's good,
0: which yeah. you know, true to form, we get like fifty people.
4: Yeah, <laughs> right. and nobody bring any goddamn beer <clears throat> or mash pedals. Yeah. Uh, it's a tricky one. This one, it's an unfortunate well, byproduct. I think of an otherwise well-intentioned bill. Say, so for instance, you're a homebrew club and you're not incorporated. Well, you just can continue
6: on what you've been doing, right? Yeah. Then you're say so you become incorporated. Wait a minute! Now all of a sudden, what you are doing is illegal. Right? You can't assemble to even taste the beer,
4: is, and that's what I mean. What a weird! It's such a backwards thing. As yeah. Christy pointed out, they they created that structure to make it more professional, easier to track, uh, more legitimate. They made it, yet simple. it bit him yeah. in the ass. Right. The whole thing seems to be for this
6: event up in Napa, uh, Napa County for this charity that's associated with like a fire protection oh, district. That's where it all started. That's where you know. it all started when the ABC would not give them a license. Okay. Well, they contacted the representatives which were all like these wine, you know. Yeah. They got, you know, and because wine's a big, bigger, like a more respectable part of our economy. Mm-hmm. They got shit done like in months. I mean, it was, it happened in the summertime. The bill was passed in our, or signed in October.
4: Right. Interesting. So
6: it all got caught up in tailoring just for that event. Right. That's all. The uh, CHA got swallowed up in the uh, yeah in the verbiage there.
4: Well, and you can imagine, you know, Gary uh, said that he thinks it's going to be fine for the for the AHA. But think about this, you know, the AHA essentially puts on a similar event in a different state every year yeah. mm-hmm. called the National Homebrewers Conference, yeah. and uh, when it comes back to California, it's a big issue. <laughs> Which it's supposed to if, if they 14, did the same thing, 15, yeah. 15, yeah. So if, it it's it's really a big problem if the ABC decides to continue interpreting it that way, and maybe more so if they don't allow this amendment to be passed. I'm actually happy to hear, Gary's a pretty honest guy, by the way, so I'm happy to hear his optimism. I don't think he's blowing smoke up our ass when he says he's yeah. optimistic that it's going to be fine. Well,
6: Christy says the people in this agency that they're dealing with yeah. are ag- agreeing that that, that that we didn't mean that to happen. Yeah, So it's just a matter of getting it all put in place for her event, right? Yeah, which is our event actually.
4: Well, luckily, our event is uh, for somebody else, and it's commercial beer. Uh, yeah, you just happen right to be a great feature of the com- in the commercial yeah. fest. Is our homebrew tent exactly? So we fall in the the, the real the uh, letter of the, the intent of the law. Exactly. Yeah. Even yeah. so, good for us. But but, phew! What luck that was. <laughs> that we actually <laughs> that we finally benefited from some piece of legislation. Yeah, too bad over here the, at the uh, CHA got caught in. Yeah, I can't go this year either way. You know. No, I can't go there. It's too close to some other events. Well it's it's in the same, same as Boonville. It's the same weekend as Boonville, yeah, which I can do both. Well I've skipped Boonville for several years and you know can't skip that. with the hop grenade tap room opening up. Yeah. I feel like my services are needed at Boonfield. Oh, yeah. Not, I gotta go shake room. hands and kiss brewers and make sure they're sending us beer down to the tap room. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Well there's something to be said too for uh skipping a year for any even <clears throat> when festivals are great.
8: Sometimes yeah. when you've gone a few years in a row, you know, take a year off. Sure. And it'll be that much better when you go the following year.
0: Agreed. Except for the winter Bruce Fest. Go to that. Oh, that every, every year. Yeah. <laughs> because that really is the, the premier event in the Bay Area. Yeah. yeah. Don't you dare miss that. It yeah. is. I hear if you buy premium. two
8: tickets, it's
7: twice the
4: fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Why have you turned down so low, Beardy? It's because I don't trust he's you yet. He's trying
6: to talk through that beard. It's just, like all that <laughs> yeah.
4: He's used to being at home, so he's just
0: in the, in the background. Where he's
4: right. not allowed to speak. <laughs> right. All right, it's time to talk to our good friend Michael Fairbrother. We've got some mead in front of us, and There's I'm excited mead. to try this. Hey, Michael, how are you? good. How about yourself, Justin? I'm doing pretty well, thank you. You were in our neck of the woods recently.
3: Yeah, I was just out there and happened to uh, walk down the street, and who do I see? Chris White from uh, White Labs, and go into the bar and see uh, Chris Graham for more beer, and yeah. around the corner comes uh, you. <laughs> it was awesome.
4: See? Come to California, you never know what hooligans you're going to run into. My my phone battery
6: yeah. must have been dead. I didn't get the call on that. <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: Fuckers. <laughs> Sorry, Tasty. <laughs> So, you know, Michael, is it a coincidence that a major winter cold front moves into your neck of the woods, and you're suddenly in California?
3: <laughs> yeah, call that shockingly.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I think i got to go do a sales trip to California this week. <laughs> you're a well, smart we're, man.
3: We're, we're just in uh, Georgia for the last seven days, and... Uh, yeah, it was pretty amazing. We I visited, I think over seventy-two accounts, and I got over seventy-two new accounts. Wow! Well, Bernice and I were working the market down there, so absolutely fantastic how well received we are, and people coming up to us mentioning uh, the brewing network. So cheers, cheers to you guys!
4: Oh, glad we could help. Hi, explain to me how that goes, Michael. You go into these accounts, and I mean, in my opinion, you just you crack open a bottle of mead, you let them taste it, and they buy it. Am I am I off here?
3: No, you gotta get rights. I mean, we literally—I walked into a burger joint in Savannah, Georgia, and they ordered six cases of mead. Wow! Yeah, they tasted four four bottles and said, "Yeah, we'll take six cases to start with." And I'm like, "You gotta kidding me?" That's. And awesome. I'm like, the sales rep's looking at me and he goes, "You know, I've been selling this product—you know, selling products for a long time. I've never once walked into a place where they said." Yeah, we're going to go for this much investment in your product. Right. You know, we're getting pretty good money for our product. And, um, you know, to walk into everything from sushi to burgers to, to, you know, high-end hotels taking our products, it literally, I mean, everybody throws me under the bus and says, you know, you're too too good on your company. But, (laughs) hey, brother, yeah, (laughs) what am I supposed to say?
4: You know, you do, let's be honest, you do have the added bonus that after trying four bottles of 18% mead, they are a little lubed up. Yeah, exactly.
8: Uh, if, the, you, the, if brewers could take a page out of your book, just get yeah. them hammered on the product and then ask them, how much do you want to buy?
4: Yeah, don't bring your pale ale brewers. Bring your barley wine, you know. I'll take four cases. <laughs> All right, well, today we've cracked open um, Bouquet, which you've, uh, we, right. you, you have we you have listed as a uh, Methaglin. What is a methaglen?
3: So it has spice added to it. In this case, it's got saffron.
4: So any mead, if it's just like a a basic mead, for lack of a better term, with a spice added to it, is a methaglen?
3: Yeah, the the, the, uh, BJCP has it kind of segmented a little bit, and they say if it has fruit and spice, it's open category. But if it has just spices and honey, it's a methaglen. Okay. Now
4: I'm I'm going to ask you about the saffron in a minute, but I I do want to point out that this one is of of all the ones that we've tasted from you is is the most mead like, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but it the honey really shines. It tastes like a basic mead, a very well done. It doesn't have a lot of the other uh, things going on in in some of the samples that we've tasted from you. It's just really a great mead. Does that make sense? Is that how it was intended?
3: Yeah, sure. So it's a um, orange blossom based mead. So you know, straight up uh, two, uh, orange blossom honey, fermented out, and then we added a, a you know a touch of uh, saffron to let it spice up a little bit and become a little more savory. Okay. And why saffron?
4: It's expensive for one, isn't it? It's really expensive.
3: Yeah, it's the most expensive spice in the world, and. Um, I was trying to figure out one that could go with um, some Indian curry dishes that would really kind of work nice, yep. and so I, I, I thought saffron would work nice, and we, we got the saffron, which is considered the, um, it's actually, I guess, the stigmata of the the fall flowering caracas flower, big, fancy means, and um yeah, I have no idea what any of that means, but it basically <laughs> right. smelled
0: good and tasted good, so I went with it. That's the sti- yeah, the, the uh, yeah, yeah. You got it.
8: I've got the uh, the peanut gallery telling me that saffron is really expensive. Is that true?
4: Yeah, we
0: just talked yeah, about it. we that. just said that. Oh. Um,
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: I was, busy, busy. I was reading the message. You were too busy uh, listening, listening to the peanut gallery.
4: Right? Oh, yes, I was reading the message about it being expensive. You were saying, Cut that out in post. Yeah, Michael said it's the, the most expensive spice on the planet. But what about the price? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that high, too? Yeah, is that, is that high? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, you're talking about having it with, with curry, and we had a little sip of this uh, before the show, and Beardy, you were talking about a, a, a little spiciness that comes up in this uh, mm-hmm. when you taste it.
7: Yeah, I think, uh, the, especially in the f- initial flavor and in the aroma, <clears throat> it's very, the orange blossom is really present, and then the saffron kind of just comes in at the end. In the and aftertaste. And just kind of dries it out and adds like that savory character that uh, Michael's talking about. Yeah. And yeah, I could definitely see with uh, Indian foods and curries. Yeah, it, it would. It's just real subtle, but it just ties it all in together.
4: How much do you put in a batch, Michael?
3: Yeah, it's about a half a, a half a gram. So um, that was a sixty gallon batch, and about a half a gram of sa- half a gram of saffron.
4: Is it really very strong and, and pungent? If you, in other words, yeah, if you it, were to use more.
3: It's got an orange hue to it. And if you try to use too much more, you know, anything with spices, you're trying to, you're not trying to nail it to home base. You're just trying to get it to, like, first, where you can kind of see it's got a chance. Yeah. And you try to let people's in mind just pull in the, the perception of, okay, I can taste it. And if you put it too much, it was like, ah, oh, it's, it's horrible. But if you just get it to the right threshold level, then everybody can taste it and say, Ooh, I know where he's going, and I can feel the flavor. And oh yeah, that's perfect. So anything, it's, even with like beer, and you know, the first time I met Beardy was on a bus heading to head into a Bloomberg mm-hmm. Network party. So you know, it, we we could talk beer forever, but you know, spices is something you really want to just kind of balance and, and toy with, not hit hard with.
0: Right. So you're just trying to get that line. Basically, you're trying to ride the the median between between. Yeah, it's there. and No, it's not. You want you want us to kind of the rest of the flavors through in our own mind?
3: Yeah, the more the more that the mind can pull in the the concept of the spice and the less that it's hammered home, the better you are. Sounds- and most brewers, craft brewers that make a, a winter seasonal, you know, to pay attention to that. I mean I can't tell you too many pumpkin spice beers or winter holiday beers that I've tried that have been what I call exceptional, but the ones that I try, they're not really trying to overdo do the spicing.
5: Right.
4: No, you make a good point. It's It sounds a lot like trying to be friends with JP. Like, uh, <laughs> just a little bit is plenty. It's <laughs> plenty.
3: <laughs> he yeah. more, hey, and, and he, JP's the bar, man. I called him when I landed in Concord and said, hey, we're heading to find a place to eat. What do you recommend. He told us to go to EJ Fair's. We walked in the door. We bump into half the brewing uh, or the uh, beer, beer, more beer guys, yeah. the beer, you know, um, well the White Labs guys, and uh, yourself, Justin, and you know, it's a pretty fun afternoon for us. Right, yeah.
4: but then you head back to Maine, and you don't see him again for six <laughs> right. months. That's my point exactly.
8: <laughs> Extreme moderation. Yeah,
4: yeah. And for the record, I'm from New Hampshire. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> see, I, and I would know that. That's
8: why we're friends. <laughs> Uh, hey Michael, what about the color? You mentioned a minute ago that it's uh, it's kind of orange, and it, it almost looks like blood red. Except for this mead is like a pale gold. How do you keep the color from changing?
3: Yeah, so the the, the ratio—if you think about a half a gram and yeah. fifty or sixty gallons—it's so little; it's it's just you know barely enough to make any dent at all, but. Yeah, you know, if you really wanted to get the color up you could you know, quadruple the spices and you'd see quite a noticeable difference. But you know, I'm trying to always go for the essence, not for the slam dunk.
4: What form is it in? The spice? I've never seen
3: it. Um it's it yeah, it's uh, it's literally the um, the center of the flower. So it looks like little um strings of thread that are about um quarter inch in length. Okay. And it's uh orangeish in hue. And
4: why do you know why it's so expensive? Is it
3: hard to grow? Yeah, they they get about 5 grams per acre.
4: Wow. It's all hand
0: harvested.
3: 5 grams yeah. per so acre. So you, you
0: have big to big. go through by hand and and har- and, that, and that's why and that's why vanilla is the second most expensive cuz you have to actually hand pollinate ah. the vanilla and it, it, there's a lot of manual labor that goes in into some of these spices. Why you know? would
3: anybody grow those things? Because
4: they yeah. it's gold,
0: baby. Well,
3: it tastes <laughs> phenomenal with rice,
4: <laughs> right? Everybody's had a little saffron rice, right? right. That's true. I guess it's a, it's almost a um, it's a respect thing too. Like you must only do it if you love it, or that it right. makes you a fortune. I guess, but even the, it, I can't imagine it does make you a fortune right. at a gram for five right. acres. Yeah, I don't think you're making a fortune even selling it at those I high know. prices. Yeah.
3: You know? Five grams for a uh, Five grams. Sorry. Yeah, well, yeah. that's 50 yeah, bucks five an
4: acre. Five yeah. $50 an acre? Yeah. <laughs> Lord. Where does it come from? Who grows it? Um, it's available.
3: We, we got okay. it from um, uh, Spain, but it's also available in India and um, Iran. The Iranian um, saffron is considered to be the best in the world, but with the uh, relationships with the United States, uh, we certainly aren't getting from Iran.
4: Oh, interesting. But they, I thought I saw that they make most of it, or g- grow, rather, most of it, the Iranians. So I don't know um, who's getting it all. Yeah, it's not coming here.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, for, that's for damn sure.
4: <laughs> well, this is a wonderful mead, and I would recommend it, um, you know, not just to, uh, to taste the saffron, because it is so subtle. It's a nice uh, little character of it. But I think this is a great example of what a, a mead, a true and wonderful uh, mead, tastes like. Uh, you know, In other words, it's a good one to start with if you want to know what mead tastes like, as opposed to one of the meads with fruit in it or some of the other ones that we've tasted from you. If you want to just start with a base, I think this is a good one.
3: Yeah, and it's, it's currently available um, pretty much exclusively in um, New Hampshire, in California, and by mail order to 16 other states. Okay. All right.
4: Well, as Michael has always said, ask for it in your locale if it's not there yet. And it sounds like most people say yes as soon as he shows up to to show it to them. But uh, you asking for it if you want to try Moonlight is a a great way to get Michael out there and to get his product in your area. So so do so, and you'll know what we're talking about when we taste these all the time.
3: This is a wonderful
4: mead. I love
3: it.
5: Yeah.
4: Yeah.
3: Hey, and guys, you got uh, Chris Kuzme coming up, and he hosted me last time. I was in uh, New York City, put me up for the night. So oh, please excellent. say hi for me.
4: I will do. Thanks very much, Michael. All right, guys. Take care. Have Appreciate a good, it. All right. Michael Fairbrother, Moonlight Meadery. You can go to com right now. Also, you can try it at the Winter <laughs> Brews Festival. That's right. For the cost of your ticket. And then you'll know that when you see it on the shelf somewhere, it's worth buying. Here's a fun comparison for you.
8: For anybody thinking about starting a saffron farm, yeah. you're getting 50 bucks an acre. Uh, if, you gr- <laughs> if you grow marijuana, you'll get about 10,000 uh, plants per acre. Kay. And at a pound a plant and uh, 3,000 bucks a pound, 30,000 bucks or 50 bucks. <laughs> it's your choice. Mm. Let's move to Colorado.
4: You buy a lot of saffron with that. Yeah, one you go to jail, though, and the other one well, you don't. Well,
8: Colorado was- and Washington.
4: Oh. Is there an- but they grow it in places where no
7: one wants to live, like Iran and India and the desert where it's... 110 degrees outside hey i grew up in the
4: desert it was just fine you're iranian <laughs> That's uh, Did different you, grow, desert. you grew up on a saffron farm then <laughs> yeah i could have why are you here then it was so, it wasn't so bad our state plant was the joshua tree there's <laughs> hardly a plant at all it's more of a weed but it's sacred to the native americans so take that of course it is and look where it got them my lancasters <laughs> know what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah, you can go, you
0: can go crack a case of bush light with all the remaining Native Americans and talk about the Joshua tree. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, meanwhile, we'll grow weed in Colorado and make a bunch of money.
4: <laughs> yeah. There's a mass exodus to Colorado, right? Everybody's yes. going to Colorado, right? Yes. yeah. I mean, wouldn't isn't the whole like half the half the stoners on the earth are now moving to Colorado, yeah. right? Yeah, they are. You have to be if you're a grower, you're moving to Colorado.
8: Yes, the day that, uh, it was like as of January 1, right? And I'm just picturing a mass of stoners in their cars driving the wrong way on I-75,
4: you know? But at least they're hey, driving hey. really slow. It's right.
0: stereotyping, asshole. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, a stereotype for a reason, though. Oh.
4: <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Three miles per hour. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie, I did my fair share of stone driving. Oh, for sure. I, I don't know how I, I don't I don't know how I got anywhere. It was very slow. You did very slow process. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it took you just, me an hour to get across Concord. You just sat in your in your driveway, and then an hour
0: later, you're like, "I'm back already." And I was like, "Well, wow, I sure
4: did save on gas <laughs> this yeah. time." That's great. Great mileage out of this thing. <laughs> out of this bicycle. Yeah. All right, I got to get us to a break, uh, but real quick, we need to do our Twitter game, but we're gonna take a break and come back with Chris Kuzme, uh, 508 Restaurant and Bar in New York, New York. Uh, do we have a Twitter game, JP? We do. Twitter game is brought to you today by our friends over at Adventures in Home Brewing. That's right, Adventures in Home Brewing. Good dudes over there. You can go to homebrewing.org and check it out. A lot of stuff on sale right now. I'm looking at their homepage, and they've got a, a, a great bunch of items. Free shipping on 24 of their best recipes. Free shipping's kind of a big deal. Uh, recipes are heavy. It's, what, like 11 bucks to do that flat rate shipping now? Oh, yeah. So free shipping saves you some dough over there. It's no joke. You can also pre-order hop rhizomes. Uh, you can do it all over at Adventures in Home Brewing. What's our Twitter game?
0: Well, as you are well aware, Justin, we do have the Winter Brews Fest, the fifth annual Winter Brews Fest in Toto Santos Plaza right here in downtown Concord, California.
4: Yes. Benefit for Coral Reef Alliance.
0: Thank you very much. Over 50 breweries will be uh, on hand, plus Lucas Ohio will be there, Forest Day will be there, and we have six food vendors. We've doubled the food vendors. Yes. Um, so this all this leads me to believe there will be tons and tons of people there, uh, and what happens when you have tons and tons of people at a beer fest? J.P. Have, doesn't go to it. Uh, J.P. Uh, <laughs> lies in a hospital with two drains coming out of his thyroid. Yeah. Um, but also there are drunken stories. Ah. And so I want to know what everyone thinks the best drunken story to come out of Winter Brews Fest will be. Okay. So I need you to, to put on your, uh, your your cowls and your little crystal balls and figure it out.
4: Best drunken story coming out of Winter Brews Fest this year. Give it to us. You can tweet it to Brewing Network. We'll pick a winner at the end of the game. JP will send you a prize after he has recovered from his surgery. Which is Friday, right? <laughs> Uh yeah, Friday. This man. Friday. This Friday. All right. Hang yeah. in there, it's the session, and we'll be right back.
5: You're
2: listening to the brewcasters. The brewcasters on the Brewing Network.
5: Ooh, baby, don't you
2: know Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making.
4: Hi, I'm Jamel Zandershaf, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton,
0: and when I'm not prepping for the Homebrewed Chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine.
2: Greetings, greetings. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. Read your way to better homebrew.
0: Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this we don't have to talk to each other for three more months and to the next meeting. Kids. come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat>
12: That's right, cans. You can
0: find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout
12: California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area.
0: So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment
12: in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty
2: Crack Cans. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP and the Internet was born. Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that Hop Tech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. Hop Tech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate, or just call 800-379-4677 and let Badass bitch Jade and brewing brother Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California, and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at HopTech.com. This is
4: Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex.
2: You're,
1: you're listening to The Brewing Network.
2: Brewing up our
13: next batch of radio gold. Right now. Welcome
4: back, and thank you for hanging out with us. While you're listening to our next guest, Chris Kuzme of 508 Restaurant and Bar, when we start talking recipes and beer, you might want to know about Beersmith homebrewing software. You can go check it out at beersmith.com. You can keep all your recipes there. Tweak your recipes. You can keep inventory of all of the... Uh, ingredients that you have, just like a professional would do. You can measure your efficiency on your system, which is something we're going to talk to Chris about today. Uh, you can do all sorts of things you didn't even know you could do with the Beersmith homebrewing software. And to top it all off, you get a free 21-day trial. So go check it out, beersmith.com. Download your free 21-day trial so you don't have to take my word for it. What do I know, anyway? Uh, but you get a mobile app. You can but you put it on your iPad. You put it on wow. your, your Android yeah I like the Android thing you do it you do it all over the place Mac PC hmm. you name it it's there over at beersmith homebrewing software at beersmith.com check it out Brad Smith's a good dude and he works hard on on this software updates come out for it all the time and I think that's important because he's constantly fixing and improving and tweaking and making it better for you beersmith.com
0: so you can tweak him but can you torque them?
4: Uh, I, he did tell me that he's working on that update. Uh, Oh, really? We're in Beersmith 2.2 right now. Right, right, right. I do think that 2.3 will have a twerking, uh, function. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, ahead of the curve. Yeah, I'll go back to homebrewing once that happens. That's amazing. Well, good. Why wouldn't you, right? I don't know. Chris, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, dude. Hey, it's happy, I'm happy to have you on here. I got to, uh, see Chris when I was in New York after the homebrewers conference. I didn't make it to 508, because I got food poisoning the next (laughs) night, man. (laughs)
5: It was, wasn't my fault.
4: No, it was not your fault at all. I had planned on spending my last day in Manhattan and going uh, to your place for one, and a couple of I wanted to go to Chelsea Pier, too, and I ended up, uh, you don't even want to know what I was doing, but in my hotel room the entire time. Spent it there. Bad news, man. So, I'm sorry I missed you.
14: All good. All okay. good. So... <laughs>
4: Chris is from Five O Eight Restaurant and Bar. You call yourselves a gastro brewery, is that
14: right? We actually changed the name to Five O Eight Gastro Brewery. Oh, you did call ourselves that? Yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah.
4: Are you the uh, now? Of course, gastro pub is something that's been around. Are you the only gastro brewery, or did you? Or is that from somewhere else?
14: Um, I believe the name has been around somewhere, but okay. when you look up gastro brewery, we come up first, which we like that. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like you won't be
4: suing anybody over the name gastro brewery. No, no, no. Good. No, good. no it's all good. Good <laughs> all on good you.
14: Now, but don't take it. <laughs> yeah, I, I won't. We won't take. it. Our place yeah, yeah. is
4: just a tap room. Uh, we're I'll not give you a... a nice
14: society cease and desist, <laughs> right?
4: <laughs> oh boy, uh, let's not even get started on ceases and desists. <laughs> so, Chris, give us a little bit of your brewer history. Uh, you started as a home brewer, right?
14: Started as a home brewer. Uh, started in two thousand one. Um, wow. Yeah. And then kind of the first time I home brewed I fell so in love with it uh, I kind of wanted to make that my day gig but my I say day gig because I'm a musician at heart you know and I'm still playing quite a bit okay uh, and but I fell in love with homebrewing I fell in love with the art and the that anticipation after your first brew or after after you do what you've done and it's up to the yeast now you know yeah and uh, that that just I became instantly addicted to that uh and then just was brewing on and off depending on if I, if I was in and out of town on tours and things the like. Uh, ended up opening up uh, Wandering Star Brewing Company in Western Massachusetts with uh, my good friend Chris Post. Were you and
4: living in Massachusetts at that time?
14: No, not at all. I okay. was living in Washington, D.C. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm living in New York. Okay. I wasn't going to move to to, to, uh, to Massachusetts because as a musician, like the gigs in Pittsfield are few and far between. So when we opened up this brewery that led me to sales and marketing down here. I would still go up there, and I'd brew with him quite a bit, um, or a decent amount. It would start out as once a month and then kind of faded away from there Okay, uh, and kind of got thinner and thinner.
4: Tell um, us the listen. story behind opening that brewery, because it sounds like a kind of an interesting one, according to my notes.
14: <laughs> that, that was pretty amazing. So Chris Post and I are really dear friends. We met our first – my first – Attendance of the meeting of the uh, New York City Home Brewers Guild uh, in New York City in 2001 was his first meeting as well. We became really good friends. We were both working a day job in finance, uh, but he had he was kind of upper up higher up the ladder. I, I call my day gig over there with the uh, the temp gig that went wrong. You know, I was supposed to be a temp gig and they hired me. I have a degree in jazz performance, man. They hired me anyway. Uh, went from there. Four years of brewing with him just as a homebrew level. Uh, He really wanted to get out, and he was messing around after work on a Friday, looking around eBay uh, for brewing equipment. And he found this 15-barrel system for this brewery that was defunct in Michigan, uh, I think called the Lighthouse Brewing Company. It had only been brewed on about 16 times, and – he took what he had in savings and just put a bid on it. He's said, There's no way I'm gonna be able to get this. This is like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of equipment. There's no way I'm gonna win this. And then he got into work on Monday and he's like, Congratulations, you were the proud new owner of this fifteen barrel system. What did he and bid? I think it was it was like below fifty grand. It was like a, it was something stupid, ridiculous for for the amount of equipment and what it is. All fully functional, and of course only with you know, there's no manual with it. Right. So, you know, plugging in. But actually, it was the same kind of system that he was uh, working on here in New York City. Uh, in his spare time, when he wasn't working, he would go down to Chelsea Brewing Company um, and work a little bit there. And they have a DME system, same size. Okay. Who, who was yeah. selling it? Uh, the it? Lighthouse Brewing Company, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, gone to pump. Now, but, you said when,
4: it's a DME system. It's, so it's an extract brewery, a professional extract brewery. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's, so the it's the name. The const- yeah. Brand.
4: Oh, that's the brand. Yeah,
0: there's, they're uh, Canadian. They're out of Prince Edward Island, I believe. Oh,
4: yeah. Susie yeah, says DME, I'm going, yeah. well, you can't, there's no mash ton, You have to, it's all extra. They make beautiful systems, too.
8: Oh. Does such a thing exist in all yeah. extract professional systems?
4: Well, we've only interviewed yeah. one person who's ever done it. Actually, maybe there's been a couple, but Pacific Coast Brewery in Oakland, theirs is an extract system. And I think we've talked to, to one other person. None of them. No brewer. There's, there's, by the way, I've couple. never met a brewer who likes it. They, they just right. they just happen They're to They're not have brewers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, as soon as you said DME, I just thought, oh well, that's interesting. <laughs> but that's the brand. I get it now.
14: That's the brand. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's kind right. of a- came down to once we got it or once once he got it, he, did, he he bought it, he had it. I mean, that Monday morning, he had it, and he called me up. He's like, me, here we go, man. We got we got to do it. I download the system. Here we go." And then it was like everything that could go wrong did go wrong. We didn't open for another seven years. That was 2004, and then we opened our doors in, uh, in uh, late 2010. Wait, seven? what did
4: he do with the – did he just sit in his living room for seven years? What <laughs> yeah. did you do with the
14: brewery? Well, we got it shipped out eventually from Michigan to Pittsfield, Massachusetts. When I was saying that he was kind of up, up the ladder in, in, the, in that finest thing, he had a, a summer house or like a house up in Massachusetts as well in addition to his apartment here uh, in New York um okay and uh so he knew the area and we knew we could store it up there and the original plan was to open up in new york city um that was clear, that was ideal but by the time the thing sat around for so long we got all the other paperwork and everything else together and then finding a location you know we opened up the brewery and there was only 17 dollars or 17 cents in the account kind of thing right. um and and what year is this that you got the brewery uh the 2004 i believe
4: how do you? You must have been going crazy from two, for seven years watching breweries open up all over the place, knowing that you guys <laughs> had a a
14: full commercial brewery just sitting there. Absolutely, absolutely. And speaking of uh, the uh, S, or the C, and, and D, uh, we we had a different name too originally and we were getting publicity with it under a different name nomad brewing company and we talked to all the places that might have had a problem with that uh, sent them an email and we got email confirmation that they would be cool with us using that name uh but then then where we had uh, also going back a little bit we stored the equipment in northern massachusetts in north adams and uh that building is where we were eventually going to open up. The guy who owned the building was planning on kind of opening up, turning into kind of like not a mall, but like a, just a bunch of different kind of artisanal things going on in there. Okay. Um, but he wouldn't give us the chance to have a lease on there beyond five years. Like he wasn't giving us the first right of refusal for the next, next wave of reach. But for a brewery five years, you know, anything could happen. Yeah. And we need to be able to, to be there longer than that. Um, so we ended up having to move it from there. That place ended up, uh, we had to move it from there.
4: Okay. Right. <laughs> we burned it down, out. but we don't talk about that. All
14: right. If something happened to it, I'm not going to tell you what,
4: it's a secret.
14: <laughs> no, it was all good. I mean, we ended up finding a new place and going to the other, to finding a place that uh, Chris actually ended up buying. So we own the space that, that is going on. But as far as the name that we had, it was North Adams, which kind of worked well with what we wanted to call it. With Nomad, uh, just kind of, we wanted to be kind of the wayward brewing company, you know, uh, just going where we, where we want to go and just making good beer. Yeah. Um, it just nomadic, and he's an expat. I'm the token American of the bunch. Actually, it's Chris Post and, and uh, Alex Hall, both expats from England. Okay, uh, it's kind of what brought us together. We, I have a, I really love English ales and and uh, you know sessionability. Um, but anyway, we had the had that lease thing fall out, and for like two years we were looking for that new place to go. And then at the end of that two years, when we finally found a place. We get this cease and desist kind of letter from from a place uh, that wanted to contract. Under their name, which was Nomad, and, uh, and okay. so we were "Okay, well, we changed up and we went to Wandering Star."
4: Well, it's a good time to change it. You hadn't opened yet, so <laughs> yeah, exactly.
14: It <laughs> could have been later.
4: Well, you guys are some patient mofo's, though, right?
14: Oh man, it had to happen. Though.
4: I'd have been we jumping out of my skin.
14: <laughs> it was it was crazy.
4: And uh, were you you were you've been a musician this this whole time? That's kind of your your, your main gig outside of brewing.
14: Yes, absolutely. Okay, what do you play? Absolutely. I play saxophone. And what kind of gigs? And, you- and electric bass.
4: And electric bass. So when you say on tour or gigs, what are we talking about? Like a, like a club or, or do professional, like uh, touring bands hire you? What, what kind of musician are you?
14: Well, it depends on the situation. Usually I'm, I'm work for hire, uh, but we, I was part of a good band. What got me out of, what officially made me quit my finance gig was I got hired on tour in 2006. Uh, with the band that I was working with, we finally went on a tour. Uh, Chris Barry and Pangea, really fun group, kind of a world music group. He spent most of his life in Africa uh, playing the thumb piano, the, the Mbira de badzimu, which is a really, really cool instrument, man. This this, And he plays the hell out of it. Interesting. And, uh, just a beautiful, beautiful musician. What's it called? The Mbira. Mbira. Mm, uh, okay. All right. <laughs> Interesting. Yep. The Mbira. I, Mbira. And I met him through. Uh, he was actually my mbira teacher. Like I started getting into mbira for a while,
5: hmm.
14: and into world music. Uh, and then we went out on tour and toured the country about two years. I came back totally broke and went back into temping. Okay, but I do you know random things around the thing. I do my own straight ahead jazz stuff. I do uh, some hip hop stuff on electric bass. Um, uh, the other day I did guitar tech work on the Jimmy Fallon show for from a friend of mine's band. Nice cool stuff. Not a lot of
4: saxophone in Steel Panther.
14: <laughs> no. Not enough. <laughs> we got to change that. We do have to
4: change that. We have to write a song that features the saxophone for Steel Panther. Damn
14: straight. They
0: whenever y'all tatted up too. Whenever we do our uh, our B version of Careless Whisper, we <laughs>
14: yes. got to hit Chris up <laughs> exactly for sure. Absolutely. Saxophone
0: solo.
7: Yes,
14: I'll get that sexy sax man and I'll take off the shirt, throw on the suspenders. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you're you're with the
4: other brewery, and when does the opportunity for a, a, at five oh eight open up for you? How do you get that gig?
14: Oh yeah. Well, I was, uh, I'm hearing an echo in me for some reason. Interesting. I was at the end of my rope a little bit fiscally here in the city. I was doing sales and marketing for, for Wandering Star. Uh, but it's a, it's a rough beat. You got to be out there on the beat and with, uh, without having a budget really to have somebody on the, on the pounding the pavement, I was doing it straight up out of interest and, and, you know, want of making this, this brewery work. And yeah. we're, I mean, Wandering Star is still in the red. We're still trying to, you know, trying to make it solid and, you know, get out of, get out of any of that. Um. Okay. Having fun having fun brewing. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to have to get a temp gig again just to just to make ends meet. And then out of the blue, I get this call in the middle of November, or just after Sandy hit last year, um, that uh, 508 was looking for uh, some part-time help uh, in the brewery. And I was like, part-time? I love part-time. <laughs> perfect. Uh, <laughs> perfect. And I can't wait to start working with the brewer there. And then I found out that the brewer had actually moved on. And uh, they wanted to see if I was the guy for that. So I came in looked at what the aftermath of sandy which was kind of crazy uh yeah tell us about so what was
4: what did sandy do to the it's in manhattan right
14: yeah 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 so we are about two blocks away from the west side highway and from the hudson river so sandy hit this neighborhood really badly pretty hard and uh the system that we're working on is actually in the basement of the restaurant it's a really small two barrel system actually a kind of wonky franken brewery that has been uh Kind of put together by my predecessor. It's basically a uh, three gallon wine fermenters that have been converted into a, a, a hot liquor tank, mash tun, and boil kettle. Okay, and, and uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty fun. It's you know it's, it's an all electric system because we're downstairs and so dealing with gas and fumes would it would require more work to to make it happen down here. Um, but because of that, or because of the area and because of how small it is, man, I came in here just after the. The water had been sump pumped out, but they were, they were under like six feet of water down here in the brewery. Everything was floating around for for a solid, you know, five days. Wow! Power was completely out until maybe just the day before I came in.
7: Did that have something to do with why the brewer moved on? He looked down in the basement, <laughs> like, "Hey, there's something else I gotta go." I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah. yeah
14: right. Well, this is a good time to go. Heading
4: <laughs> so, for higher ground. Yeah. yeah. So no, he had other things. An all-electric brewery ends up underwater for several days.
14: Yeah, thankfully the electric. So we replaced all. We had to replace all of the electric parts except for the main power board that kind of did it. That thankfully was above the water line. So I have a little main brain uh, controlling, you know, controlling the uh, the electric equipment. Okay. Or, or the heat elements, you know. Uh, but we replaced all the coil or all the cords and and the heat elements themselves. And then I, it was just up to me to stick my neck in caustic for a solid three weeks before starting to brew.
4: Wait, so they essentially hired you to clean up after Sandy? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's interesting. And is there, give me an idea of what it looks like when they pump the water out. Is it also full of mud and debris, or is it just wet?
14: It was mostly kind of, it, it was wet. I, and I'm there, sure there were certain parts of it that were, they were kind of muddy and debris. But to be honest, I was not here at that point. So I see. Okay. They had actually d- finished the pumping, uh, and it was just, like, just kind of mess, as it put, like nothing was together kind of area, you know?
4: Sounds like a disaster.
8: Yeah, did it smell really bad?
14: It wasn't so bad. No? But I don't know, I was concerned with those. I wasn't really thinking about my uh, sense of that, you know?
8: Was
7: anything time. fermenting th- at the time? Or were there any batches in the fermenters? Oh, yeah. There were
14: two batches in the fermenter that I ended up having to oh. like, get rid of.
7: Did you try them first?
14: Um...
4: Yeah,
14: <laughs> <laughs> you got <try> <laughs> right. <you? laughs> right? Yeah.
4: Seawater César. Right. Yeah. yeah. Nice briny. I mean, had water gotten into them, or was it no. just that no, they're they
14: the, the water did not get into? Them. They just uh, had well, no
4: temp control yeah. or anything else for however long. Exactly. Right. I think I think Chris has same selective memory. Right. I yeah, think it smelled awful it and have. it was full of <laughs> mud and shit. It had. That's how could it
14: not be? be? I only remember the good things. that helps <laughs> keep me happy.
4: Yeah, you sound like a happy guy. I can see why. Uh, well, so that so, how long did it take you to get it up and running?
14: Then uh, I think it was a solid two and a half to three weeks before I actually started running or we started running again. I mean, I had a lot of cleaning to do, and I didn't know I, this is my first time ever working with an electric brew system, so it took me a second. I mean, I wasn't able to put that part back together. I knew what was going on with it, but I'm not an electrician, so we had an electrician, kind of our house guy, Wolf, who's, who's the man, and. Uh, you know, put that we helped work together or Perfect. we worked together to get that, that aspect together.
4: And I assume you must have lost all your ingredients and everything, whatever was in that basement was just gone.
14: Yeah, exactly. All new, all new uh, grain and all new, all new, new yeast. I mean, there were, I don't know where they were keeping yeast before, but
4: oh, there was probably plenty of yeast in there.
14: Yeah, yeah. it <laughs> yeah. cost them money, though. you'd have been yeah. fine. That's
4: right. How about the restaurant upstairs? Did that kitchen or anything uh, get damaged from the hurricane?
14: It, uh, I, there was a little bit of flooding up there, I think, but it didn't actually get damaged. Most of it kind of went straight down to the basement. Kind right. of like beam, streamlined straight to the brewery to, to fuck that up. Yeah. But... uh but they kept, they stayed open actually during that whole time that there was no power Jen Jen Hill, the other owner is really awesome great chef and and kept it afloat by using candles every day up up there in the kitchen. There was still gas, I believe so they were cooking with gas by candlelight and she was going out getting ice every day to to keep food cold in the refrigerator wow, fresh food that's kind of hardcore they yeah it's pretty awesome. I'm sorry I missed that actually because because first of all, I love the place under candlelight,
4: yeah yeah. yeah. I mean, people still needed to eat, and uh, yeah. that's pretty hardcore. I would, I'd have gone on vacation. Yeah, I'm <laughs> out of here. Come back in a, I'll come back in the summer.
5: Fine.
8: What about the rest of the block that it's on? Are there are there other restaurants? Did did other businesses like go under? Or, you know, not not pull out as well.
14: Um, so everybody did okay. Uh, there was one play, uh, a place that used to be a really great venue called Don Hills that, uh, they had, they were already closed. Um. But I think that place was up for sale, but now nobody wants it because nobody's there. To, nobody was there to clean up after the, the ma- aftermath, and uh, oh, yeah. it's kind of still mildewing and, and doing its thing until somebody gets in there to clean it up. But the businesses seem to be fine. Everybody says it was a pretty crazy time. Yeah, that one. That place smells. Yeah, yeah I was stuck. I was in Brooklyn.
0: Okay, wow. you should just do like a lambic in there or something.
14: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it will be fine. Yeah, it'd be great. A nice E. coli landing. Yeah. All right, before we yep. move on
4: and before I drink it all, we have a beer in our glass right now that I want oh, to yeah. talk to you about. We sure. have Mildfire.
14: Yes. Tell us about this. Mildfire, actually, the first recipe of this I brewed with uh, – my girlfriend and I, we brewed it together, Mary that We actually have a radio show as well called Foment About It on Heritage Radio Network. Nice. But we uh, we made that before I was living with her. Um, it's basically just a really nice session, summer Smoked mild ale. Uh, We wanted it really light. There's a good good percentage of wheat in there. Um, Didn't want it too cloying. It's about 3.7%, I think. Yeah, that's what you have listed Uh, out. That was the absolute last pour of it, what I gave for you guys. Like it kicked as I was pouring it out. Oh, yeah.
4: (laughs) Got another hurricane blowing in over there. That's
14: That's right. Uh, Right. What kind of smoked
4: malt is in it? Uh, Beechwood. Beechwood, okay. And how much? What percent? Uh, I think about twenty percent. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. got. It's definitely a smoky flavor. Tasty. Yeah, it's an. It's a. Uh, going back to
6: Michael's thing on the mead, it's a little bit above that place where you got to go looking for it, but it's it's yes. not
4: overdone, but it's approaching it. Yeah, that's it's what I was going to say. That it's not overbearing, um, but, it's, but it's definitely smoky. I mean, you knew right away when you tasted it yeah. that it's a smoked uh, beer.
14: I am actually looking per- at my notes right now. It's it's more than twenty percent for sure. It's thirty five percent. Thirty five percent. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yep, yep. Does this And I, pair with- I mean we're we're big fans of smoke. I I love smoked beers. Uh, Mary even more so than I and uh I just wanted a sessionable smoky beer. It's very sessionable.
6: It's very nice, easy yeah. drinking, but it's it's smoky for sure.
4: Yeah, the mild part still comes through. It's it's still crisp and clean and and well mild for that matter. So it's it's definitely sessionable. It's probably smoked beer. Probably goes well at a restaurant environment too, right? Yeah,
14: uh, in, absolutely.
4: To pair with food.
14: Yeah. Yes.
4: Do they
7: cook
14: with it at all? Uh, they did not cook with this one.
4: Okay.
7: No, What's the final gravity on it?
14: Um.
4: I actually don't have that in my notes right now. Warren,
7: don't
14: stump the well, What's the ABV on? Stump. The ABV should be
4: 3.7. Okay. Yeah, that's what I have on my note
6: here. Well, it's got a lot of body. I, I would have guessed it was higher based on its uh, uh, malt
8: character. It's really good. Are you, are you moving a lot of it? Because don't people kind of uh, are averse to smoke beers? I love them, but I seem to always be alone.
14: I love them. Uh, We moved a decent amount of it, but uh, like I said, that's the end of it. I only make fifty gallon batches at a time right now. My fermenters are sixty gallon plastic conicles, Um, and uh, you know I got to leave five gallons with headspace, and that's I'm you know I'm using firm cap to make sure that we don't don't ferment out another five gallons, Um, and then I lose five gallons at the bottom to troops. So I'm really only kegging. 50, uh ten sixels at a time. And not even sixels. I'm still going through homebrew kegs because it's set up for like that for this for the place here.
4: Wait, back up a second. What is what is firm cap? It keeps the the down?
14: Yeah, it keeps the corizin down it provides surface tension. So it's good for boilovers, but you can also use it in in uh, in in the uh, the fermenter.
4: So that's a smart move on your part. That way, like you say, you're not losing a bunch of beer is
14: the idea. Yeah I I mean I, I need to I have such a small capacity that I need to, like, fill these fermenters as much as I can. Okay.
4: And where do you get plastic conical – I've seen plastic conical fermenters on, like, homebrew size, but never yeah. uh, never a 60-gallon
14: size. My predecessor got those, and I think that he sourced them through Brooklyn Homebrew. So okay. I don't really know. My my goal since I got here has been to replace these plastic things. And I think I was talking about how uh, – I don't repeat myself very much here, but I – I make an IPA called Steel Dreaming, so I'm just dreaming of this steel, stainless steel, <laughs> you know, trying to get this stainless steel thing together. Yeah. Um, and I finally got some stainless steel fermenters, and you know, hopefully, I won't have to find out where to get more plastic conicals. Right. I think is my point there.
4: <laughs> what are the what are the downfalls of them? <laughs> temperature
14: control. <laughs>
5: yeah. ah.
14: temperature control for sure. Um, How do you clean them? I, I clean them with uh, with a uh, food grade plastic plastic food grade caustic. Um, Quorum Brown, uh, which I get from EcoLab, because we're a kitchen, we deal with EcoLab a lot, um, and it works great. Uh, just a nice CIP ball through the top of the fermenter, uh, and give it a nice twenty-minute cycle. Okay, so yeah.
4: it sounds like the only downfall is temperature control. Then,
14: well, also they don't they don't seal up top. The lids that I have don't fully seal, and so okay. I like to have. To put it, I like to fill it up as much as I can. It's never a clean fermentation with these plastic conicals for me. Like I need it not to seal up the top because what that what that krausen does, it actually seals it. So while the while the CO two is pushing out and that krausen is kind of pushing through that through that top and what small little cracks there are, I mean I'm tightening as much as I can, but the way these guys are, they're they're just kind of wonky. Um, that krausen is actually when. When it's not being pushed out anymore, that Krausen filled those gaps and dries, and then seals it for me. <laughs> like meanwhile, I have this puddle of beer underneath, underneath uh, which is kind of funny. But got it. Uh, that's good.
8: Well, how how are you controlling temperature on them?
14: I have them all in a, in, a, in a single room that is at about sixty five degrees, and
4: then that room it fills with water.
14: <laughs> And and, uh, uh, and they stay at whatever temperature oh, that water.
4: is. Water, yeah, of yeah. It's anyway. ice in there. It only happens every so often, but <laughs> it's great for controlling temperature.
8: So uh, if I read you right, you're not. It's just the room's ambient because it's in the basement, right?
14: It's in the basement, and I I have. Well, no, I mean I have I have that room specifically set up with a with a, with a hardcore air conditioner plugged into a cool bot. A cool bot is like some is some invention by a farmer in order to keep his produce cold without spending the money to get a nice big awesome cold room Ah. compressor condenser yeah Um, this thing costs like i don't know i think 200 to 300 bucks and you hook your air conditioner up to it and basically it convinces your air conditioner to to work double time and get to the temperature that you want uh part of that is by having a little little sensor that's a that's not a sensor it's a heater that you attach to the sensor from the air conditioner itself
4: this sounds like a home brewer's get- dream. Like, you yeah. build a shed yeah. in your backyard, insulate it, and get a, what's it called? A cool bot? Yeah, well, but you have to, cool hook, you have yeah. to
8: hook it up to an air conditioner, though.
4: Yeah, yeah. but that's okay. No, home brewers use them all yeah. the time. Yeah. Uh, oh, they do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty
14: great, I gotta
4: say. See, i would never heard of it that way. Here's how I heard of it. Jamil talks about it. He goes, yeah, you just get an air conditioner, you put it in the wall unit, and you rewire it. And I'm like, rewire it? I can't tie my shoes. So, yeah. but I didn't know there's a thing you Neither just could plug and play. I put a
6: light bulb on my thermostat my thermos for my air conditioner just to make it think it's ninety-five degrees.
4: Time. <laughs> oh, I see. That's you, just, you trick it.
6: Yeah, the coolbot's doing that, but a much better job, I'm sure.
4: Oh, now I like Tasty's idea. It's, but it's even cheaper. Oh, it's totally cheap. <laughs> you yeah. just Stick a light bulb there. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. How big is that room? I'm trying to picture what your basement looks like. There, it's your...
14: about ten by ten.
4: And how 10 about the 10, whole 10 10 kind 10 of? How about the whole brewery? That's small, by the way. And I then yeah. how about the whole brewery area?
14: Uh, well, it, it, we're, I'm sharing it with the kitchen, so everything's kind of wonky. Long. The restaurant is about is a long rectangle, like a like a railroad apartment ish kind of size. Okay, uh, and maybe large, about twelve hundred feet, roughly, and and the basement goes the full length. And part of that basement is there's a there's a bathroom and and a uh, an office and a a walk in box where I have. You know, some kegs, but most of it is food like salmon and oysters and all those things. So that's that's being shared right there. My where my brewery space is, is probably just about 100 square feet.
6: Okay, so you only brew when the kitchen's closed.
14: No, no, I brew in the basement of the kitchen, so we and don't share about- that area. But I do have I do have some sinks that we kind of share down by the walk-in box oh, where where I'm brewing. Okay,
6: if I were to walk into 508 and uh, walk up to the bar, uh, how many what would I see in terms of taps? Would they all be? 508 taps, or would there be guest taps? What would be going on? They would all be five taps. Right.
14: Yeah, in part. Uh, so we have six taps. We do six lines, and I can't. But it's all set up. Like I said before, we're all set up with. So with we don't a have a 40K. sankey set up, right? We don't have sankey kit set up. Hopefully, we will soon. I mean, the plan is to kind of move on to sankey in the next uh, coming in the coming months. In part because we now have a license to be able to sell outside of here, and we'd like to do that a little bit. We're in kind of a weird oh. part of town where you have to where you have to be a destination place. But if you're not, if it's not on the radar, you know how do you become a destination point so i just want to even though i'm not making very much we just want to send some beer out to to just say hey we exist and we're in manhattan and that's a rarity there's only four brew pubs in all of all of new york city wow and the fourth one just opened up a couple months ago
4: interesting okay chris i gotta take us to a break uh, Do it. Give us. We're going to take a little five-minute break here. Uh, pay attention to our sponsors while uh, you're, you're hanging out there, listeners. Yeah, when we man. come back, we're going to talk more uh, with Chris Kuzmi of uh, 508, and I want to find out more about this. I mean, it sounds like this is really kind of a homebrew system that they're they're brewing on there. Sankey kegs, or sorry, uh, uh, corny kegs feeding the, the six taps that we just learned about. I want to find out more about that, and we've got another beer in our glass, too. So more with Chris from 508 when we come back. Hang in there. It's the session. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network.
5: That's it. I've had it. I am
0: never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contract, high shipping costs, crappy selection? Dude,
2: you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates, get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small. Single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the Uber Special Secret Elite Bare Bones Club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f-ing shit! NicoBrew.com. N I K O B R E W. Nico Brew. Your bare bones buddy in the brewing business.
4: Army, I'm here to talk seriously
2: for a second.
4: You all are partially responsible for something explosive and it's time you answer for
13: it. Moonlight Meadery is exploding. Yeah, exploding across the country. Wait, they just landed in Australia with insane quality meat With nearly 70 different varieties of mead on the market, Moonlight Meadery has blown up the mead category and completely reinvented it. Seriously? What? Seriously? What? You're paying money for that watered-down mead when you could have a moonlight mead? Moonlight meads explode with quality and flavor.
10: They're a party in a bottle. Did someone say party?
13: If you want mead and want the best, you want meads from Moonlight Meadery and will accept nothing less. Be
2: a part of the BN Mead Explosion and ask for, no, demand Moonlight Meads at your favorite bottle shop.
13: Moonlight Meads, girly names, manly meads. Hey, sign me up for that party.
4: Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishef, and I want to tell you about my favorite heretic beer, Shallow Grave Porter. I love the rich, malty character of this beer. While full and rich, Shallow Grave has an easy-drinking finish that isn't too sweet. I have always loved my homebrew porter recipe, so when it's time to brew Heretic Shallow Grave, I started with that in mind. But I tweaked it with all my latest recipe ideas. Just like in homebrewing, I made sure we used only the finest malts, malts that would produce the ideal flavor for this beer. We used select British malts to get the rich chocolate and caramel flavors that we spared no expense. The result is a beer as dark as a moonless night with hints of vanilla, coffee, and chocolate. Perfect for a cool evening out in the woods. Cheers.
13: Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients backed by the best customer service in the business. New items include the big oxygen kit for economical wart aeration using common welding oxygen tanks and the Unistat line of external thermostats for easy control of both electric heaters and refrigerators. In addition, they've just mashed their new oatmeal stout malt extract so you can make those tasty winter oatmeal stouts and porters without mashing. go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection that's williamsbrewing.com orders placed by 4 p.m pacific time weekdays ship the same day brewing is easy the williams way
1: I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years. Ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know. But there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. we stop. Look. What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer.
9: Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek monkeys drink free. (laughs) Woohoo!
1: Awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken, as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Yeah! Swing on into the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com
5: What's
4: funny is, brewers just say, yeah, I don't brew to stop. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's
2: like a German pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. beer, beer, <laughs> beer you
5: know.
2: The home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com. dot com because
4: like beer,
2: radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to the, the session. session. You're tuned into the session. Life's too short to
4: listen to the crappy radio. Yep. All right. A couple of things real quick. You're going to want to go over to redheadhops.com. And I'll tell you why. You heard me say it before. But it's the only beer calendar that actually put hot, finally put hot chicks in a beer calendar. They're like part of their boobs are showing and everything. Seems like a no-brainer, right? Yeah, why? why I don't understand why it's so hard. It it seems like it should have been done before now.
8: No, I was talking about Mike Johnson.
4: I don't know why it's so hard. Yeah, because of the Redhead Hops Hops calendar. Beautify your brew space with the two greatest things in the history of man: good-looking women and good-looking hops. That's right. This is for the beer geek in you. Who's straight. I mean, let's be honest. It's not for all of you. <laughs> well, what if it's a... You uh, can admire beauty. I mean, yeah. It could, could be a chick home brewer who's not straight. Ah, good point. Yeah. You're right. I'm sorry that I forgot about the lesbians. You know, you It doesn't are often happen. Sexist. Uh, I don't get the buys. I don't appreciate it. And the band... I'm big fan of the buys. Sorry, I forgot about the buys yes. as well. Go to redheadhops.com. Uh, they've been around since 2011. Located... Uh, it's actually a hop farm located on a fourth generation dairy farm in uh, rural Wisconsin. Uh, growing exceptional Mount Hood, Columbus, Centennial, and Chinook varieties of hops. And uh, this year, they put out the Redhead Hops calendar. Uh, Twelve months uh, of good-looking ladies and hops. You can buy yours today at redheadhops.com. It's the 2014, the 2014 Hops Hotties calendar. Check it out at redheadhops.com right now. Chris, did you get yours yet? Of course! a boy. It's hanging right there in the brewery, I'm sure of it. That's right. It's four feet underwater, but it's there.
14: Oh uh, yeah. Oh, that's not water. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He had a busy week.
0: What is it? <laughs> and he wasn't
4: brewing beer. I don't get it. What is it? But,
9: just okay. leave it there. Oh, just no. stop.
4: Uh, all right. So we were talking about the six beers on tap, all five oh eight, and you serve them out of corny kegs. There.
14: Out of corny kegs. Yep. Directly from underneath the taps. So we're going out of a keg right It is, it is absolutely kind of like a, a home brewer. Home brewer is wet dream in here. It's a that kind of thing. It's a imperial home brew setup.
4: How did it become a, a a gastro brew? What is he? What do you call it?
14: A gastro brewery.
4: A gastro brewery. It sounds to me like the owners were were restaurateurs that they wanted a restaurant, but maybe somehow got into beer
14: afterward. That is exactly it. Okay, uh, interesting. That's exactly it. Yep. I uh, ended up getting a, a homebrew kit and ended up falling in love with uh, you know it all made sense because it was such a serious restaurant and that's one thing I really love about this this is this is more than just pub food I and mean, what we call ourselves a gastro brewery instead of a brew pub because we're as serious about our food as we are about our beer and sometimes I feel like I'm just trying to keep up with the with the flavor awesome of the kitchen and then our. our The cocktails that come out of the bar—we have some really good mixologists that are doing some really interesting things. Everything just is constantly inspiring my palate uh, in this house. I could have been anywhere, but but I'm here, and and that's awesome to me. Especially because over when I I got into home brewing, you know, I, I started paying attention to my palate a lot. And well, of course, I mean, I did before, but a little bit more serious now. Trying to get the science behind how to imagine a flavor and how to make that a reality. Right. And along with that, also at the time in New York, you know, you kind of go to these great restaurants where there's all this awesome food and there'd be a six, you know, six beers, all the same kind. That's changed a lot, but through a lot of things like doing beer, beer pairings and and things of the like. And so I started doing that. And so this, this is just to, play my role in helping this whole thing change, um, which ultimately is kind of how I got even called for this gig, is because I've just been a strong advocate for craft beer and for changing that here in New York for a long time.
4: I see. It sounds like a great way to become a brewery. Foodies, who know what they're doing with, with flavors in the kitchen, getting excited about homebrewing, I think that's a recipe for success.
14: Uh, absolutely. You know? it's Yeah, it's great.
4: Now, when you came in, did they let you do whatever you wanted, or did they have their own, you know, recipes that you were to brew?
14: Nope, they were like, You're Chris Coosby, here. Be Chris Coosby, do whatever you want. Trust you. And it was like, What? Really? They had not even tasted a homebrew of mine yet. Really, so it was just yeah, they your, not your reputation. They had, not even had Wandering Star before it was all just, it was kind of crazy, and, and uh, you know, part of what made me want to work so hard and do do well at it, which is why I refused to brew beer until, I mean, I would have done it anyway, but I refused to brew beer until I was absolutely positive that we were completely cleaned up after after Sandy. Right. You know, the first beer they taste of mine is is uh, some is from being sloppy with cleaning. The Hudson River outside of, out of the basement. <laughs> <laughs> right.
4: Well, at least you had an excuse. I mean, you had yeah. some leeway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you
14: know.
5: absolutely.
4: See, that's pretty impressive, Chris. If, if JP, if our yeah. reputation was all that, that preceded us and someone were to offer us something, it would be to stay away from them. Yeah, it I mean, would offer be, us to, like, stay <laughs> the fuck away from
0: it. Be, I, I'm going to offer you to turn around and
4: just go back to the <laughs> yeah, where you wherever came.
14: Wherever you came from. Right.
4: Chris, his reputation is like, oh, you're Chris? Come on in, buddy.
14: Right. <laughs> You weird, got this, but, but it was fun. I mean, I, I didn't real—I didn't really realize, you know, that I that I was that loud before. Like I was been doing a lot of stuff, and just because I'm passionate about it, I, I really feel for this. And I think New York has—New York is in an awesome place right now, and it's been growing for years. And I'm happy to be a part of that. And there's still a lot of room to go, and I'm really excited to just keep fighting the good fight here. How many? With,
4: uh, how many different beers do you like to? to do i know you have six taps but do you brew the the same ones all the time or is it always different
14: uh it's pretty different i i don't repeat myself very often i brew one of the first beers i brewed here was a blonde in part because i feel like blondes are so see-through that it's a good litmus test to see if my practices are sound and uh i'm not tasting anything funky jp Uh, likes it he likes yeah. you starting with the easy ones. <laughs> yeah. Blondes are easy. Yeah. And but also when if I Exist. seem to misjudge how fast people are going to go be going through beers, um, I can Tincture a tea, tincture a beer uh, in the corny keg pretty easily. Like I can get some, uh, you know, rose hips hibiscus and hibiscus, make a tea, and throw that into the blonde, and it'll taste like an entirely different beer. Yeah. And I can put that on my tap for di- taps for diversity. And so if I'm really low, I'll brew a quick blonde so that I can, you know, get three different beers out of it, and uh, which is also just fun for experimentation and and for, you know, the it's a lot of fun. That's smart
4: thinking. Yeah. Tasty, you like that. You know, yeah, you're able to kind of split the batches in a sense by adding different things.
6: Exactly, or he maybe should consider my high gravity brewing uh, technique. Uh, oh yeah, you know where you brew a uh, really strong beer. Next thing you know, you're not you're not only adding uh, spices to the keg, you're adding water, and then you got yeah. a lighter beer. Yeah, you got more of it. That's more. his problem. I'm, I'm sure he's running yeah. out of beer all the time. That's your golf yeah. course beer. I've had right. Well, whatever you, how, you, how much water you add, it could be the penny dropper beer if you don't add any. Right, it's really
4: strong beer. Have you ever thought about doing that? Because you do have a smaller system. You could do a high-gravity batch and, and then be able to dilute it and have different uh, beers that way. I'm not telling you. Yeah.
14: I have been thinking about doing that. I haven't done it yet. Um, I, I've been getting more intrigued with that and definitely thinking that it's the right thing to do, especially when I run out of time. And the, the more we get busy here, you know, the the more I need to produce. And that's definitely going to be something I'm going to need to do if we are selling any kegs outside of here, because the, there's going to we're going to run into a wall at some point when we reach capacity, and and that's a good thing to do. Sure,
4: it's interesting, tasty because t- to me, diluting used to be such a bad word, right, for beer or but, blending. But it's r- and blending used to be a bad word too. But really, it's just making the best of what you have. Yeah, and you're not making a bad beer. You're you're, you're, well,
6: you're heaven forbid. Oh, Chris will know that he, he's got a great oh, yeah. palate. You're, so. d- you're
4: still directing the flavor. Yes, you're of- the artist. Yes,
6: yeah, yeah.
14: right. I like yeah, it. Yeah. And all that matters. I mean, ultimately. All that matters to me is what's in the glass. I mean, if it's good in the glass, it's good for that ass. So I'm I'm down
4: with it. Uh, Moscow, what's in our glass now? Uh, Uh, You guys are working on uh,
8: this uh, cream ale over here. Can you hand me the bottle? I'll read it to you.
4: Oh, yeah. yeah. Was it cocoa, coconut, cream ale? Uh, (laughs) Divine cocoa for coconuts. There it is.
8: Yes. Traditional American cream ale uh, brewed with divine chocolate from USA Cocoa.
14: Describe this beer
4: for us, Chris.
14: This beer is exactly what you said. It's a straight up... So I was working with um, my friends from Divine Chocolate USA. Divine Chocolate is a, is a uh, fair trade company uh, that is owned by its farmers, the farmers that, that make the chocolate in Ghana. Uh, so they have two, two chapters. They started uh, out there. Uh and they wanted me to use some some of their cocoa for this, and I, I would I love challenges like that. So here we go. But I didn't want to go straight use the cocoa with a porter or, or a stout that already had cocoa flavors in it. I wanted to get the cocoa to shine, or or to at least be you know there. But I really love coconuts. And like coconut and chocolate makes me really happy. But I also didn't want I didn't want to be too strong. And I didn't want to slap anybody across the face with any of all that. Um, and I thought that a neat way to have those be subtly out there would be to make a beer that's subtle in itself and so the cream ale was made just a nice crisp american cream ale and then a week after i just did the cream ale straight first and then uh, about a week into fermentation i made some cocoa syrup out of the divine cocoa they gave me and then i threw that on it reinvigorated the yeast a little bit and it started uh, eating that cocoa and then about five days after that i threw in uh some toasted coconuts that I'd taken home and toasted, and I dry hopped it with these coconuts.
4: So fresh coconut that you toasted, not not some extract or something else?
14: Right. Okay, interesting. Not extract. Yep. And how
4: much of the chocolate syrup went into this batch? Do you know? Do you remember? Um, I don't remember. I think it was like, uh, it was, I think, oh, cool. a liter? Okay. Maybe? Yeah. It's interesting because so we, uh, Beardy and I were tasting it at the break, and we had a a difference of opinion. One was that Beardy didn't really taste the chocolate, but it was the first thing I did taste, and then I tasted the coconut after that. Uh, So uh, I don't know what to make of that other than uh, uh, clearly everybody's (laughs) palate is
14: is different. But to me, I think it's a, it's when you're dealing with cocoa powder, it's not. I mean, it's not a sweet beer. It's a very dry, and yes, crisp, you know, beer, and sessionable beer, and I kind of wanted that too. I didn't want to make. I keep bringing this quote up because it's one of my favorite quotes that my friend from Wandering Star, Chris Post, said the other day on a different radio show. He said, "He said that a, uh, you know, a beer is not a one night stand. It's a long term relationship." And so I wanted one of those beers that you could keep drinking uh, and enjoying.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's like what Michael Fairbrother was talking about in the le- in the other segment. It's you you find the spice that you ride the line with. Yeah. yeah, and some, and and you have to put you, you know, there is kind of some uh, work to do on your part. I think to find those those flavors, and that makes a good spiced beer, absolutely, meat or or whatever you know, or dish for that matter.
4: I, I agree with you, and I think yeah. in this case, it means it's a great amount and use of chocolate because yeah. uh, it's neither overbearing or imperceivable. You know, yep. it's just yep, kind yep. of subtle there. Um, Beardy, did you taste the the coconut right away? Yeah, for
7: me, the coconut was the first thing that I noticed in flavor and aroma. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. as the beer warmed up and set my glass, the coconut kind of subsided. It was still there, but uh, I could taste the cocoa and the beer underneath it. And so it was definitely changing as it warmed up. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so, I I mean, that's kind of the sweet spot where you want to be, especially like judging and stuff. When one judge says it's too sweet, one judge says it's too dry, what more can you do? Yeah. (laughs)
4: Right in the middle. Good point. That's where you want to be, Chris. Why toasted coconut? Why not just the fresh co- coconut?
14: Uh, I think you get more flavor when you toast that, I and mean, when you toast uh, pretty much anything, even with spices. I mean, for my wet beers, I'll, I might toast the coriander before I actually put it in. Depends, uh, and plus I'm in a kitchen where I can do that. Um, so what I do like you- the flavor of toasted coconuts, coconuts more than 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 straight up coconuts. Straight up coconut sometimes can get perfumey. Okay. Whereas the toast kind of has a different. It's not as light. You know, Did you literally
4: just kind of shave the coconut and then put it on a baking sheet? And no, to be no. honest,
14: it wasn't. So I tried that first. I tried some some fresh coconut and I shaved it, put it on a baking sheet, threw it in the oven, and it ended up coming out like onions. It was my first time trying that thing, and I was like, ah, oh, okay,
5: onion,
14: onion, onion, chocolate, cream, beer, maybe not so much. Bad news, yeah. <laughs> uh, so then uh, Mary actually, Mary had uh, to me up some um, some uh, shaved coconut, dried shaved coconut from from Whole Foods, and I used those and okay. threw those in. Yeah. and just I, mean, I, I toasted them myself. I took them home and toasted them. They were not toasted when I got
4: them. So just as a starting point for homebrewers listening, uh, about how long did you toast it for in the oven and, and what temperature? I mean, help us out there, a little tips.
14: I believe about uh, 10 minutes at roughly 300 degrees. Okay. Yeah. Does it... Uh, and I, I, I didn't get it to like a dark brown. I wanted it like a, a light golden brown Okay, um, for a nice fresh thing. I didn't want it too on the toasted side. I wanted it enough so that it was kind of bringing out and accenting the the, the coconut. It, it just got a better better place for it.
4: Good. That that. So that was my next question, it, like what the color change is that you're looking for. So yeah, that answers a that. A light
14: golden brown.
4: Okay. All right.
14: And As you, opposed to the white that you get. it. And did I hear
4: right? You're essentially dry hopping with that. Yes. Okay.
14: Yeah, yeah. I threw them in some some muslin bags and and threw them in. Let them sit for a while.
4: Got it. And the and the chocolate went in before that, and it actually, you said it kind of kickstarted fermentation. So did the beer drop a, a couple points out of that, or or did it just eat the sugar you put in?
14: Uh, I think it did drop a couple points. I was aiming at a five percent beer and ended up with a six percent beer uh, because of the chocolate. Okay. And I think some things went in and, and it definitely went down, be- you know, beyond where I thought it would be. Got it. Which, in the end, I like. I like where it is.
7: And then how long did you leave it on the coconut? before? On the
14: coconut? It it was one week. Okay. Maybe six days. Okay. Before I kegged it up.
4: It's interesting to me, and you did kind of explain it, of of how you wanted the the different flavors to shine. It's interesting to me that both the smoked beer and this beer started with very light uh, English-style beers. The first one was a mild, and, and this one being a cream ale. As you mentioned, you didn't want to just do it on a porter, like, you know, that had been done before. But... It's kind of ballsy. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I I, I I agree with your decision because I think I've tasted the other flavors by the decision that you made by by making a beer that is on the lighter side so that the other things can shine. But uh, most people wouldn't have done that, right? They would have gone with the robust porter or something like that.
14: Yeah, I did do a collaboration the other day. There's a coffee donut stout where I did where it is a stout uh, or like a pretty dark beer with a lot of coffee and a lot of a lot of coconut. This time the coconut was not was not uh toasted um but that's t- to bring in the uh the donut aspect that and a lot of crystal malt so you know i try and run the gamut of styles here and, and with only six lines i have i have to do that with the hardest one of the hard parts about doing that here or dealing with that is sometimes beers move faster than i can predict and sometimes beer don't move as fast as i can predict and, sure uh, but I only have six lines up there to deal with and so kind of anticipating what's going on. That's also what's nice about like doing that blonde thing where where I'm able to, to kind of play with that a little bit. And I will say that the lighter beers at this brew pub, at this brewery restaurant, this gastrobrewery, if you will, uh tend to move faster. Sessionable beers move faster. Some you know, as long as they're lighter in body, it tends to do well. Although Belgian doubles do quite well and Imperial Stouts move quite well here. Okay. And I'm not brewing for them, and my, my main philosophy is kind of like three for them, three for me as far as what's on the taps. But I've been doing a lot of collaborations, um, and sometimes they all, you know, they, that line is also a line that gets written. Uh, collaborations with who? Uh, doing a lot of collaborations with home brewers as, as well as, uh, you know, my, my brewing brethren in the, in the scene here. Excellent. Yeah.
8: Yeah, actually, this uh, this next one we're pouring uh, is a collaboration that Chris brewed with Ray Darmstadt of St. Gambrina's Beer Shop
14: in oh, yeah. Brooklyn. <laughs> He's an old uh, blind tiger uh, <laughs> hanging fellow uh, of mine. We've been going to Blind Tiger for years. He finally opened up his, his shop, and his birthday was uh, last. November or October, and I wanted to brew the a Darm Stout for him. You know, his name just kind of led itself to it. He had never brewed a beer before at all, um, but this beer was certainly inspired from him, and he was super psyched to come and brew with me that day when we did this, and, and I think the beer turned out quite well.
8: Chris has dubbed it a Bro-laboration. A
14: bro-laboration maybe.
8: <laughs> if I had my soundboard, I'd give you a rim shot right now. <laughs>
4: You know, I usually I usually look down on these these made-up words, uh, especially when it comes to beers. You like that one? I like bro-laboration. Yeah, man. I, I think that JP and I should do more bro-laboration. You should do a bro-lab. <laughs> you know? But, like,
0: not in the beer world at all. Like... Um like uh, t-shirt designing, or yeah,
5: it just like, got uh, weird. Like yeah.
4: landscape design. I think a whole line of fashion actually
0: should
5: be, be It
4: should be our pro yeah. elaboration.
14: Oh, that's what you're getting at, right? Landscape manscape. <laughs> manscape. No, man-scape. but uh, our <laughs> <a laborator. laughs> Like, like
0: for example, Kristen, you'll be the first to you'll be the first to hear about this. Uh, Justin and I are designing a coat. Yes. For 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 bros, um, where it's you know you put on like a normal coat, but underneath the sleeves, there's separate armholes. For so, your bro. Like, yeah, so like if I go in to hug Scott and he would put his arms up and I would put my hands in the sleeves around <laughs> yeah. and we would hug like that and, and, and the like, same with mine. So it's it's really Chris, it's the essence of bro elaboration. Yeah,
14: that's absolutely. That's, that's, that's actually that's
0: like, come on, that's. The, that's actually our logo too. It's pretty. It's a it's a whole thing. We'll get into it. you see another it. Podcast. You just hang in there, Chris.
9: I'm, I'm like thinking over here and trying to think of ways to make fun of you guys, and I can't. Like no, you, because it's
4: so
0: good. It's no,
9: a good idea. You're, yeah. you're just making fun of yourself. Like yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. Need, you're taking my work away from me, and I don't appreciate it.
4: I don't think you're picturing the warmth and closeness of a hug that requires your bro to put his arms into your jacket. You can't yeah. You can't break the hug,
0: really.
14: Bro's intertwining. 20 yeah, you're in it yeah. to win yeah. it at yeah.
0: Yeah. that point. Yeah, it's, you know, this is what we're going to do. You yeah. become the hug.
9: It's also a because the rape jacket. Bro's actually. the
14: handcuffs, uh, or you can't,
4: you can't. Get your arms out, by cooling. Beardy. That's actually our motto. You become the hug.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it's it's from the hugs transcended line.
5: Oh. Right. What about yeah. now,
14: Bebo? You got anything?
9: No, there's there's nothing. It's so bad.
14: Uh, all right. She back, wants one. Back to the beer. <laughs> back to the beer. What do you think of the darn
4: stuff? Well, this is my favorite beer so far, and yeah. I really like the other beers as well, um, but. This now of course I just mentioned that you you've done light beers before this one. This one now is is a darker. What's the ABV on this one? Uh 8.5%. Eight 8.5. So a bigger beer as well. Did you design the recipe or did your uh, collaboration partner?
14: I designed this recipe entirely this one. Okay. Uh, Ray had never brewed a beer and uh, but he's been selling beer and drinking beer with me for years, so
4: so the collaboration was Ray cleaning up. Uh, excuse after me, Justin. <laughs> <you>. the, <laughs> what?
14: I just need some help for the day. That's a great thing about collaborations. Yeah, <laughs> I <to> find <laughs> out who your bros are. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, tell us more about the beer. Um. Well, we got a fifty uh, percent pale malt or Maris about thirty one percent U.S. pale. There's a lot of roasted barley, of course, oats, malted oats uh, in there. Not not a uh, rolled oats. And What's so the difference kinda, there? Uh. They're not. Uh, sorry.
4: Rolled oh, oats would be
14: kind of a creamier, give you a creamier kind of thing. Okay. That's sweeter, creamier. All right. I like this beer.
8: Yeah, it's really nice.
14: And it's all centennial hops. Oh, really? It's a one-hop beer? Yeah. It, it's pretty hoppy for
8: a, for a stout,
14: isn't it? Yeah, that's the so that's part of it. Like, Ray Ray Darmstadt is, is a very... He's, he's a hophead, man. He's all hops. And, uh, you know, we want... Wanted to make it hoppy in his honor, you know. Is it dry hopped as well? Uh, no, I was going to, but I thought that maybe that'd be a little bit too much, and I'd have to wait too long for it to to feel right if I did that. So yeah, I don't it was, think it, it needs was tasting right where it was, and so I let it go.
4: Good choice to just use the single hop all the way through. I think it works really well with it. How many uh,
8: how many commercial brewers are, are dry hopping imperial stouts? Is that common?
4: No, but if it's a hoppy, uh, tasty might be able to answer that better think, than me. Actually, I think it is. American style. Yeah.
6: American style, but Get that's out. another category. Well, there right. is a GBF category, American style stout, and this would certainly fit into that.
4: And those would typically be dry hopped oh, as yeah,
6: well? Sure. Oh, okay. At every level, yeah. yeah.
8: Yeah. Well, then, hey, why didn't you, Chris? What's wrong with you? Pussy. You right.
14: uh, felt GBF, great. Speaking of GBF, do you, do you <laughs> enter in the GBF? I did not enter in the JABF this year. Is actually.
6: that possible? I mean, is that in the future? Or?
14: Uh, it's in the future. Uh, one thing is, I don't, I don't bottle like even the things that I sent you guys are straight from the tap. Sure. And I knew they were going to be drinking pretty, pretty fast. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I, I would like to. I am interested in, it, but I just need to make sure that I'm. Right now, the important part is making sure that the, the customers that are right upstairs have enough beer. And it's a have one it man show over here. Up until recently, uh, I have one guy that has. has uh, this guy, Peter Mallon, has come helping me a lot uh, once a week, uh, just helping me with whatever needs to happen. But ultimately, it's just it's the Chris Goodman show here right now. <laughs> and I'm tired, man. <laughs> well,
6: the reason I ask about GABF, these are really good quality beers. I think you, you should yeah, th-
14: Well, thank you very much. It yeah. means a lot. If you can get in. If I can oh, get that's in. Yeah, it's too true. late now it's, for this one. It's for, full oh, up, Oh, so not, not for... To JVF, but right now it's too late for the uh, CBC
4: or the... Oh, uh, yeah, the World, World beer, beer Cup. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah,
14: yeah. You know, Tasty's right, and
4: especially in the specialty category with the first two that we had, I think they would have done really well because they don't, uh, not, we're not overpowering. Very understated, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, this beer would do uh, also well. Do you have a, uh, this is kind of a random question, but I'm just trying to think of the size of your brewery and the basement there. Do you have your own mill or do you have to get your grain milled?
14: I do have my own mill. You do? Okay. Yeah, there's a small little monster mill and it's hooked up to to an engine. So I'm not using a a drill to make it make it run. I have it on a on a, a on a belt and a motor.
4: The Monster Brewing Hardware mill. Uh,
14: yeah. Oh, that's a solid uh, mill. Yeah, man, it's nice. Okay. I yeah. That's, that's uh yeah. And that was that was a mess too. I mean, that was all rusted up when I when I got here. So I took a steel brush and hooked that onto a drill oh, and yeah. The, and, the, and then kind of brushed off all the all of the uh all the rust
4: because it was sitting underwater yeah but just the moisture in the room too
14: oh yeah. yeah okay and
8: and it still works like a charm huh yeah well there you go if fred francis will like to hear that he's a wonderful sponsor of ours yeah, yeah. not even yes. a, a gale force winds can destroy a monster
14: <laughs> a monster <laughs> grain mill right
4: yeah yep. how, how often do you have to brew to keep those six taps running
14: i need to be brewing uh at least two or three times a week but depending on what else is going on whether it's a uh, beer related activity or a music related activity um you know sometimes some or if i'm just delayed in kegging a lot of the beer that i have you know sometimes a week will be all kegging and keg cleaning and other weeks will be all brewing kind of making up for lost time but i need to average two or three beers a week for sure okay brew days
7: how do you handle the spent grain being in manhattan and also being in a basement yeah yeah
14: well, I would love. Yeah, it is dumpster. I would love to give it to uh, to some people at the farmers market that come in on on Fridays. I've actually talked to Michael Yeze of Flying P- Pigs Farm. I just can't get it over there. Like I can't get, put it on a bicycle and get it over there, or like you know, get a bunch of people bringing pails. Also, there's no room in this basement to store it. So ultimately, unfortunately, um, we're throwing it out right now.
4: Uh, you can't just call a cab and throw it in the trunk. <laughs> yeah, can't yeah, do it. It's too bad.
14: <laughs> call a dumpster. You only if uh, I mean. If I brew on a Friday and it, and I'm finished before, before anybody at the farmer's market leaves to go back to their farms in upstate New York, you know, then, yeah. then I can't really do it. That's a good call. Well,
6: how many 50-gallon trash cans would a, a batch of yours be?
14: Uh, one.
6: one? A one. little one. over one. A little over one? Okay, fine.
4: Uh, that's, not, that's a good question, Tate, because that's what I was trying to think, too. How much is it really? Yeah. And that's, not, that's at least manageable. Yeah, depending on the
14: beer. It's a little over one uh, 50-gallon trash Uh, you
4: know,
14: Uh. yeah, there's no (laughs) homeless out front that (laughs) (laughs)
4: would. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to help Chris. I'll make
14: some homeless cookies.
4: <laughs> Lots of them. Yeah. That, and you can call them homeless cookies, yes. man. You, you know what? You want some free press, Chris? You make some fucking homeless cookies. Yes. You'll be on the New York Times. Yes. yes.
0: You'll even need even more beer. Oh shit, don't do this.
4: Local brewery feeding the homeless
0: with well, homeless cookies. You probably get arrested because in some in some places it's illegal to give homeless people food. Oh. Yeah. I don't so think so it watch is out. in New York.
14: I would like to speak a little bit to that though. So I, I've been doing, speaking of collaborations, I've been doing uh collaborations with the, I've invited the entire local homebrew community to all the other clubs and all the uh, stores to brew with me. Wow. And every pour of what we do from there, them here at 508, a dollar goes to a charity of their choice. So for Brooklyn homebrew, we, we started this in May and, uh, and the Brooklyn Homebrew picked Art Start, Bitter Nesters we did for American Cancer Society, Poor Standards, we did Huntington Disease Society, New York City Homebrewers Guild, we did New York City Coalition Against Hunger, um, and then Brooklyn Brewers we did uh, Bark Animal Shelter, that's coming up. Um, and it's just a lot of fun to get everybody involved and to be doing some good with the beer that we're making. That is and, really uh, awesome. Yeah, and for me it's really fun to hang out with the with, with and to be inspired by the different uh, artists and and musicians brew, and that – did we
5: hang out? Yeah, bruisers. Oh, I don't like that one as
14: much. Yeah, yeah,
4: That one's not as good as for elaboration. <laughs> yeah,
14: okay. Fair
4: that doesn't
0: hop to the front of your list. <laughs>
4: <laughs> can I? Can we do a collaboration uh, and and benefit? JP needs a new thyroid. JP needs his medical bills paid for. <laughs> we can do it. J- <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't uh, need a new thyroid.
4: We do a JP is dying Laboration. Yeah. That doesn't a roll off the tongue. <laughs> death Yeah, death collaboration.
14: Because
4: one way or the other, we're either paying the medical bills or the funeral bill. And right. I feel like a collaboration would, would... What do you think, Chris?
14: I'm into it. Totally into it.
4: It's going to totally have a fucked up name, you know. Whatever before we decide. So, you know, it's... We sort of liked you,
5: Ale. <laughs> Something like
4: that. Thanks, thanks for filling a
0: Christmas seat stuff. for eight years. You, you, stout. Had, you had your moments, Martin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you were a little funny. Hale. <laughs> you worked for the time. <laughs> hey, yeah. There was, <laughs> there was nobody else stout. Yeah. And make it look like a terrible beer.
4: <laughs> uh, Chris, we're going to sell a lot of beer for you.
14: I'm into it. Let's do it. <laughs>
0: I blame say for leaving. <laughs>
14: yeah.
4: Oh man. Uh you know, the with the batch size that you have, Chris, you get to experiment quite a bit. Are you doing anything with with barrel aging or, or souring and things like that?
14: So as far as sour goes, I'm really scared to get anything other than the Hudson River in any of my lines. <laughs> right. So,
5: <laughs> right.
14: Uh, because I mean it's a small it's a small operation down here and there's nothing lactobacillus running around with it just sharing space with the with the with the kitchen. It has me paranoid all the time. Um, so I'm not doing any sort of sour aging things. I did get myself two barrels. They're small, like five gallon barrels because there's just no room to put any barrels. I would love to have a little bit more room and put more barrels around that are not in my fermentation room. Right. Um, or anything. But as far as like, you know, running anything through my lines, not dealing with anything not dealing with that. One thing I really love about this system is that it is electric and that my probe that con- that controls my hot liquor tank, I can just take it out of there and I can tape it to the side of my my boil kettle. And then I will just unplug my boil kettle temperature or my boil kettle heat elements and put it in with that with that uh, heat controller. And what I'm getting at is basically kettle souring. Um not uh not sour mashing but kettle souring so i'll mash like normal i'll send it over to my boil kettle and then i will purge the top with co2 or i'll cool it i'll cool the sorry i'll cool the work to a certain extent i want it around 100 degrees right and then i'll cool call cool the wort. i'll take some ran wrap and tin foil and cover the top after purging out any of the oxygen and giving it like a nice co2 environment uh and then I'll throw some raw grain in there, and the lactobacillus from the grain will start start hiking it up and getting sour. And then when it's the pH I like or the flavor I like, I will then just turn on those heat elements and boil like normal to kill everything. So what I love about it is that sour that lactobacillus is living and dying right there in the kettle, and it's not getting to the lines when I am done with that boil. Well, that's a great
4: it, idea. You get the, you get the flavor that you are looking for, but like you said, you, you kill the thing that might go further, or in fact, anything else.
14: Right, 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 and that's a—it's a pretty clean lacquer. So there's not a whole lot of depth to it, but I—but I love it, and I think it's a really great way to to do this uh, if you're in a situation like I am.
4: How long does it take? D- are we talking overnight here? That it has to yeah, stay, overnight. Yeah. For okay, sure.
14: okay. Oh, brewers can do that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. The important part is making sure you keep it at a certain temperature. If you, I get it so that we, uh, we we get it to be like 108 degrees is a great temperature for lactobacillus. Over 120 different things happen and under too many bad things happen. So,
4: but it doesn't that. stay there. I, I imagine by the time you come in the next day, it's down to 80 or something. Or. No. That, oh. So that's
14: the key. That's what I'm saying. That's what I oh. like about my system. I'm able to keep it at that temperature that entire time because uh, basically my heat elements from a hot liquor tank plug into a Ranko temperature controller my heat elements for my boil kettle plug into the other side of this main brain which are just on and off switches so i will just unplug my boil kettle and plug it into where the hot liquor tank was
4: yep i and understand
14: just into that Ranko. and then i'll take that that uh Probe. Uh, the probe uh, and just tape it to the side of, of my boil kettle. Excellent. And what I realized, I mean, I'm taking the temperature on the inside versus the outside, I realized there's about a 10, 10, uh, 10 degree difference. So I just account for that, set it so that it stays at 108 degrees. Let that lacto live or, you know, do it staying at that temperature strictly so yeah. that uh, so nothing funky happens. Oh, I get it. And, uh, you know, it's great. I'm sorry I don't have one of those to send you. When I do get one, I'll send you one. But.
4: But, uh, oh, I'd love to try it.
14: Didn't have any on right now.
4: As- aside from the unattended fire tasty, I t- could technically do the same thing by taking the probe that's usually in my yes. hot liquor tank on my more Beer 1550 mm-hmm. and instead putting it in my kettle and the uh, the the heat would fire every time it was, uh, just same as it does with my hot liquor, every right. time it needed to be within that swing. Just move that yep. uh, exchanger over into the kettle. Only issue being I'm going to be asleep while fire is going off, but uh, <laughs> I've done worse, you know. Mm-hmm. What have you got to lose? It's just a home brew right? <laughs> what have I got to it's only lose? Fifty it's, bucks. It's, it's just it, my brew system's just up against the house. <laughs> yeah. What right. if I got to lose? Well, fine.
7: stainless steel doesn't burn, so you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, that's no.
4: true. Yeah. You can live in it. The stucco yeah. burn because yeah. the house is my house is stucco. Never mind. I'm sure it flakes I should off. not get into these things. But I like the concept, Chris.
14: Yeah, and if you are a home brewer and you're able to, to get your boil kettle into your oven, if it actually fits in your oven, you can try that too. Like find out what your warm setting temperature kind of sets at. Or, or maybe even your warm setting with it a little bit open or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's or a good point. like that. Or create um, some sort of – put your boil – or your, your pot inside another pot that's bigger with a, with like a bucket heater that turns on and off or something or like with um, any sort of immersion heat element that you can control with the water on the outside. Find out what that temperature differential is and be able to, to do that. But the, well, another important thing is just always purge it with CO2 and make sure you cap that off so that it's not going to encourage any other 0 oh, two. Okay, got it. Yeah. And you said you you do
4: it by taste, but also by the the right pH. Are you actually measuring the pH, or you're just
14: literally <laughs> the just tasting? The first one it? I did not. I've done a three here at the brewery. Uh, the second one and the third one I did. The second one was uh, kind of like a sour. The first one was a Berliner Weiss that I, I did, and the second one was kind of like a that same recipe but with a saison yeast. Anyway, we wanted to see what the saison yeast would kind of do with it, um, and I got that down to three, uh, a pH of three, and then. Did another one with uh, my friend Jonathan Moxie from Perennial Artisanal, and uh, we did a we did a Gosa, and I got that down to about two point nine, and I liked I liked where those where all of these were. And you just use
4: something as simple as like the pH strips that you can get at a homebrew shop. Well, no,
14: I ended up buying a fifty dollars pH uh, reader. Okay, got it. Yeah. It's so good to you know, go. I
4: think, for an experiment like that, tasty to really know what the pH is. yeah that's the idea is you stop when you get
6: to the recommended ph and then of course if it's like it's you know later on you're drinking it you know three months later and you go wow this beer is not lactic enough you may say well i need to you know go lower on that ph when you make the beer the next time okay uh you say you said at the temperature uh about 108 or so you get a nice clean lactic flavor well what would stop you from just going and and brewing a normal beer and adding lactic acid that's that's a clean lactic flavor too
14: that is um what I what I've experienced with lactic acid is a little bit sharper and, and a little bit cleaner, you know. Uh, I'm also a traditionalist, so I like the process of what's going on. It's definitely fun to, to be playing with the gadgets for sure. I mean there's the fun aspect. Um I guess what I'm saying uh, is I don't have a really great answer for. No, it.
6: No, you're here. making your own lactic acid. <laughs> I, no, I get that. That's yeah. a do-it-yourself thing. I get and, that part. For
14: sure. And I feel like I feel like um, I feel like I'm, it's a, it's more complex than just straight lactic acid, too. To, I feel I like. more character. Okay, but um, yeah, but well. I should try this. I should, I should try this. Just make a you know straight up let it. I just split the dirt. batches down, or at least take out. Um, Maybe five gallons the next time I do this and just see what that would be. I have I have lactic acid here left over from before the storm that I have not even used. Well but,
4: uh, I will say, Chris, you're you're actually not the first brewer on the show to say that it's a that the lactic acid edition is a cleaner uh lactic acid, which isn't a bad thing for some, but maybe lacks some of the complexity that you're perceiving out of doing it the way you're doing it.
5: Okay? Yeah. So you're not I the mean, first one to, to say that. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah.
14: But I don't know what exactly it is. It's in that, that that's different, unnecessarily, or right? what these other things. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of things that I just don't have a don't have the words for. Right, right. Or don't have identified. Yeah, fish.
6: a lot of crazy things come on that grain, so you can only imagine,
14: right? I mean, yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of variability.
4: Well, Chris, Absolutely. the beers are fantastic. It sounds like you're able to do what you want in there, and I like that you're still a very active member of the New York homebrew uh, scene too, and inviting all those. Pe- I think you're crazy for inviting all those people, in, but yeah, uh, love them.
14: That's Some really incredible beers have come out of it. It's really fun.
4: That's very A lot nice. of
14: inspiration, too. I'm learning a lot. And where can people listen to your beer show? Oh, our beer show. It, it's actually not just beer. It's on all things fermentable. So we okay. talk about kimchi, sauerkraut, uh, fruits from the eyes of homebrewers. So it's me and Mary Isette. The show is called Foment About It. Ferment About It on heritageradionetwork.org. Uh, and so every Monday night, 7 p.m. Have you guys? Eastern. Have you Before guys that.
4: seen the the Sandor Cats uh book on, on fermentables
14: yeah it's awesome it's an awesome awesome book
4: yeah it's good stuff as soon yeah. as you mentioned that it's all things fermentation that's the first thing i think of is sandor
14: it's a huge awesome awesome book we saw sandor last time he was in town uh but we d- have not yet had him on the show <laughs> and I look, I look forward to hopefully have speaking with him at some point
4: oh for yeah that. get him on
8: hey chris you got your sacks nearby uh, i
14: actually do <laughs>
8: all right let's you want to hear a little lick from him
4: before we let him go <laughs> oh yeah can you play in the middle of the night over there yeah blast that
8: thing
14: oh yeah Everybody's S- at home.
4: Sweet. Just <laughs> sacked. You know any Kenny G? Careless Westbrook. Oh Brown. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's
7: that's, that's what shit. I was
5: thinking. <laughs> or something like that.
4: The kid can play, yeah, baby. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah,
5: he's,
4: he's legit. Well, listen, he's
5: exactly. I have to admit,
4: Chris, as a music fan, if if I if I only have time to do one thing of yours next time I'm I'm in New York, I might go. I might go see you play. Hey, I
14: guess I play here every Tuesday. Tuesday is Tuesday. Wait, you get both? Oh, oh, get... oh, at five oh eight, you play? Yeah, every Tuesday. Well, that's a win win there. Yeah, man. Excellent. And our beer is only five dollars on Tuesday, man. Tuesday is the day. Excellent. I release all my beers on Tuesdays. Play some music. It's like it's like when everything comes together. Tuesday is Koo's Day. Yeah. <laughs> me. <Kume. laughs>
0: Come down this Kooz
14: Yeah,
8: I'd like you guys to know that uh, Chris sent his beer uh, all wrapped in koozies that say "Kooz me the Koozie." Kooz. You everyone. are
4: you you like that name?
14: Yeah, hey, it's my name. No, no. <laughs> yeah,
8: it
4: is mine after all. Yeah,
8: <laughs> Chris, w- one
4: last thing. Just do us a
8: personal favor to to just you know to give back to the brewing network we've given you so much over the years uh <laughs> yeah. learn learn a uh, wacka 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 on the saxophone oh and call in oh. and play it for us would
4: you please
2: i will do that thank I you will absolutely do I that appreciate it too. please don't uh, no bevo
14: will
4: love it don't listen to her chris she'll absolutely love it she'll be so flattered
14: <laughs> is
9: this another thing where like if i say i'm not going to you're gonna yell at me yes um, please call in with that
5: <laughs> <laughs> i'll Very really good, enjoy bevo. it
4: you sound like i beat you you <laughs> Uh, hey, Chris, where can people go learn more about 508? You got a website? We
14: do, 508nyc.com. And what's the address? 508 Greenwich Street. There you New go. New York, New York, between Canal and Spring. Go try Chris's
4: beer. It's good stuff. Take our word for it. It's it's very nice, and it uh, sounds like you get six different selections when you go there. And uh, turns out the food might be good, too. Yeah, sounds, Ooh, sounds like it. It. Bang.
14: it. Is awesome.
4: Hey, thanks for going to the trouble of sending this out to us, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for enjoying it. All right, brother. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely, much love, man. Cheers. Bye,
5: bye.
4: There you go, Chris from five hundred eight Gastrobrewery. brewery. Yes, gastro. Did brewery. I get it right? You did. Oh, excellent. That's a that's a rarity. I wonder if he really knows
0: how to play the saxophone, or if he just he's been rehearsing that one.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like because because you know if you ever get introduced to anybody and you go oh yeah I play the saxophone and I happen to have it here
5: I'll shoot.
0: and then that's it no one ever goes beyond that. Oh, well, since you
4: know the saxophone, could you play this? Well, right. I just did. Nice. I did, that's what I know. Right. I think he just hit play on the tape recorder. Or the little, the boom box that he right. had in the corner. <laughs> is this him? <laughs> yes, it is.
0: It's a jazz major, remember? Is he on the bass or the sax? The sax. Both. At the same time. <laughs> 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 he plays the bass with his feet. <laughs>
8: Total Jazz for your listening pleasure
0: he's really good I'm more impressed with the bass so that's me. he majored in jazz think about that yeah I know someone else who majored in jazz who's slinging homebrew ingredients so you can't really ah, can't say you that's trendy.
5: Yeah,
4: that's some smart stuff right you got a big brain on you if you can major in jazz oh, yeah. I'm not joking that's no, a big that's brain yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We got more. Well, I guess technically it's the same. Oh, it size. goes on like that. Yeah, you want to hear more? No, I thought you were telling <laughs> it's, me. This is jazz. Oh, I was just saying I'd pop yeah, myself. Up a yeah. There. yeah, it's a lot of jazz. What's that noise?
9: Every time, I don't know. It's not me. I didn't do it.
4: Humming.
0: That's why I don't have my headphones on. I I get this hum. Something it, it changes
4: something when you hit that in button. Bevo's room. It's probably the fan on her computer. You running your vibrator? You hear
0: that?
9: No, I don't have anything on.
4: I hear it. Listen up. That's her yeah, vibrator. That's her, her vibrator.
9: Every time I
6: (laughs) (laughs) tell by her voice, it's quivering.
9: Dude, (laughs) no! Every time somebody says they play the saxophone, all I think (laughs) is saxophone. saxophone? That was what happened. Holding a saxophone and just blowing into it and saying (laughs) (laughs) saxophone all I I can hear.
4: (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking
5: about. I am stuck the other
0: thing. Simpsons, I think. Sex-
4: <laughs> Something's on in there. Are you wearing electric underwear? No! <laughs> that you ordered from adamandeve.com?
10: If you go to Should adamandeve.com
4: yes? right now, yes. uh, and you use coupon code BNARMY, that's B-N-A-R-M-Y, uh, you get uh, 50% off just about any one item. You get free shipping. You get three free adult DVDs from all sorts of genres. You've heard them before. You know what they are. And you could probably say any genre that comes to mind, and they have it. Right. Three free adult DVDs, free shipping, plus a free gift. Uh, that y- you don't. It'll be different every time. Like it could be, for example, electric underwear,
9: or a giant butt plug,
4: or a giant <laughs> zero gauge plug, <laughs> or a tiny butt plug,
9: or a tiny butt, or, or lube. I've heard yeah, lube. how do they I know? Heard lube like is a, when there's a big
5: gift.
4: When they send you the gift, and the mm-hmm. gift is a plug, how do they decide which size to send you? Because they don't know about I'm your preferences. I'm sure there's the most common.
6: It's hard to be too
4: big. Maybe, I'm sure there's the most th- common. It's whatever <laughs> it's they have, over, they that,
6: have overstock I would them. Think, think about it. I would think it's very... Do ever look back and see, wow, look at the size of that thing.
9: <laughs> well, maybe maybe they look at your previous orders. Maybe your first order, it's lube. Maybe your second order, it's uh,
4: lube.
9: Uh, I'm sure it's the <laughs> 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 That's yeah.
4: all.
9: I, I, don't, I don't think... It's it
4: Are are all Are all buttholes the same? Is that We're where all you're, pretty they flexible. All, it's a mu- it's a muscle essentially that it mm. stretches, so there's a common maybe there's a formula that they have. maybe there's an equation. what's your height? put in it's your, it's your, <laughs> it's your address your zip code yeah t- d- divided by your height <laughs> uh, uh multiplied by your age, and then finally, um, I don't think they would divide send- it again by how many times you've ordered and I don't that think that is, they would
0: send a plug a, a plug.
4: Bevo says they do. And I think
0: she's the I, expert I, on the topic. No. Well, traditionally, butt plugs, they, not. They, they're like, it, shaped like an ace, right? Like a spade. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it, it tapers down. So I it see. could be any size.
4: Mm-hmm. I you oh, because I Googled You don't have to put it all away. Yeah. In. Got
0: it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. right. Yep. Yeah. I got yeah. it. <laughs> or they have inflatable ones. You put it in I small, mean, and you yep. pump it up. And yeah.
9: then, oh, I went really? to ask.com. Yeah, I have no personal experience in butt plugs. This is other people who, well, we are, not me, who are not who are not me. Sure.
4: Did you do that at work? com. Is, is this work? <laughs> <laughs> right.
9: No, no, I did it at home. Okay, I was really I was curious
4: about what the different gauges,
9: the different no, the different gifts that they give because oh. I, I knew of the one gift. Okay, of the the typical gift, I guess, and I wanted to know what the other ones were.
8: Well, oh. it's it's so sensual we can't mention it here. Right, so people we, was dying of curiosity I was naturally, right? Like, okay.
9: And if it's different for everybody.
4: All right, adamandeve.com, use coupon code BNARMY. You won't, uh, you won't regret it. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got more to do. We've got some beer news, which is some interesting stuff in the, in the news this week. Uh, we've also got some beer to give away. That's right, Lost Abbey beer to give away. Hang in there. It's the session. You're listening to The Brewcasters, the Brewcasters. on The Brewing Network.
2: be an army it's trivia time what's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits $4.99 shipping on orders over $100 and is also home of the Wolf Shirt the one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply for over 20 years they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best selling Texas Blonde Ale Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0 and Double Chocolate Stout and they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer visit Austin Homebrew Dot com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have mini-clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of BrewVent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit AustinHomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, AustinHomebrew.com. Do you? treatment today when you hear blickman engineering think innovation passion quality and customer service blickman gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment at blickman they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps home brewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at
13: BlickmanEngineering.com. And stay on the cutting edge. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style.
2: Brewers. Anyone can resell homebrew equipment and recipe clone kits. Get original at Adventures in Homebrewing. Adventures in Homebrewing has the knowledge and expertise to craft their own gear and original recipe kits that you'll love. Home of the Cereal Killer Grain Mill, 220,000 BTU propane burners, custom stainless steel false bottoms, as well as custom built brew stands and systems. These are just some of the items Adventures in Homebrewing designs and manufactures in house. And the brewers at Adventures in Homebrewing keep designing too. Original extract and all-grain recipe kits that are tried and tested and proven to be of the best quality. Most popular are the Blueberry Tangerine Porter, the Nor'easter Cranberry Fest, and the Peanut Butter Conspiracy Stout. Once you try one of Adventures in Homebrewing's original recipes, you'll keep coming back for more. And don't forget to use the coupon code BIG10 when you place your order to save 10%. That's coupon code BIG10, B-I-G-T-E-N. Visit Adventures in Homebrewing at homebrewing.org right now and get original today. homebrewing.org. Join the adventure mix me your hundred grain amber recipe
4: and i'm gonna eat it and then it can ferment in my gut it totally works the beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich
5: your colon won't know what hit it <laughs> the, the,
2: the home lot of beer radio the brewing network.com because like beer radio shouldn't suck you're listening to the session 888-401-BEER This is
5: The Session
4: Beardy, if you're going to do this show you better learn to get your ass back here before the break is over Someone was hogging the bathroom Oh, probably Sam in there taking a big deuce It did smell kind of weird afterwards. Oh, then it was Bevo.
0: (laughs) Taking a big deuce. (laughs) Or leaving one.
4: Taking a big nasty deuce. Trying to remove the vibrator, maybe. The worst thing you could do is think about attractive women or your girlfriend and how they poop, too. I think it's worse for them. (laughs) No, my girlfriend doesn't poop. We've talked
0: about this. Really? Oh, yeah. She doesn't do it is a special one that book
7: everybody poops it says except taryn
4: right
5: the subtitle <laughs> yeah. it's
4: it's on page
0: 14 yeah. yeah
4: and certain women i'll never meet <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh all right <clears throat> we still got a few things to get to but i did want to direct you over to homebrewstuff.com you know it's lager season guys why is it logger season Because it's a time that you can keep your temperature controlled uh, down at the temperatures that you need to make great lager. You know, especially if you're new at it, if you've never done a lager before. By the way, I have never done a lager before. Uh, Lager season, around the winter months, it's the perfect time to get into it because it's easier to to do your temperature control. But if you go to homebrewstuff.com, they'll help you with your temperature control anyway. Uh, And in fact, if you like them on Facebook during the month of January, you're going to get the chance to win a temperature control unit. So go over to homebrewstuff.com, and if you click on the promotions tab, which is right there on the homepage, you'll see all the different stuff that they put on sale for lager season this month. Uh, There's a Mad Brewer recipe kit sale. You got your uh, Shogun lager, the Grand Kremlin Reserve Czech Pilsner, a Vienna lager, which I don't think people make enough of. Vienna Lager is one of my favorite styles of beer. Love that beer. I wish the commercial brewers would make more of it. Because, yeah, honestly, uh,
8: who, who makes one? Right? What's, what's the most noteworthy
6: example?
4: The most uh, noteworthy one is, I, I guess it's not in the craft segment, but it's Negro Modelo, right, Tasty? That's I the most noteworthy. is uh, not Firestone Walker. Oh, they did one for Trader Joe's, I think. Oh, did, oh that's true. Yeah, yeah, they used to have a Vienna Lager yeah, there. Yeah. They might still. They still do it. In they Minnesota, do?
7: August really? Schell does a firebrick. They call oh, yeah? it Firebrick, and it's a Vienna Lager.
4: August Schell sent us a beer this week. They they put out a new series, and they sent us a Framboise that's down in the fridge. Saw that. Cork and Cage looks great. Yeah. I think they're fans of the show over there at August Schell. Yeah. They make good beer. They, they have a Vienna Lager, too? Mm-hmm. Firebrick. Well, you can make your own uh, by getting the uh, El Abuelo Vienna Lager kit from homebrewstuff.com. Uh, but they got yeast on sale, uh, liquid yeast, dry yeast, you name it. it. Uh,
0: Is that a, Grandfather?
4: Uh, what? Abuelo? Isn't that grandfather in Spanish?
8: Yeah.
0: I think so, yeah. Mm. Grandfather Vienna. Hmm. That Did took a while. <laughs> Be- <Sorry.
8: laughs> Beer Advocate is saying that uh, Sam Adams' Boston lager is a Vienna lager. Is that true?
4: So, I have heard that before, and I would say that it's based on a Vienna lager. So it's a, a Vienna lager essentially is an amber lager. You're the BJCP yeah. guy, JP. Yeah. Help me out here. But it's essentially an amber lager. Although, I wouldn't say that Sam Adams has all the qualities of a traditional Vienna no, lager.
0: No, I think it's 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 too hoppy, and the yeast character is way off. Yeah.
4: I think it's way off. But it probably started with that style, mm-hmm. you know, it, yeah. uh, in essence being an amber lager.
0: Yeah. Well, a lot of beer styles, are uh, at, at, at their core, similar recipe designs. It's yeah. just different yeast and hopping, and, yeah, and you have yeah. different, different styles.
8: So does Homebrew Stuff carry a Sam Adams uh, clone <coughs> kit for their logger season? I don't
4: know. I'm not seeing it on their promotions page mm. right now, but I do see the El Abuelo Vienna lager. That there, that's on sale, so that's cool. Uh, you can also get, you can, there's this uh, uh, yeast starter stir plate that's on sale over there. You got to have a stir plate. Absolutely. You've got a stir plate. I do have a stir
0: plate. It's shaped like a, it, it's in an old Nintendo case. Is it really? Yeah. That's kind of badass. Yeah. Who did that for you?
4: Um, a listener, 0006, I believe, is what his name is. Nice. Yeah. Doc made one for me. That's how I have mine. But it, it used to be that they were hard to get and rather expensive. Now you can get them at homebrew shops for yeah. a good price. Absolutely. Homebrew stuff is no exception uh anyway go over to homebrewstuff.com it's lager season and uh they got some good deals going on for you and you know what they're a great supporter of the brewing network marcus over there is a nice gentleman got to meet him in person for the first time at the national homebrews conference and i liked him a lot he's a good dude and uh they're here to help us out and and they're there to help you too great customer service com slash promotions yeah go check them out um Matter of fact, we got some beer news brought to us by homebrewstuff.com. Indeed, it's lager season and it's beer news season.
8: What do we got to do? What we got in the news this well, week? I, can I get my bed? I don't. I don't I'm like lost. What, without are you my tired, bed. dude? Yeah. I
4: don't know. Do I
5: have
8: it? Eyelids are drooping. Uh, I don't think I have it. No, you you can't have it this time. Okay, well, you want me to just do it myself? Oh yeah, you can do it. Wow! 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 It's the Brewing Network's beer news I don't brought know why to you I don't by homebrewstuff.com. There you go. Well, today's top story. Uh, there's drama unfolding between Lagunitas and Sammy Adams. Uh-oh. I don't know if you guys have been following this.
4: I saw a little bit of this. No, I didn't Did you see this, Tasty? Sure. All right. Last
8: month, uh, our friend Tony McGee took to Twitter, uh, as is his MO, claiming that Sammy, uh, who recently released a West Coast IPA called Rebel IPA, were targeting uh, the barroom tap handles of Lagunitas and other West Coast brewers for takeover. Uh, then just a couple weeks ago, Tony took to the Beer Advocate Forum under the username Dogtown, to provide specifics about his claims, saying this isn't the way craft brewers should compete, that this was a big beer tactic uh, and something new to the craft beer world. Uh, an eloquent response by uh, Jim Jim Koch eventually followed Cook, Cook yeah, <laughs> uh, where he denied any wrongdoing by his Boston Beer Company. So uh, let's a real quick quote from Tony, and then we'll follow it up uh, with one from Jim. Tony says... One of our largest distributors, in fact, ABI's third largest on the East Coast, was told directly by Jim's senior enough marketing people, they sell both of our brands, that the rollout of their IPA was going to target our draft IPA business for replacement. This program would roll westward over time. Some here said that everybody does this, and that is not true. Mm. Uh, now, a quote from Jim. In terms of our selling priorities, I want to be clear. We do not target other craft brewers. At Boston Beer, we compete against ourselves and our own ideal to brew the best beer we can. I want to put the best possible glass of beer in front of uh, the American beer drinker. To me, great beer comes from the quality of the ingredients, the elegance of the recipe, and the skill, passion, and commitment of the brewer. Many brewers have worked long hours for many years to get craft where it is today. Let's appreciate the category's growth instead of taking aim at each other.
4: I find this story interesting. Because, for one, we don't really know who's telling the truth here. Uh, there are two sides to every story, and then there's the truth. Uh, in this case, let me say this. This is not the first time I've heard of this happening in craft beer in recent months. I've heard about it happening here on the West Coast um, with uh, some of larger craft breweries starting to hire on um beer people from the bigger breweries Mm -hmm. as they're they're leaving some of those breweries, their jobs, they're moving over to the craft beer side, and some of those tactics kind of coming over from big beer into craft beer. And essentially it amounts to, uh, look, we'll give you this specialty beer and that specialty beer as long as you make sure we have X amount of tap handles. Maybe you need to bump some people to do that. I don't really care. Um, It's not the first time I've heard of this happening. I think that it's something we're going to hear more about. I don't know that Jim Cook did this. I don't know that Sam Adams did this tactic. It doesn't seem insane to me that you, would, you might find out that a salesperson who's paid to put beer on tap and whose income is directly related to how much beer he puts on tap might make his own words that say, hey, this beer is just like Lagunitas IPA. So if you carry Lagadine's IPA, you could carry this instead. You see what I'm getting at? Like It's his job to sell beer. Does that equate to to targeting and and moving another beer off tap? Maybe it does. Is it wrong? In craft beer, I guess up to now, we consider it wrong because we're all friends. Everybody's a bro. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of bromance. But don't you think that as it becomes more and more competitive... Taste, I'd be curious what you think. As it becomes more and more competitive, we're going to hear more about this?
6: That's going to go away, that bro thing. That's going to change. It has to, doesn't it? Millions and millions of dollars at stake here, right? I mean, you go into like a uh, bar around here that's got 16 taps. It's not unusual to find Lagunitas IPA. And and I've been out east. Very similar thing. You've got a small number of taps. You're going to have a a, a a nationally distributed IPA. Yeah. Because it'll always be there. You always have it. It's got a certain quality. So. When Sam Adams is not with their own nationally distributed IPA, of course they're going to be after the Lagunitas tap. It's, yeah. the only, it's the only one of the other
4: three three maybe IPAs at these smaller bars. Right. Now, that being said, if I'm Tony McGee and I hear specifically that a brewery is targeting my tap handles, I'm going to speak up about it, too. Sure. I'm not saying it's not worth speaking up about and no. saying, F, you don't do that He can have me. that reaction. That's uh, valid. Yeah, and I would, really? too. Uh, well, would? sure, because now that's his marketing going back. By saying, sure. look, you know, so that's why I'm saying I, I, I might. If somebody directly said, you know, that hop grenade IPA that those Brewing Network guys are putting on tap, mm. let's go after that. Now, I wouldn't say that they're wrong for doing that. There, it's it's a free marketplace. They're allowed to do that. But I would get on air and call them dicks for doing it because I'd say, why are you going after me? But that's not a dick why don't you thing just out compete me by flavor? You know, right? It is.
10: It, 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 it in
4: my opinion, it is. Mm. Out of all the IPAs, yeah. they're they're targeting me. And so I have the right to say, all right, you're going to target my tap handle. I'm going to let people know that that's what you're doing. And I'm going to tell you, why don't you just brew a better beer than me? You have the right, but I
0: don't think it's a dick move. I don't think it's... There's nothing dick... It's business, right? And Mm -hmm. and I'd be interested to know... Uh, the growth of beer bars, craft beer bars, versus the growth of craft breweries. Mm-hmm. Because at some point, there's, there's more craft beer than there is tap handle. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, I mean, it, you know, yeah. like, like you were saying, the bro thing is going to leave. It's left. It's gone. We've seen it for the past five years, right? With all these uh, cease and desist letters, and there's a lot of infighting between brewers. Because it, 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 it's business. I, I don't all, think, all it's like it. I think it's gone. I think it's gone. I think it's gone. It's, on, it's, it's out. It's on the way out. Because it, it can't sustain. You can't have a business where everybody makes money enough to live and thrive, and still, oh, oh, well, well, I don't want to go on that tap panel because you're you're there. So I'll I'll take my beers. I'll go to this other bar who doesn't have any beer. Uh, Nobody's but, but people thinking don't like do that.
4: that. That's, there's a difference there. People don't do that. They don't say, oh, you want my beer? Oh no. Oh, I see you have Loganitas. No, never mind. D- don't take my beer. That they don't do that. Right. There's right. a difference between saying, do you want my beer? I don't really care if you remove another tap handle to put my beer on. That's that's the that's the owner's decision. There's a difference between that and targeting a specific brewery's tap handle. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that breweries are in mm. this brohood are going in and saying Oh, I'd love it if you buy my beer, as long as it doesn't bump anybody else.
0: Nobody's doing that. At the end of the day, it's it's about dollars, and, it, and you know, I mean, look at Lagunitas; they're they're moving, they're buying a production facility in Chicago. Yeah, where do they think their beers are going to do? What do they, they think their beers are going to do? They're going to overtake certain areas, and yeah. people and salespeople are going to go and just like what you said. It's my same opinion too. Where they're going to go in and go? Here's our IPA. It tastes just like this IPA. Is that targeting? You know who, who you, you see what I mean. I I, yeah. I I happen to think that that it was it was a uh, 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 miscommunication. Someone who was quote senior enough. Which what does That's that really what mean? what I started by. What saying, does exactly. senior enough actually mean? But. To them, their sales team is going, okay, what does this taste like? Boom, let's go compare. Here, try this beer that you already have on tap. Try ours. This is what it is. This beer is better than this beer. Yeah. That's just, it's it's just business. I don't think it's a dick move uh, at
4: all. No, no, well, that I agree. If if, if you're just saying, my, try my beer, it's, it's the best IPA in the market. You're going to want to put it on tap. That's one thing. Going into a place and say, oh, I see you have Lagunitas. Uh, you should put mine on instead of it because mine's, Yes, Lagunitas in particular. You have four other IPAs, mm-hmm. but Loganese IPA in yeah, particular, right. get rid of it. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? If now, by the way, if that even happened, right? Because I agree with what you said. In fact, that's how I started. It does sound like a weird thing, like some sales guy said the wrong thing, like "Oh, yeah. I'm supposed to specifically." I don't know if that, that happened. I don't know that it came from Jim Cook. Um, right? It's all it's all uh, a big loo hum-a-loo, yeah. about rumor about fifth-hand information right. that's now suddenly blown up. and I. It's but, but more importantly, I do think the point is we are going to see more and more of this happening. Mm-hmm. And certainly as we see salespeople who have to meet quotas and numbers to grow their brewery, we're going to hear uh, a lot more about this stuff. Their job is to get beer on tap handles. Well, yes. that,
0: that's what I'm saying. It, it's, it's already been happening. I've been hearing about it forever. Yeah. For okay. years. Okay. But now with social media... We're going to hear about it more and more because that's just another level of marketing for these people. So I see. I could see the point where uh, they would release this on social media just to get attention, right? So it's free marketing, basically. Going, oh, look at me! Look at the
4: big guys getting right. squat. You know, it, it, I don't know. Well, let me put this out there, and this is very important. If either Lagunitas or Boston Beer, whichever comes first, wants to sponsor the program, I will side with you, and I will say that your story was the truth. I have no qualms in that. I think you should. I'm a total sellout. Yeah. Well, if, I've just put it out in the ether.
0: But I think that's rude to the other person that you don't that doesn't you know sponsor.
7: Yeah, okay, you
4: know. I'm, I'm, but I'm mean. being paid to be rude, and that's a that's all yeah. okay. Are, that's you, are you Are you
7: targeting the person that it didn't become a sponsor? Yes.
4: yes. But I'm being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well,
6: if if Dogfish wanted to beat both those guys out, <laughs> they'll
4: right. tell them both they're all assholes. Right. Ass, that's right. Except for Dogfish. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I will sell out in a heartbeat. I wonder
8: in, in what other ways we're gonna see this manifest with uh, not just the trademark disputes and, and what we're seeing here with the, the tap handle space. But I mean, you know, as the, as the in what's that? Rice? Rice. Price. Price. Oh, price price. Yeah. If you're it, a big
6: brewer you can make it a lower price.
8: Yes. Well and we're I mean it's gonna to have to manifest in lots of different ways because as the industry grows, that like JP saying that bro thing goes it's just like an inverse scale, right? As the industry gets bigger, the bro thing gets smaller because we don't all feel like brethren underdogs in this forgotten industry because now it's successful
4: yeah yeah no you you make excellent point all right what else is in the news uh
8: well the uh 63 brothers of joseph's abbey saint joseph's abbey as of last week uh will join the other eight monasteries in producing trappist beer uh, this place is about an hours drive west of Boston in Spencer Massachusetts. American
4: Trappist Beer. I never thought I'd live to see the day. <laughs>
0: I didn't either but Are here they you targeting are? Chimay? They might be. <laughs> Dicks.
4: Didn't Sierra Nevada do something similar?
0: Mm,
7: yes they did.
4: Target oh, okay. Or make a what Olivia or whatever yeah, it is.
7: That whole line Olivia. isn't that yeah. made by mm-hmm. Travis Monk? Yeah. Okay.
4: Yeah but are
0: they made they're made overseas? No, in it, America, it, it's made at it's. The difference is it's made at Sierra Nevada, whereas I think these are these these monks they're brewing at the facility. Yeah, and they're in,
4: well, not tell, in the read U.S. Read the story because they're officially a Trappist brewery. and yeah, yeah. exactly. that's the difference. Warren, idea. just chill out for a second. Uh, they settle down.
8: Uh, they are officially recognized uh, by the International Trappist Association as authentic, and it is the first Trappist beer brewed outside of Europe. Uh, there are six in Belgium and uh, one in Holland and one in Austria. Uh, For nearly 60 years, uh, these guys have been selling jams and jellies to help support their monastery. Uh, The journey from jams to beer started about five years ago when St. Joseph sent two monks on a fact-finding mission uh, to the annual Belgian Beer Festival in Boston, and apparently their European brethren were alarmed to learn of these inquiries. Uh, According to the bald, jovial brewing director, Father Isaac Keeley, who's been at St. Joseph's for 35 years. Mm. Quote, The original skepticism was because we were outside of Europe and we're Americans. The fear is that we would go too big too fast. <laughs> That's
4: our stereotype.
8: <laughs> Keely and another monk from St. Joseph's packed up and moved to Belgium in December 2010 to see how their European brothers brew uh, and to convince them that they could properly produce an American Trappist beer. Uh, mm-hmm. Though the European monks weren't the only ones who needed convincing, uh, back at St. Joseph's a robust debate among the brothers was underway. Some were concerned about Uh, starting what would be the most expensive enterprise ever undertaken by the Abbey. But eventually, everyone agreed uh, that the Aging Monastery was getting expensive to maintain, and in the end, more than 85% of the brothers voted for the project.
4: Gotta make money. Yep. It all comes down to money. Gotta make the money. Gotta survive. Even with the monks. You can't pay the bills on glad-handing. You know, all joking aside, that's quite a feat that they've become an official uh, Trappist brewery. I mean, if it wasn't, it would happen all the time. There yes. are there are other there are plenty of abbeys, aren't Absolutely. there? Absolutely. So to become an official Trappist in the United States, that's very impressive. Indeed, yeah. the
8: uh, The European monasteries uh, they had basically three strong recommendations. Uh, they said to to brew a beer of Trappist quality, they must build a state of the art brewery. Uh, they had to hire a skilled brewmaster. Uh, And they had to brew uh, just one kind of beer for the first five years. I'm very strict about that. So uh, Hmm. they brewed more than 20 trial batches uh, before they finally settled on the final recipe for what would become Spencer Trappist Ale. Uh, They're saying that it is cloudy and golden uh, with sweet Yeasty notes, uh, mm. familiar to fans of other ales, clocking in at 6.5%. Uh, at first, you can only find this in Massachusetts, but they do plan to expand nationally and someday
0: internationally.
4: Should they promote that it's cloudy?
0: <laughs> yeah, mm. cloudy with yeasty notes. That's weird. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I mean... Yeasty notes. I don't know. Who is writing their, their product descriptions should
4: be fired. It's interesting that there wasn't, that the, the backlash, the worry, wasn't that they were going to become a bunch of drunken monks. It was that, oh, make sure the beer's good.
5: So, yeah, I mean, I gotta respect
4: true. that. Yeah, it was never like. Listen, the brothers are just looking for a way out. <laughs> They're miserable over there. Now, this is brother with an R at the end, right? Yes, brother. Not brother. Mm-hmm. No, no, this is definitely brother. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, so I do find that interesting. The the objection. Well, I, I guess they passed muster. They brewed a world class beer that the Trappist Association agreed with. Yeah, I'd like to try it. You know, I'm not yeah. the biggest fan of that of of Trappist ales. Mm-hmm. Um, but I respect them. I can tell that they're well made. You can tell if the brewers really know what they're doing. Yeah. there's a lot of tradition involved, so I'd be interested to try this one. What don't you like about it? The the sweet yeasty notes or the cloudiness? Notes? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the of the yeah the Belgian esters that come from from those yeasts. It's never been my thing. I think you called it banana bullshit. Yeah, it gets a little banana bullshitty. Yeah, is what happens. It and clovey. Happen. Uh, yeah, it's just not. I don't know. I also, I've gotten sick on it before. It's like my Jägermeister of oh, beer. That you know, knows. I've had one too many, and then, ugh, I got that going for me, too. But I'd try this beer. I'd, I'd be interested to try it.
8: Yeah, well, keep your eyes open. They're uh, they're uh, underway there, so it should be available in Massachusetts in, uh, in short order here. All right. Uh, and in meanwhile, legislation currently in the Ohio House of Representatives uh, would allow Ohio beers to jack up their alcohol content. Uh, House Bill 391. It is, and it would increase the maximum ABV from 12 to 21 percent for beers produced <laughs> in the state.
4: Yes. Who is doing that? <laughs> What's it? A- Tasty. Who's doing 21 percent beer besides would Sam Adams? Who Adam? would be drinking it? Yeah, right. I mean, I'm not against the bill. Unless I'm just wondering where they got this, this number from. Who's doing 21 percent beer? They just switch the numbers. <laughs> yeah, like
0: uh, what if we reversed it? Yeah, I got it. I got an idea. Let's double it. Let's go from 12 to 21.
8: Uh, Yeah, the ceiling is already 12, which is, I mean, how many commercial beers are over 12? There's so few of them.
4: There's a lot of thirteens and 14s. They're not system. much over. It. That's what yeah. I'm saying. That this that twenty one is a rather arbitrary and yeah. enormous number. Well, now. you know, craft
0: beer fans they just want to they want to make that high water mark really, really high, just in case. Yeah, you they know. don't want
7: to have to change it for another hundred years. Now,
4: right. uh, frankly, I don't think there should be a cap at all. I don't. I don't think the law should say what you can if if it's a fermented if it's beer if it's barley based and it's fermented. Fuck it. I don't care what the cap is. Right. But I still find it weird that they chose 21.
8: It is odd. Uh, I don't know if it was Democratic Representative Dan Ramos that picked the number, but he's the one promoting the measure, uh, saying that Ohio brewers need to be able to use higher alcohol content, quote, to compete with beer in other states, end quote.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yes. If it's maybe, you know, barley wine and 12, 13% beer. Who else are they competing with? I don't know.
9: My sister lives in Ohio. They don't need beer that strong.
4: Why, are they stupid? What? Is that what you're sister is a deadbeat. They're hella dumb. They're not a real Oh. Really. Uh, all right, what are the objections? Uh, let's see. They're hella dumb. Marcy Seidel. <laughs> yes. Representative John Smith, Republican from Ohio, says, we're hella dumb. Yeah. <laughs> we can't <laughs> have this. And furthermore, no,
5: <laughs>
8: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, as far as I know, it's not the Republicans uh, opposing it. I could be wrong, but the, the quote I have here is from uh, Marcy Seidel. She's the executive director of the Drug-Free Action Alliance. <laughs> I suspect she does not lean Republican, but she thinks the proposed change is a very bad idea. She said people could wind up imbibing more alcohol than they realize, quote, thinking they are only drinking one drink when really it's the equivalent of two or three beers.
0: <laughs> hella End
5: dumb. Mm-hmm. It hella would be hella dumb, dumb, hella dumb
4: to, read. to not yeah. know what the... You know, are people who don't know about beer ordering beers like that? In other words, right. if you Definitely. don't really know about alcohol content and yeah. beer, you go in and you say, even if it's a crap beer bar, you go, what do you have that's closest to Bud Light? Right. That's what you order. <laughs> yes. You're never going to order Uncle Tupelo's... Uh, barley one. Yeah. Never. 21% barley one. And
8: if you did, you would take one sip and go, this is horrendous. Yeah. They wouldn't like it. Or you'd yeah. be like, oh, that's
4: hella good. <laughs> <laughs>
9: Can I get this in a shot glass? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah.
4: Uh, um, all right. Yeah. So the argument is just drunk driving. That's the thing against it.
3: I, I of guess.
4: Course. Uh, people can't be trusted, basically, is her yeah.
0: is her line. Right. No. She should know. But we still have the freedom to vote, which to me makes no sense. <laughs> if, you a- can't, if you can't trust me to control my drinking and not get behind a car, you're going to trust me to direct the future of the country <laughs> yeah. by voting? Yes. Get out of here. Yes.
8: One last one. Uh, oh. On a, a sort of a sad note, an upturn in Japan's economy has yet to translate into higher beer shipments, the latest annual figures show. Uh, Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, I think, uh, pro-growth policies he has. They've, they've boosted growth, uh, but they've you know weakened the yen and lifted prices. Uh, but the change to Japan's economy has not trickled down to beer. The domestic market remains stubbornly stagnant. Uh, Shipments in 2013 dipped 1%, which is the ninth consecutive annual fall, to the lowest level in 21 years. You
4: should try making good beer.
8: (laughs) Yeah, it would help. (laughs) Earlier in 2013, some of the big brewers had hoped beer shipments would log their first gain in nearly a decade because there were signs uh, that there was rising demand for beer at restaurants and for premium beer products. Uh, But it seems a greater consumption of craft brews did not make up for falling consumption elsewhere in the beer market. Uh, The industry there in Japan has been struggling for years, largely due to an aging population interestingly, and until last year, weak economic growth. Shipments have fallen more than 20% off their 1994 peak.
4: You know why this is not a story? Because that's what's happening all over the world. It's the same. And big beer in the United States is the same yeah. thing. In fact, it's dropped more than than yeah, one you're percent. Right. Craft is per growing enormously, but the but the
8: overall is still a little lower. It's, it's, it's still down. Yeah. So
4: it's this is it's a non. It's welcome to the rest of the planet. Yes. And and when you say that the craft beer didn't didn't make up for it, I actually don't know the numbers in the U.S. Whether or not craft beer makes up for the decline in big beer. But I will say one major difference is the amount of craft breweries we have compared to Japan. If they had more <laughs> craft brewery uh, breweries, I would guess they could start to make up for that
8: yes because the the it's very small right it's only a one percent dip so yeah. if their craft beer scene looked anything like ours it would probably post a one percent gain <laughs> yeah you
4: know they they're, don't have any one of the hipsters we have no they certainly don't we yeah. do, they do need more actually i think they have a lot of hipsters do they yeah japanese hipsters yeah oh yeah oh, oh yeah. japanese love yeah. western culture
0: yeah
8: they wear cowboy hats, well, and hats and what and are they drinking they're,
6: they're drinking yeah. cocktails i guess
8: well they're hipsters but they're like <laughs> 47 because they're hipsters to the aging population. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, a- they're
7: they're getting a lot of U.S. craft beer over there. Um, Pertick actually distributes over there.
6: How much? Do
7: they? Uh, yeah. Um, it's it's not th- a lot, it, right? Our distribution has gone up in Japan over 2013, so nice. <laughs> maybe it's just Japanese <laughs> so beer. So now it's instead of down. one pallet,
6: it's two. That's what right. I'm saying. It's just bad Japanese
4: too. beer.
7: Yeah. Um, we send... And we actually just... But what about we, Korea. That's going to Korea. happen. That's an oh. emerging market um, right there. <laughs> we well, send about three, three pallets at a time to Japan usually, cool. at least, sometimes five or so. Wow. That's um, and that's every couple months, every mm. two months or so.
4: You know what's big in Japan? Kenny Rogers. Really?
0: I'm just making it no. up.
4: <laughs> you I, but we we would believe me. You. Wouldn't you be like, oh, "Yeah, wow"? Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: <laughs> you would know. Yeah.
4: You're, you mean. would follow. You'd be the guy to follow Kenny Rogers' career. I am in his fan club. I do like Kenny.
0: I missed his uh, his um, his restaurants. Yeah, <laughs> they're
4: <laughs> still around, aren't they? Kenny Rogers Roasters.
0: <laughs> um, I, can, I can picture Japanese people like eating
8: chicken and you know humming. Got to know when to hold them.
4: You got to know when to, to hold them.
0: <laughs> no no. Ren. to fall. Fo- uh, <laughs> no Ren. <rain. laughs> I don't think it's bad Japanese beer necessarily, but I think, it, I mean, maybe it's that uh, fixation on Western culture where it's Western mm. beer, mm. you know, th- th- I mean, c- keep in mind, this is a country where, where, you know, people are getting surgeries to round their eyes out and they're yeah. buying like 57 Chevys and bringing them over and they're wearing cowboy hats and boots. The there whole is, country is doing it? Every single person. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, no, but a lot of them are and it's yeah. this focus on Western culture. So maybe oh. it's, it's from the West. It's great.
7: Yeah. And our, our beer's mm. less radioactive. Who's Chris uh, Hart? Mm. Versus theirs.
4: I think. Maybe. Not, for long. Not according to Facebook. Doesn't he oh. play basketball?
9: I don't know, but he's big in Japan. Chris Harp? Chris Hart. Hart. Yeah, I he's don't know. He's part of
4: a boy band, isn't he? I Who are you it. talking about? You remember the band Hart?
9: I don't know. I googled something.
4: Hart. They're big. That? They're big in, in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I googled Great. Japan and Chris what, Hart came what up. What would <laughs> Crazy on
8: You sound like sung by a Japanese
4: boy? crazy on you! <laughs> Be crazy on you. crazy, crazy. <laughs> crazy. No, they can do R's, I thought. No. no. No, they can't do L's. They can do
0: R's. R's are L's and L's. If you want to be stereotypically like racist, Cla- white guy. If
4: they can't do L's, how would it be crazy? <laughs> it doesn't make because sense. Because R's are L's. No. <laughs> I don't think it's opposite. Yeah. I think there are just no L's. No. L's are R's, period. Absolutely not. And
9: why would there be the Lee family? If there was no L's.
4: It's the re
5: no, It's
9: the re Lee. I work with a Lee.
4: Is Lee Japanese? Maybe they're the Rees, yeah. and we've got it wrong. They're not from I Japan. I think Lee is Chinese. Lee is Chinese. Yeah. Yeah. So you have that wrong.
9: Oh, you're right. Shit.
4: Yeah, my dad just... We're a bunch of idiots. My dad just... Had, <laughs> my dad just <laughs> our Japanese uh, homers are just going, you guys
9: are fucking idiots. <laughs> I believe... Never mind.
8: My dad texted me, Justin mentioned North Korea. What pairs with tree bark? What beer pairs with tree bark? <laughs>
9: Jesus. Okay,
4: all
8: right. Dead communists. Yeah, before Asahi pulls their sponsorship. That's the news brought to you by (laughs) HomeBrewStuff.com. It is lager season over at HomeBrewStuff. Go to HomeBrewStuff.com slash promotions and brew some damn lagers, would you please?
4: I like the beer news segment because every week it presents us with the opportunity to be smart And every week we fail. (laughs) Smart and dumb. (laughs) Every week we're hella
5: dumb.
0: (laughs) You want to move to Ohio? I hear
4: that's a great state.
0: (laughs) But where else are you gonna get this kind of political commentary on the state of the craft beer industry and then the debate about if Japanese people can pronounce L's or (laughs) not?
4: Nowhere else. Right? For good reason. Correct. All right. It's time for the Ross (laughs) Abbey giveaway. (laughs) <laughs> yeah? yeah. Uh, uh, so, Ross Dabby. You <laughs> might remember that the Brewing Network Homebrew Club won Club of the Year for, what was it, the third consecutive year in a row? I lost count after one.
0: Club
9: yeah, of the Year? I think
4: least. I think we've... <laughs> Stop, Bo. <laughs> it's too late. Yeah. It was the filled... Oh,
9: it's still if, in
4: the J- <laughs> I have to try to turn my R's to L's under yes. JP's theory. <laughs> R's yeah. to L's. Thilly. Thilly. <laughs> Thilly. This Thilly. Is,
0: Thilly. It, yeah. Thilly. Yeah. It lurks. It it's, works. It you realize bulks.
4: that's not it, though. Right? It is. It, it's not reversed.
0: Well, uh, look. I'm sure there's. Uh, you know, uh, 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 you can make a case for 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 one or the other, but predominantly, if you want to do the stereotypical, this is the accent I'm doing. It's R's to L's and reversed.
4: No, no. It's yes, just yes. R's to L's, but it stops there. No. So you say Savrad. It's
0: sabrad. Yeah, because uh, yes, yes.
9: Sip in the chat room made a good point. They can pronounce R's. Rice. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, ours. no, that, they can't that, pronounce that, that's an L's. English,
4: you wouldn't say it, idiot. Lice. It's yes, an English word. Yes, but if they're turning L's to R's, yes, they it, can pronounce it, R's. Slice. It's, it's. <laughs> if we were, Have you never seen logic. a Christmas story?
5: No,
0: all the Asians. This is what they do. They cannot <laughs> say it in English. Predominantly they don't make that word.
4: L They don't yes, make the sound. But they can make R. Yes. No. Yeah,
8: no, they can. They just do
0: it in the wrong place. Yes. They can make yes, you're right. They can make R, but yes. But when they try to say the word R, it's L and when they no, try to not, say it's not because they cannot make L.
4: Yes, they can.
0: La 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 Yeah, watch no, the story. You're making my point. No, I'm not <laughs> Yes you okay, are. Okay, that I was wrong. You're absolutely right. But <laughs> there is lice seriously, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Yeah. How
9: Hello, dumb Carly. are you?
0: It's uh <laughs> There's flyed lice? Yes. It, that's <laughs> part of that same scene. Fly if lice. you call me out on that scene, it's the same scene.
4: I don't know. Oh, I think he's right. I do
0: know. Find the scene, my, my dad twist. was
4: incredibly racist. A Christmas story, Asian Jingle Bells. Google that. A Christmas story, Chinese food dinner. Something like that. And I want to hear the clip.
9: You guys just screamed, fa-ra-ra-ra-ra.
4: <laughs> Hella
9: dumb. I feel like Susie should be here.
4: <laughs> Let's Susie call would, her.
7: Susie yeah. would, would back yeah. me up. She'd back me up. No, she wouldn't. Call Susie. Let's call Honda. <laughs>
4: Honda. No, no, no. It's <laughs> not, <laughs> that. <That's> not, <laughs> not that. That's not. No, that. no, no. no. Uh, Did you ever see a Christmas? He's a Chinese, Chinese, Jew. Uh, He's Chinese. Just yeah. uh, yeah. a, a It's, not a, it's not
8: a Hanukkah story. Chinese food dinner. Christmas oh, story. Chinese yeah, I food I got, it's dinner. A it's a two-minute scene, though. You
5: can fast
3: forward. Chop Suey Palace.
10: Delicious. It's here. no, no not ra 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 la 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 la. He's the only guy
4: who can pronounce that.
10: Take the horse with bows of holly Fa la 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 la.
0: But he's been trained, he's been coached. Inherently, they can't.
10: Take the
3: holy. See, they say la
5: so stupid.
3: Stop, stop, stop.
0: Sing something else. Airs. Airs. He R. You couldn't
5: say uh, L.
4: Exactly.
0: Ginger, I'm agreeing with ginger, that. Ginger, ginger, but they said Hull.
5: Right.
3: Oh, fun They able to say ride.
4: So they're only converting L's to R's and because not the other way around.
0: Because selective. There's, there hasn't been one the other way around. I'm telling you. They don't say Jinger. I can't think are
4: arguing about a stereotype. Anyway, <laughs> I know. But yeah. it, I'm telling you, it only goes one way.
0: Well, that's fine. You can tell me that, but you're wrong. Find me an example and bring it to me. I thought we were of calling it Susie. it going the other way.
4: How, what, what, what Susie of, doesn't what know... Kind
0: of, what kind of assignment is that? It's just not, if you, the, How would I ever find that? Because it doesn't exist. Okay, here, I'll tell you right now. Fly lice. <laughs> find a clip of
7: that just, somewhere. Scott, pull my clip, I just said. So apparently Greek people can't... Uh, say
4: their r's and l's yeah, yeah. right greeks cannot dying right. greek people cannot say their l's and l's let's <laughs> collect we just right. got an
9: outsourced telemarketing phone call and i thought it was a joke oh why did i you thought put it, it on? was somebody called because that's just mean
4: no mm. not mean you know what's mean them calling you after hours you know what time it is don't people sleep anymore it's not
9: nine o'clock yet it's
4: 8 50 need to sleep mm. all right let's move on please do Lost Abbey, <laughs> uh, we won no, Homer Club no. of the Year, and as part of our prize, it got sent to us a little bit later uh, because uh, the, it just sort of fell through the cracks. But Lost Abbey sent this kick-ass. Uh, well, it's it's basically like a box set of Lost Abbey beers. It's in an Anvil case, which if you know if you're ever a musician, uh, it's like a solid, usually a, you know a, a wooden and metal musician case that you transport gear in. It's a small case like that. It's got the Lost Abbey logo painted all on the outside, all, all roadie-like. And how many beers are, are in the kit uh, that they sent us, JP? 13 lovely, cake, holy cor- holy. Ca- corged and caked beers. Corged and caked, uh, Lost Abbey beers, what does that mean? Uh, in the case. It doesn't mean anything. He, he said that wrong. Uh, and then also an album, right? Didn't they send like an album? An album. I hope it was my look at it's a record. It's
0: not a proper uh, record. It it, has, like it it has the logo on one side and then um, I forget what else on the other. There's no actual tracks on it. But put
4: it on the the webcam
0: so people can see what we got. We're, the
4: webcam down here. So what we're talking. The, about. We're looking at it right now. Um, so each beer is a track. You know, like as in track number one, track number two on a record. So I'm holding track number one in my hand right now. They're little. What are these? Three fifty mil. Yeah. Yeah. Three fifty mil bottles. Oh, this one has a Trans Am on the label. <laughs> Total 1980s Trans Am. So
0: in the album, it has it, it, instead of liner
4: notes, it's liner notes, but about each beer. Do you want me to wow. open it? I don't know. Did we decide what to do with the album? What did we decide to do with the beers? We wanted to... So it belongs to the club, not the Brewing Network as a company. The The case of beers belongs to the Brewing Network club. So mm-hmm. what did we do? We put up a poll uh, on online so that our club members could vote, right? That's correct. What were the options? The
0: options were um, we would drink it in studio and pick one person from the... F- Everything revolved around picking some group of names from the... F- first and second round entries into in the, in the uh, um, whatever we did and then
4: national so yes. bn army club members that entered and placed in mm-hmm. the first and second round of the national homebrewers competition yes sir okay that's correct So it would be, first of all, was to draw a name of all of them, and that person could come and drink the beer with us on air? Right. What were some of the other options?
0: Um, That we would pick one person and give the entire kit to. Okay. And then the third uh, option, which is what we have done here, is we've drawn 13 names, and each person will get a beer. These are 13 names from medalers in the first and second round. And to be clear, this is
4: what the club voted on.
0: Correct, yes. It was was kind of a narrow margin between finding one person to give it away, no, excuse me, to us drink it on the
4: air. With the person. With the person. Yeah. Or to distribute it evenly throughout the the Brewing Networks. So what's going to happen is 13 of the wonderful Brewing Network club members that you should be proud of and appreciate because they won you club of the year for the third year in a row, uh, 13 of them are going to get one of these beers. Yes. Including the one I'm... uh, holding in my hand with a Trans Am on it Trans Am Trans Am with the, with the eagle on the hood and everything like full on um, a Smokey and the Bandit style but Tawny's not on the hood no it's a shame. but there mm. is a dude standing out the T-top holding up rock fingers and that's kind of badass take a look at that Beardy
5: you're going to way closer Beardy can so you even it. see <laughs> I, yeah, so I worry can. that Beardy oh,
4: can't yeah. even see did you drive here no, no I, I, I rode with JP you can't drive can you oh yeah I definitely can you can't wow. drive 55 <laughs> wow so 13 tracks uh, plus the album should we tear out every page of, in the, but in it, the it, very it's, nice?
0: in, it's in the thing so all we have to do is cut the plastic I mean we're not going to ruin anything but then we can read the li- or at least show the liner I can also find them online but too. I meant to send with each beer should each cut beer the get the liner notes oh. cut the track out. no because it's, it, it, from what the pictures I've seen online they're actually it, they're printed on the, the, the album cover okay. itself it's not just like a booklet or anything they can find all these online too okay yeah
4: well should so, we read off the 13 names of, or did we already draw them? Oh uh, yeah, they're oh. already drawn. They're okay. already uh with
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah they're ar- they're already here. Read and then off. um I figured we could do it by, you know, what track they get. Okay. Um and then I have extras in case we want to give swag away too. Um you know, extra extra I mean, what? Like oh, extra, extra names. So you just get like a certificate of awesome th- authenticity
5: there.
4: Uh, this is, oh, for the ultimate box set.
0: Yeah, and a little, like, all access, like,
4: laminate. I feel they, they, like, they went all out. I feel stage. like the club made a poor decision because keeping the, the box set together, it's a cool thing altogether. It is really cool. I yeah. feel like it should go to one person, but it's not my club. It's,
0: <laughs> it, it's, well, your, it's your club. That's right.
4: Who's Maybe the a 14th guy? Who's the
7: on the, on the, the album cover? It's some G- guy.
8: generic bearded brewer. Uh, sure. It's not Tommy, not Tommy Tommy Arthur on Arthur. I
4: don't know okay well we'll split it all up and then we're just going to send these extras to other people i don't but know what's we the point in want. getting a certificate of authenticity for a beer know. that you didn't have i don't know or just the notes
0: for a beer you didn't get. well inside like i said there's there's out so we can keep all that stuff because i mean you're probably right maybe the laminate might be cool maybe someone wants to rock that case i have no idea but
4: uh, do you think the laminate gets you any special treatment at lost abbey like if you show up wearing the badge not that i've ever read but uh you never know because we could then this could just get sort of passed around the whole club. People yeah, we could just keep mailing it to whoever's going to Lost Abbey next. We should
0: geocache it like somewhere a mile away from the brewery. <laughs> That's a great and idea. Just bury it. Yeah. All
4: right. Read off the names. Who gets the thirteen beers?
0: Uh, do you want to do it in order? Do you want to do it like go track one, track two, and talk sure. about the beers? Uh, just mention what they are. Okay. We don't have all night. All right. Well, I don't have all night either. Uh, okay, so track one is a malt beverage aged in oak barrels with Cabernet Sauvignon grapes. I want so, that one. It's the one you were just holding. I mean, I want it. Uh, I want. It, I didn't compete, so I guess I'm out. That's fine. Uh, this goes to uh, Jason Green from Nevada. Nice. Good job, Jason. You number one. Thanks for buddy. competing oh. under the
4: Brewing Network name. Thank you.
0: Hey, let's do. I want to do them in order. Yeah. You want to do what? I said. I want to do them in order. I don't know why. Okay. That's the that's an extra one right now. Oh, don't you worry about it, Scott. Uh, number two is a malt beverage aged in bourbon barrels with peaches and sour cherries added. I want that one. Look the ABV on that one. 12.5. Jeez.
8: I want that one.
0: That one sounds good. You couldn't sell that one in Ohio. No. Why would you want to? Really, they're all hella dumb apparently out there. Uh, oh, actually, I think there's uh, there's lantern notes on the back. Too, so oh, good. Cool. So they'll get to know about it. Yeah. All right. So uh, this one goes to Chris Dietrich from Utah, and he meddled with an Imperial Stout. Hella sick. What's this one? This one I is... want that one. <laughs> that one sounds good. Uh, ale aged in oak barrels. So it sounds like this is the base beer, and then just straight with, you know, on oak barrels. Okay. Um, this is track
4: number three. Yeah. And this goes to. Track number three, you ever notice, is always the single. You ever looked that up? It, that, there's always exceptions to the rule, but in general, track number three on an album is the one you put out that's going to be liked by the masses. It's mm. the single. I wonder Why they, they might have chosen four. this one in the same way.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, this is goes to Patrick Saucier from Connecticut. Oh, with a Munich dunkel is, is how he achieved this beer. I
4: have a cousin whose last name is Saucier.
0: Yeah, and what's his first I name? If says, not, John. It's not Patrick. Uh, well, then you you lose. Uh, track number four is ale aged in bourbon and red wine barrels with sour cherries added. I like that one too. Oh, we didn't hear who gets it. <laughs> That's just the beer. Oh, uh, deserved applause. Yeah, uh, there's a little hipster on the cover with says "change needed." Like Oops. a little. Oh, he needs <laughs> to change. Cute.
4: Oh God, I'm so sad. Uh, this is too- he's driving a. Uh, Prius, I think,
5: <laughs> is, the, is the
0: vehicle in this one. No wonder he said. Uh, go, who does this go to? Uh, J- uh, Jake Ok. Oh- I don't know. O-C-Q-U-E. Oh. Jacob Oak.
4: There you go. Yeah. Uh, in PA with Alambic. All right. He won a bunch of golds, didn't he, that guy? He's done well for us uh, for more than one year, yeah. I think. Jake, I'm glad his name got drawn. He deserves it. Nice yeah. work. They all deserve it.
0: Sorry I slaughtered his name. Uh, track number five, yeah. Ale Aged in Oak Barrels with Sour Cherries Added Blended oh. with Ale Aged in Oak Barrels with Raspberries Added. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Cherry raspberry kind of concoction. These are never leading. This, this is, yeah, right. This is uh, if you can see Satan at the end of a guitar solo, throwing up fat rock fingers. Whose stupid idea was it that we didn't just drink this ourselves? Hey, uh, you know, I don't know, man. Was that an option in the voting? It should. Just have we been. just drink them. Yeah, mm-hmm. we just drink it like lazy idiots. Well, I think we we, we tossed that idea around. We did. But then we're like, <laughs> we well, <laughs> the club, and whatever. we were like, look, we're dicks
4: a lot. We don't have to be dicks this time. <laughs>
0: Oh, sorry, who won so, that one? That one goes to uh, Peggy McNabb in Arizona for brewing a black IPA. Peggy McNab, that a girl, Peg. Well done, Peggy classic Peg. Classic Peg. Track number six is another blended ale. It's a blended ale aged in oak barrels. Okay. Uh, wow, the art the artwork on this is really great. What's on that one? It's like a a family station wagon um, on a a highway to hell, essentially, is what it
4: is. Wood siding? Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, that is good art right there. It is on a highway to hell. It's pretty good. All right, who
0: gets that? This one goes to Justin... No, I'm sorry. Excuse me. No. (laughs) Ryan Frank... Two first names, from don't Sa- trust him. From San Francisco, well, he did brew, brew uh, what's called an Other Fruit Melomel. Oh,
4: Ryan's in San Francisco? Mm. He should come... I'll take it to him. He should come pick up his <laughs> beer and share it with us in the studio.
0: He should, but I don't think he sounds... Well, like you said, t- two first names, can't trust them. Yeah. Uh, track number seven. See, and I think all of these labels are like based on rock and roll songs, so I wish I'd, I did a little more
4: prep on this. That's but. okay, you're doing fine.
0: Wish I could have busted open those liner notes. Uh, Track number seven is Ale Brewed with Raspberries, Cherries, and Orange Zest. Wow. Age in oak barrels. And it's uh, a little lady actually giving birth to a little devil baby. Let me see that. Do they show her (laughs) vajoyant?
4: No, it's from the other way. (laughs) Oh, I see. That's pretty rad. That is a little devil baby. Umbilical cords all hanging out. That's kind of cool. The devil's in the background looking at his baby. Who wins this one? Uh, this one is Justin. Yes, Roger
5: Crosley.
0: Uh, Rogers. Yeah. from
4: Massachusetts for brewing a specialty beer, wheat wine. Nice work. This is fun. Not as fun as drinking it ourselves, but fun. <laughs> yeah. Track number eight: Ale brewed with raisins, aged
0: in bourbon barrels with cinnamon and something called chilies.
4: Oh, I'm glad we don't have that. That one could be given away. It's another yeah. monster. Thirteen point seven. Wow. That
8: actually, sounds
9: kind of good.
4: You're hella dumb.
9: <laughs> <laughs> That's fair.
4: Uh, yeah. So here, put it in here. Shove it in the camera. Who wins this one? Here we go. Check that out. Let me see the label on this, this one. Has oh, it's like hot for teacher. This one. Except there's no hot teacher. Just a kid on a chalkboard. As a stretch. So it's just hot.
0: <laughs>
5: so it's just hot. <laughs>
0: right who won Uh, won that um, cough uh, Dan Martichik. Martichick sure Martich Martich Martich? yes (laughs) from Connecticut oh couple of Connecticut boys for Belgian Golden
4: Strong nice work Connecticut's cleaning up in this giveaway (laughs) Connecticut's
0: (laughs) ruling man UConn so i was looking for the um, the liner notes
4: so I can talk to you about things but I guess it doesn't really matter Do you have all these people's information, like other than their name? Janice Gross over at the AHA, by the way. She runs the competition, and she helped us uh, compile all these names and information. Uh, It was a lot of effort on her part, and she's a busy lady. So I just want to give a shout-out and appreciate uh, so that we didn't have to do any work, basically. Uh, Well done, Janice. Thank you. Yes, yes. Thank you very much. What track is this, Moscow?
8: Uh, this one is uh, nine. Track nine. Yeah. Uh, this one's brewed with raisins aged in bourbon barrels with sour cherries and currants. Oh. Added. Coming in at 9.7. I like currants.
4: Is, is that... Uh, is consecration with currants tasty? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. That's right. Okay. Oh, I'd like that, too, then. Very nice. You like a lot of things today. I like all these things. They're all great. Who who won this jipper? Um, Justin Crosley. Lily. Number
0: nine, Michael Marino <laughs> from Massachusetts for brewing a beer to guard. All right. Beer to guard. Beer to guard. Beer to guard. So this is track number 10. Imperial Stout. Okay. That's switching it up a little bit. Aged in bourbon barrels with coffee and cacao nibs. What ABV is that? Uh,
4: guess. I want you to guess. Just look at the label. Im-
0: Imperial, Imperial Stout.
5: Let me
4: see the label there's a devil dragon i think i see some breasts uh 14%. Almost 135. Nice. Nice. I want that one. Where are the breasts? I, I think I they're, bre- bre- they're <laughs> maybe i'm seeing. I think he's seeing. It things. Could be wishful thinking. Maybe i'm beardy now. I don't see shit.
0: <laughs> I mean well, those I want to not see the breasts.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can i not see them also?
0: <laughs> those are pectorals. I mean uh, i don't know. Well, whatever, it's a hot devil. What do you want for me? <laughs> I don't
4: know. God. That's a good
0: question. Uh, who wins that one? Uh, this one goes out to Graydon Newman from New Jersey. All right. Look at
4: the East Coast. Yeah, Bring geez. an American Amber Ale. I know
0: shipping's going to be a bitch. Wow. <laughs> uh, here we go. Okay. And that's number seven. Yes. Eleven. I had to count. Uh, this is ale in bourbon barrels with peaches and black tea added.
8: Mm-hmm. Mm. It's pretty good, right? Look at that. Do Do we know how is Lost Abbey brewing these?
0: Was were these one offs for this? Yes, this is yes. Mm-hmm. So it's called the Ultimate Box Set, and you can go online and Google it and, and figure it all out. Can and it be purchased too? Or? Yeah, it, but it's a super limited run. I think. How much is the? Can you look it up? Well, is, I don't how much it is. The one that we got is number twelve of two hundred and fifty six. Okay, so we got a, a kind of a low number. It is. You know, I'm thinking
4: 200. it's a four or five hundred dollar set of a beer.
0: Oh, easily, right? Right, who got this one? Um, sorry. Justin Yes, Baldwin from uh, Idaho uh. for brewing a Scottish Export 80.
4: Idaho, not hella dumb. That's their state motto. I don't know if you've seen the license plates. Before. I have, actually.
0: Uh, track 12 is an ale aged in oak barrels. Okay. 8.69%. I like how they get really yeah. really detailed with that one. Uh, track number 12 goes to Steve. Oh God, I hate people's last names. Steve Mifsud. <laughs> Mifsud. Mifsud. Moscow, you try to say
9: it. $450. Yeah,
4: he's got it. Mifsud. Mifsud from Santa Rosa.
0: All right. Hey.
9: Another California. That's two beers we two. could
4: potentially try here in, st- in Studio Boys if you want to come share them. For uh, a German Pills. Oh, nice, nice work.
8: Wow. the bo- Okay, see if you guys... you guys want to guess how much the box set was? 450. I guess, oh, oh, you oh, guys said
4: 450. I guess. 400. Okay, yeah. yeah,
8: we know because Bevo
9: said... Literally no, just said that. Oh, word. I
4: didn't hear her either. Extract <laughs> when I read, man. <laughs> tuned her out a while ago.
9: Dicks.
0: Saffron, huh? Who said that? <laughs> how much is that? Uh, and finally, track 13, which closes out this entire box set. Unlucky. Why did they stop at 13? I feel like that's... <laughs> well, it's the bonus track. I see. Why couldn't right. the bonus track be 14. That's I lucky. don't know Well also only 12 fit in the thing So this came wrapped in bubble wrap Kind oh. of You know right inside So it's A little bonus track Okay And the bottle's sticky Oh I thought i share that with you
4: Like jizz um, sticky or beer <laughs> sticky? Is there a difference? Smell it Taste it I don't want to smell it Smell it Is it jizzy? Does it smell like chlorine? Mm.
0: <laughs> no it smells like glue Hmm like well, it, it semen is nature's glue, I guess. So <laughs> it is nature. Be it's what binds I th- us together. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I think, isn't glue nature's glue? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. No, because if you want to be picky, you have to like you know distill it or whatever. Anyway, track won, number yeah. thirteen, aged in oak barrels with orange zest and sour cherries. They love the sour cherry thing, man. Yeah. Uh, this one goes to Heath Bubble from Ohio. Bring Ohio. The, he must be hell stupid. An Oktoberfest Mertzen, <laughs> nice sort of a thing. Is he allowed
8: to drink it? It's thirteen point eight five percent.
4: Oh, uh, we we won't say anything if um, he doesn't. <laughs> I guess I don't know. He didn't buy it. Ship under your name, JP. Oh. I will. Ship <laughs> all this under <laughs> your <own> name, <laughs> ship it under Tasty's name. He's above the law. See, so so this is this is what they did, right? So track eleven. Yeah. As in 1-1? One, one? Yes, which was
0: this one. It has a little devil standing on a, on a tree.
4: I think he has tits. He might... <laughs> no, that's a violin.
0: Um, it's a tribute to the Charlie Daniels band, Devil Went Down to Georgia.
4: Oh, I get it. Because it's a peach tree? I like that song. Yes. I was a big Charlie Daniels fan when I was seven. Uh, Angel's Share. Okay, this track 11,
0: 11 is an experimental remix track, they say. Angel's Share, uh, which is a super popular beer, aged in fresh bourbon barrels with an addition of fresh sliced peaches and a splash of Britannomyces Closini.
4: Wow. <sighs> You'll find the beer details, blah, 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 on the... Blah, whatever. Can I just say that this is actually a really good original idea that Lost Abbey had? It's amazing. To do the beer box set and really go all out with the liner notes and the backstage pass and the box it's I, I'm, I'm being serious. I think it's an yeah. excellent original idea.
0: There were only 450 bottles produced for each track of beer. They were tasting room only releases. Ah, okay. Um, and you have to consume them there. So, probably to combat the black market, where people just go, and then they buy them, and then they sell them on eBay for $1,000 and get caught. Which, Um, by the way,
4: BN Army, I better not see these up on eBay. (laughs) Enjoy them.
0: You earned it. Yes. Oh, and apparently the bottles were marked to prevent unauthorized duplication. Oh. Kind of smart. So, people can't just sell the bottles or, you know, remake them or whatever. We should have put the thing up for bid and, you know. (laughs) So apparently they, they only did the box set two hundred and fifty six of these boxes, and then the rest you can come into the tasting room and grab. Okay.
4: Um, All right. Well congratulations yeah. to you thirteen BN Army members and thank you for competing on behalf of the Brewing Network Club.
0: Do you wanna get you wanna get rid of the like the, the the record and the and the case and stuff like that? Or what do you want to do with that?
4: I don't know. We'll figure it out. I, we got to get going. We're yeah. running out of time here. All right, fine. We got a couple things left to do. We're going to take a quick break uh, when we come back. Homebrewer of the week. That's right. Homebrewer of the week. And uh, feedback, too. Actually, I like the feedback this week, so we got to make sure we get to it. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Hang in there. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network.
2: and, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at BrewMastersWarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit BrewMastersWarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. Here's a bite for beer lovers. Soft caramel made with real craft brew and coated in chocolate. And hop drops, hard candies made with real hop oil. Introducing Beer Candy from BeerCandy.com. Beer Candy's amazing caramels come in four mouth-watering flavors. IPA, bitter gold wrapped in smooth white chocolate. Lager, made with a familiar beer from Boston and coated in milk chocolate. Lambic, soury Belgian goodness full of fresh raspberry and dipped in dark chocolate chocolate and stout roasty cocoa chocolate insanity. Hop drops are made with fuggles or cascade hops and are known as the candy that bites you back. Choose from sampler and full sizes of both and make your mouth jump to life. All at beercandy.com Hop drops and beer caramels. Satisfy your sweet tooth as only a beer lover could with beer candy. Visit beercandy.com today.
13: Wait till you can pour
4: it out of your own kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And That's it's
10: sense. just hot.
2: It is?
9: It's so super hot. <laughs> <laughs> the-,
2: the-, yeah. the home of live beer radio. Thebrewingnetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're
1: listening to The Session. You're listening to The Brewing Network.
4: Because like beer,
5: radio should Suck. Hold on, slow down, and turn from the top now and sell me.
4: Oh uh, hey. hey, welcome back to the program. Should have taken the day off. I mean, I feel like it was a good show and everything. I don't mean that. I just feel like I should have taken the day off. What, move the session to Tuesday? (laughs) Yeah. From now on, we're going to be on every, occasionally a Tuesday and sometimes a Monday. You saw that coming, didn't you? (laughs) Listen, eventually, in five years, we'll be back to Sunday. Yeah. Come right back around. If you think about it that way.
7: And there's a leap year in between, so that skips a day.
4: (laughs) Oh, it does? Oh, see? So we're close. Right. Leap year. I never understood leap year anyway. Who it, does? It, uh, no, it's
0: because the Romans us with a shitty calendar. It requires math, mm-hmm. right?
4: My computer's failing me right now. So. Oh, no, no. And I'm trying to get it together for you. All right, I think I got to figure it out. All right, we got to do our homebrew of the week right now. Um, we got Adam Welk is our dude. You want your fancy intro? <laughs> yeah, do it. Adam, be quiet for a second, will you?
2: Time for your close up. Now, the BN Homebrewer Spotlight brought to you by Logic. Yes, this week's uh, Homebrewer of
8: the
4: Week is Adam Welk. Adam, you with us, buddy?
15: Yes, I am.
4: Hey, Adam, what's happening, man?
15: Oh, not much. How are you guys doing?
4: We're doing all right. Adam's from Minnesota. What's the What's the temperature in Minnesota right now, Adam? <laughs> Zero. Zero as in zero? Zero as
15: in zero degrees.
4: Fuck that. Why does anybody live in Minnesota? Or any place that's no, cold okay. for that matter. Because it's too expensive
15: got, here. It's all about what you get used to. At least it's not negative 20 like it was last week.
4: See, you know that you've adapted to things when you say things like, at least it's not negative 20 anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like it was last week. Yeah. I mean, this week I can still piss off the balcony. You Last live, week, forget
7: it. You live longer. It's like living in a freezer. It preserves the meat. <laughs> it right. just I,
9: shows how different it is. I went a whole like year with my heater being broken. Yeah, he survived yeah. fine. Nobody and you
4: knew. were f- in California. Was,
9: yeah, that's what I mean. Right. It, was, it was cold. You know what happens in mean? Minnesota
4: if your heater breaks? You die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You break.
9: <laughs> you call nine
4: one one. Right. You know, in Connecticut, I remember this. It's probably. I'm guessing it might be a law in Minnesota too. Like if you're a deadbeat parent and you didn't pay your your PG and E your your gas and electric in the winter, but you you have a kid under under 18, they cannot shut off your your power or your gas. Uh, being That's a true. landlord because in Minnesota
7: is awful because you your
4: can, kid will die.
7: Yeah, you can't kick out a tenant. From the months of November to April. You, you only have half right? the, You have half the year to kick out a tenant. Wow. Otherwise, they're stuck.
8: So if you're planning on skipping out on
4: your lease, stop paying in oh, yeah. August,
15: you're saying? Yeah. <laughs>
4: no, Adam November.
7: Is, you can stop paying in November. November.
4: Adam, is then, the power thing the same in Minnesota? They can't shut it off in the winter?
15: Yeah. I mean, that's a law for all residents, actually. And I think it kicks in in October.
4: Okay. Yeah.
15: So from October to, say, you know March, they cannot legally shut your power off.
4: Right. Yeah, in California, they're like, "Look, it's going to get down to sixty-five, douchebag. Pay your bill. <laughs> you know,
9: throw on an extra heater or an extra blanket, yeah,
4: <laughs> extra blanket. or light a
0: fire. Oh, wait, you can't do that either. Well, does does that make
8: home brewing really tough? Then I mean, it must, right?
4: Easier for loggers. Well, for loggers,
15: it certainly makes it easier in the winter for loggers. Yes.
4: What about for brewing itself, though? Do you brew outside? Yeah, that, Adam, that's what I meant.
15: I'm I actually, oh, I I have a uh, attached garage insulated with a heater in there, so nice. And actually, the brewing system itself uh, produces enough heat, so I I usually end up kicking that heater off anyway, so
4: it's all right. Okay.
8: If you go to our live stream page, network dot com slash tv, you'll see pictures of Adam's system. So
4: Adam is oh, you guys our got those? yes, sir. <laughs>
8: Nice. Oh, oh, sure. Oh, they're
0: for fun. <laughs>
8: you betcha. Adam. You got
4: those? Hey, we, oh. last, we lasted two minutes without that joke. We thought okay. the internet hey, was how many frozen. Have you guys seen the movie Fargo? <laughs> yes. What a great Do movie. I really too. Do Sound like those guys? What movie? Fargo? Yeah, kind Fargo. Of. You're yeah. close. Yeah. You don't sound exactly like them, but you you have a little bit of it. You yeah. have a little more rednecky in you. Mm-hmm.
15: All right. Well, I'll t- I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> yes, I'll own
4: that. Yeah. My,
7: my wife's Minnesotan, and you sound more Canadian than my wife. She sounds Minnesotan.
4: Yeah. Okay. Uh so Adam, how long have you been brewing? Uh four years. Okay. And you got it looks uh, from my notes, you got really into it right away.
15: Yeah, it uh, it took off like crazy. My uh buddy actually had a had an idea to start and, and uh, you know, had aspirations to open our own brewery and this and that and uh well, now he's not interested in it at all, and I'm wow. the crazy guy building all this stuff and, and brewing beer about four times a
4: month. So it was just a flash in the pan for him. He moved on.
15: Yeah, he moved on. Well, he's busy. he's got his own life going, but uh, yeah, certainly um, certainly took the hobby uh, full force.
4: Did you have the insulated garage uh, before you got into home brewing, or was that built for your hobby? No, I already had that. Okay, so you just put the brewery right inside it. What do you brew on?
15: Well, I'm currently building my own single tier uh, brew stand out of super strut channel, and it's it's not functional yet. But I used to burn on just a jet burner, on a floor burner. Yeah, and uh, with the uh, cooler. What is
4: uh, what is super strut channel?
15: It's a um, it's it's actually great material. It's galvanized steel used to uh, used um, in a construction applications for uh, mounting transformers, heavy transformers, electrical transformers, and supporting conduits on the wall. And um, you see it every day. I mean, just look up in the ceiling at the Home Depot; you'll see it all over the place.
4: Okay, I was looking at pictures. Though. I'm I'm looking at your stand. It's beautiful.
15: Well, thank you. you I haven't brewed on it yet. Give it a few uh, sessions. It won't be so shiny, but yeah. And did you weld that yourself? Actually, that's all bolted together. Oh, bolted, uh, okay.
4: Got it. And now I'm looking at your fermenter, too. Is that a Blickman?
15: Yeah, that's a Blickman.
4: Very nice. All wrapped and insulated. And and what about the controller for it? Did you make that?
15: Yes, I did. That control box I purchased uh, at Home Depot and... Um the controller inside it I purchased on Amazon for I think eighty dollars and it is a dual stage relay so it can control hot and cold and basically you just set the temperature and walk away.
8: Nice. I have a very important question, Adam. Did you click on the BN link uh, in
4: it for Amazon before you ordered the thing?
8: Oh, good question.
15: <laughs> He's like no.
8: No, I mean it.
4: <laughs> no, no. You know, no, Tasty just me. puts, I think I got this right, Tasty just puts a light bulb next to his fermenter, and somehow it, it adjusts the temperature. Did, did I get that right? No, I think he said he had a thought and Something a light like bulb that or, I thought that's what it was. It involved a light bulb, yes. It's a great way to do things. Uh, so you started extract like everybody, right? Yes. And then quickly moved on to all grain?
15: Yeah, well, I couldn't get over that extract twang. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, mean, I know you can make beautiful extract beers, and I'm not dogging on that at all. But it just seemed to me that every single batch of extract I made just had this twang to it.
4: I see what you mean. And did it go away right away with your first batch of all-grain?
15: The twang went away, but the first batch of all-grain wasn't uh, the best. Okay.
4: <laughs> what did? You, <laughs> do you remember what you messed up on it?
15: Um, I think, well, I had a weak mash. Uh, the temperature was way... Undershot. I think I was mashing somewhere in the one forties, really low forties, and it just had a really thin body. When I was really expecting a full, thicker body. So.
8: Okay. Do you guys know what he means by, by twang? Do you just,
4: does, yeah, does that make sense? It does. Although, you know, like he's saying, you, you can still brew really great extract. By the way, no one sponsors us for extract brewing, so we're not just saying it because I think extract has gotten a lot better, and that twang is is reduced. But depending on how you ferment, and I think that's really important with extract, to, well, with all beer, uh, you, yeah, there's a little, it's kind of a sweetness. It's kind of a, mm. a, a, twang is a great word for it. I know it's not very descriptive, but when you taste it, you go, yeah, that's like a little twang to it. There's a little thing sometimes. It's not like a dry finish or anything. Yeah. Like yeah. Like I can't put my
15: thumb be. on it, so I just call it a twang.
4: Yeah, that's what I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think you're kind of right. But, but JP's, yeah, JP's saying yeah. it better than me, that it just... It's not that dry. You can't manipulate it as much as like adjusting your mash temperature and getting exactly the fermentation finish that you want. You're you're stuck with whatever they did when they made the extract, right, right. and sometimes right, that can yep. be a rather sweet or at least less than dry finish. Yeah, and often homebrewers will call it twang. It's just a little extract twang, you know. But I'll tell you, a, a great extract brewer, you can put them side by side, you don't know it. You know, if they've really figured out how to ferment that out. Oh yeah, then uh, well, you well, don't know yeah. the yeah. but, uh, but it's more fun to brew all grain, anyway, isn't it?
15: Yes, it is. It's a lot of fun, like you say. You got complete control over your profile, and that's the fun of it, right there.
4: Yeah, I think absolutely. Now, I I, ha- I see in my notes here that you also like to uh, harvest and reuse your yeast. Yes,
15: I um, I've noticed recently. I've started doing top uh, cropping. And I can't believe, you know, I've read forums. They say this is the super yeast, and I would have to say that description is perfect because that shit just takes off like crazy.
6: Tasty, do you still do that? <laughs> yeah, I was the one that came up with super yeast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you did? Cause yeah, What forum. <laughs> yeah, I do that. Can't, I don't do it anymore, but I used to do it. You don't do it anymore? Uh, I don't brew often enough to be cropping from one to the other. Okay. Right now, I mean, it seems like it's like, you know. Most frequent would be like every two weeks. So yeah, I wouldn't be keeping yeast, so I make a new starter every time right now. But if I was brewing, you know, batch after batch, same yeast, yeah. Adam,
4: would- h- how do you top crop off of your Blickman conical fermenter?
15: Well, it's kind of a pain in the ass. Um, I have to completely take the lid off, okay, which is sealed with the, with the band clamp. Yep. And um, I s- literally just—I have um, my wife has uh, stainless steel measuring cups. And I throw that in a bucket of star sand and uh, use that to just scoop it right out. That's nice.
4: Rudimentary. That'll do the trick.
15: And, well, what I, I also light a candle above it to, you know, kind of act as like a Bunsen burner and, and, and keep any uh, bacteria from falling into the fermenter itself. But I also kind of hold the lid over it halfway to prevent that as well.
4: Okay. I thought you like you're talking about you do a seance or something to make sure, you're like a prayer that it doesn't get infected with the candle. Um, <laughs> a little bit of that too. I may do that.
7: Do you have another batch ready to go, or are you storing it in some kind of container until that batch is done in your conical? Or what do you do with the crop?
15: I um, I boil and chill water, and I throw that in a flask, uh, sized accordingly. I usually just throw it in my five liter flask, and then. Um, Yeah, just throw the yeast in there and then throw it in the fridge until I'm ready to maybe whip it up on a stir plate. Or if I'm going to be brewing within the next few days, I'll just dump it right out of the flask uh, into the next batch.
4: What if you're not brewing in the next few days? How long do you feel comfortable keeping it in the flask,
5: in the fridge? Uh,
15: three weeks, because I've noticed after three weeks, it does start to turn color, and it's not that nice, white, creamy color anymore. Yeah. And um, I just don't trust you know, going through the efforts of whipping it up on a stir plate and throwing it in a batch of beer and have, you know, detrimental effects or something.
4: Right. And what's the purpose of the water in the flash? Does it actually, is that washing the yeast? Like, does it separate or something, or does it all become one substance that you pitch?
15: It, um, actually, well, when I cold crash it in the fridge, all the yeast will suspend at the bottom, and then, say, before I pitch it into a batch of beer or before I throw a new starter wort in there, I just uh, decant that water because okay. there's a nice separation between the yeast and the water.
4: Got it. Okay. And do you you said you, you'll just stick it on a stir plate before you're going to pitch or something? Is that just to kind of warm it up and get it going again? Yeah, exactly. Okay. To get All right. What kind of yeast do you like to use?
15: You know what? I really like 1056. I think that really has a great neutral profile. And you can brew damn near any style of beer with that yeast. I mean, that is definitely my house, strain. But I've also experimented with uh, the California Common, the uh, hybrid lager yeast. Okay. And that one's also a great one to top crop and reuse. And that also has a nice neutral, really clean uh, profile. I like that yeast, uh, too.
4: Beautiful. Well, it sounds like you got your system dialed in. Uh, What are you going to add to it next?
15: Right now, I'm. Uh, I need a. I need a gas pipe. All my burners before it can. I can't even brew until that's done. Okay. And um, I want to purchase the Blickman single control module so I can do a, a rims system on my mash.
4: Oh, the Tower of Power.
15: No, I'm not going to get the Tower of Power though. Oh. I, I really like Blickman and they they got their shit dialed in but you know for 600 bucks yeah I could plumb that into my own system for you know a fraction of that price
4: Right no I have so, to buy it I can't I, plumb anything Right <laughs> But yeah. I see no I see your point yeah if you can make it make it
15: I mean it's a great I mean I if I had the money I'd drop it and just get it all shipped to my house and start brewing but yeah. you know I've kind of built Everything myself, and it's part of the fun of the hobbies, So I'd rather just.
4: Well, I'll tell you what, John Blickman would agree with you. He would say to you, if you can build it, you should you should build it. That's the fun for him too. He does it for right. for, for you know dummies like me. So yeah, <laughs> but dummies with money. So it's not you. Dummies with money. <laughs> <you. laughs> right. That's an excellent point you make, JP. Um, hey, uh, how I just I've never asked one of our homebrew of the week this, although I should more often because you guys are calling in from all over the the country. How's your How's your brewing water? Do you have to do anything to it
15: um actually it's very neutral uh uh, my brewing water it's pretty hard so with ipas which is the style i love to brew i don't have to really do anything with it i mean the hops just shine right through it's great but um you know as far as chemistry goes per style guideline i'm not really familiar with any of that so i guess i can't really answer your question but just overall, my, I've, I've had a sample sent into a laboratory, and it, it seems pretty neutral compared to what I've read on the internet.
4: So you don't really mess with it much, then? You just go for it? Right. I just go. Do you filter filter a carbon filter or anything?
15: Yeah, I carbon filter it. Okay. So Yep, yeah, that's all I do to it.
4: Well, to me, that's the best. Look, if that's all you have to do, and you don't have to treat it, I'm stoked about that. Yeah. Pain in the ass.
15: Yeah, it is a pain in the ass. Yeah. But- part of
4: the fun too what city are you in in minnesota
15: i live in hugo which is right around the metro area
4: oh yeah i totally know that uh, place <laughs> <laughs> i think we're on <laughs> in hugo aren't we i think, yeah, I think that's, our, that's one of our best markets right there yeah right next to
5: schenectady yeah.
15: oh yeah you know I, I go down to minneapolis to the northern brewer and they ask me where i'm from i say hugo and they look at me like i'm from mars or something <laughs> even they don't know where hugo is
4: <laughs> <laughs> that's funny nice all right adam well listen uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you thanks for being on the show man
15: yeah you too guys keep keep brewing on strong it's great i love listening to your show
4: we will i hope we get to meet you i don't know. maybe nhc will come your way someday and i don't know we'll get to meet you
15: hell yeah i'll look
4: into it all right brother take care and thank you yep see you there you go. That's our home brewer of the week,
8: Adam. Indeed. Thank you to Adam, and thank you to Logic, Inc. They brought you the home brewer of the week. Go to EcologicCleansers.com. Read their story. It's great. They've been around since 1992, and they make the best cleaning products there are. Non-toxic, biodegradable, non-corrosive. Use them. Love them. EcologicCleansers.com.
4: And you know what? If you like this segment, I really I'm, this segment's growing on me, i got to tell you. I really like yeah. it. getting to know these guys a little bit. It's yeah, kind of sure. fun. If you like the segment, go to Logic, Inc., because they're bringing it to you. We can't do it without them. So yes, you know, what I want to start doing
8: is uh, I want to know like are these guys married and what do their wives think? Like? We need to make that a regular <laughs> question because ah. the the uh, uh, there's a, a wide range of reactions that the the uh, significant others
4: have. It, it it's a mixed bag. Yeah, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Well, and even maybe what their
7: favorite local beer is. Yeah, that's like, a good you know, one too. Because they're all over the place, so find out what the homebrewers.
4: like. Well,
8: why yeah. didn't
7: you ask
4: that beer? What the fuck are you doing here?
7: Yeah, you ended the interview real quick. Oh. I had
8: that white question
4: chamber, and you were like, well, see ya. Yeah. <laughs> later. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> Great talking to you, Adam. Fuck yeah. off. It's two hours later where he is. He's up real late. Yeah. That's true. He's having himself some beers. It's too cold to sleep. <laughs> All right. One more thing to get done here, plus our Twitter game. We gotta do that, though, That's don't right. We? Yeah. Okay. Uh, why don't we do feedback real quick? Please Feedback's do. brought to you today by Williams Brewing Company, longtime sponsor of ours out here in California. Great fast shipping. That's what everybody says about Williams. Uh, good customer service, and you get your stuff quick. Go to WilliamsBrewing.com and check them out. All right. Jason writes in. Uh, hey, Brewcasters. Hi. longtime Long time, first time. Um been brewing for five years now and been uh, turning out some pretty good beers. I meddle with most of the beers I enter in competitions and have won best in show twice. Uh, that being said, I've still learned a ton from listening to the show and have tweaked several of my processes for the better based on the info. Uh, when are you bringing back the Brewcaster Challenge? That was one of the more informative segments of 2013, and he spelt out yeah, for you, monster I'm sure he did. Thanks 2013. a 2013. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate all the hard work everyone puts in the show. Suck it, JP's cancer from Jason. Um, so the Brewcaster challenge. Don't worry, it has not been abandoned. Uh, it will be back. It's a particularly time-intensive uh, segment for us. What we actually really enjoyed doing it too, though. Uh, but with Winterfest going on and JP dying and uh, well,
0: well, well, you know, I don't wouldn't say actively dying. We don't know for sure.
4: Yeah, you know, he, he could
0: live. Yeah,
4: they we won't know. know until they open me up. We won't know till Friday afternoon. Yeah. You realize I have to still go on with Winterfest even if you die on, on Friday. Like I can't well, yeah, I can't be like oh we gotta mourn. Like I gotta do it.
0: No, but I will at least expect like a like a cheers or some sort of toast. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'll totally... yeah, like, like a- maybe after you know not even during. I'll, I'll like wear my pants at half. Yeah.
9: If, in case. The uh pants. moment of silence where the one douchebag always coughs. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> and, the, and by douchebag, she means Moscow. <laughs>
8: oh no! Please, I yell at that person
4: and, during the uh, moment of silence. Yeah, no. And and listen, when when people comment, "Wow, you look like you're really having a good time," considering your friend just died. Yeah. Know that it's it's just me putting on a face. Like for the I'm the face of the network. Right. I have to act strong. Uh, no, okay. I, well, I've realized. You know, it, it, it's fine.
5: It's okay. fine. All it's right. all right. I
4: appreciate okay. it. Uh, anyhow, the Brewcaster Challenge will be back. In fact, I, I reckon we'll, we, we might try to fire it up again in February or March. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, really, we just hit the first round of the tournament. Yeah, so we haven't even finished the, uh, the first round. We now have to do the winner's bracket and the loser's exactly. bracket. Tasty, of course, is in the winner's bracket. I'm in the loser's bracket with... Friggin' Nathan Smith and John Plisset. If I die... And Jamil. And
9: Jamil. And Jam- oh, that's right. right. And Jamil.
0: If I die, huh. can I choose who takes my place in
4: the fucking winner's bracket? Oh. Uh, yes. Are okay. you? I assume you're going to write it down beforehand, or are you going to haunt me and tell me that way? No, it'll, it'll be... It'll, I don't it'll, think Wesley's going to do that. I'll tell that you right now. Job, okay. Yeah, it'll be Nate. Nathan will take your yeah. place in... It. Well, that's good for me, because yeah. it removes him from the loser's bracket.
0: Right, but I feel like for him, you know, he's the only one that could... You know, he got old for sure. <laughs> he, got,
4: <laughs> he got misled by Tasty. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, don't worry. The challenge is coming back. And, and listen, even when we finish it, th- we're going to do it again. We liked it also. And I, I like the content we got out of it. I mean, it's fun to hear, like, Tasty talking about stuff he learned doing his style that we threw at him. Yeah.
8: So yeah. I had fun brewing a, a decent beer. Yes, <laughs> so you
4: had fun succeeding. <laughs> yeah, did. When, did, when did that happen? <laughs> yeah.
0: When was that?
8: Oh, uh, the Black IPA, remember?
0: Well, yeah, but you said decent beer, so I figured... Uh, I thought it was all right. Mm-hmm. You beat uh, Jamil. How does it, that
8: happen? If you weren't dying, JP, I'd sock you in the thorax or whatever the hell you have <laughs> the thorax? I don't know. I think that's a, a Dr. Seuss...
0: you have to get through my
4: exoskeleton first? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Kurt writes in, hi. I just finished listening. <laughs> hi. Uh, I just finished listening, and I want to sincerely thank you for the final 30 to 45 minutes of the BN Awards show. It was awesome, and awful, and awkward, all rolled into one. It really put the LTD in meltdown, uh... Then I saw that Redhead Hops posted the full audio of their live read spot on the website. <laughs> it seems that they get it, so I'll be ordering a calendar. Thank you, and I hope JP doesn't die from mm. from Kurt.
8: Yeah, Thank God you. bless Amy. She's got a sense of humor.
4: So I'll admit, the next day, you know, I, I knew what happened with that segment. I, I wasn't too drunk to know that the night of. But the next day, I had to come in and, and send Amy from Redhead Hops two versions. And, and one of them was the full version, because I listened to it, and I thought... This is a disaster, but it's funny. I can't, I don't want to cut this out. It's, it's who we are, Fuck us. but it's her, but it's her sponsored segment. So I have to send her that. And so it's like nine minutes long. Then I sent her an edited version, which was literally like the first four words I said and the last eight words I said, and I cut out everything in the middle. Here's this calendar. Thank you very much, everybody. The show's over. And sure enough, Amy's like, run it, run it. It's good. She gets it. Yeah, she does. It's who we are. So I got to thank her for, I was I was stressed out a little bit about that. I was worried that we were going to have to, I was worried I was going to have to eat some crow, call her. I'm really sorry. We're idiots. We're hella dumb. But <laughs> hella she was dumb. cool. Yeah, hella dumb. She was cool. All right. And last but certainly not least, our spam of the week. Greetings from Miss Leah Edom.
9: These are my favorite.
4: She sounds hot. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way she says Greetings. Uh, with all due respect, I want you to read my letter with one mind and help me. Okay, so all of us have to right. think of one mind. <laughs> Whose mind is going to read it? <laughs> Just
9: I think that. together we don't equal one mind. <laughs>
4: <laughs> right. I am Leah Edom, the only daughter of late Mr. and Mrs. Edom. My late father was a very wealthy cocoa dealer in Loma Togo. <laughs> before he was poisoned to death by his business associates on one of their outings <laughs> oh. to discuss on a business
0: deal. can you imagine? Wow. Poisoned on one of their business outings
4: to discuss on a business deal. My mother died when she was given birth to me. <laughs> she was, given. She was yes. given. Since then, my father took me so special because I am motherless. <laughs> I would take you special, too. <laughs>
0: It's not even funny. It's <laughs> so terrible. Oh, it's tragic. <laughs> you just haven't been taken special enough. <laughs>
10: Apparently
0: not. No, no. Wait till your mother lists.
4: Before the Aww. death of my father on 2nd June 2013 in a private hospital here in Lomo, Togo, he secretly called me on his bedside. <laughs> are you doing the same
5: thing <laughs> I'm doing. Are you Is Lomo Togo a place? I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking at... Scott and I are going to Google race <laughs> All three of us went for <laughs> it.
4: <laughs> uh, he secretly yeah. called me on his bedside and told me that he has a sum. Of five million us dollars left in a fixed deposit That's a lot. he also explained to me it was because of his wealth that he was poisoned by his business associates oh. that I should seek a foreign partner in a country of my choice, or I will transfer the money and use it for investment purpose, such as real estate agent <laughs> Just one, Just one. Just one. Just one. <laughs> Well, you only really need a good one yeah, right you know? find one yeah I am 18 year old. Dear, I am honorably seeking your assistance in the following ways. Number one, to provide any bank account where this money would be transferred into. Number two, to serve as the guardian of this fund. Number three, to make arrangement for me to come over to your country, to further my education, and to secure a residential permit for me in your country. I want you to help me, not because of the 30% I want to offer you, but because to make, you, uh, to make me as your adoptive child and take good care of my life. Please save my life. Hope to hear from you soonest. Thanks and God bless. Best regards, Leah Edom. I feel honored that she chose me. Yeah, right? I mean, she's not just giving me 30%. I will become her adoptive parent of an 18-year-old. Right. Lomo Edom. Right. Lomo, Lomo Togan. Lomo Where is Lomo Togo? Africa. Weird. It's on the coast of
0: Africa. So if you go to, Shocking. If
9: you go to images, <laughs> there are aerial shots, and it's...
4: Of Loma e- of Quite, Loma Togo or of, quite of, pretty.
9: Edom? Of Loma Togo. And then there are shots that are not aerial. And that place is a dump. Where everybody's dying. <laughs> no, I'm seriously... Everybody's dying a, of there's dysentery. There's a poor little baby with like an uh. IV and a belly and a, it's is a hot, this, hot uh, mess. It's all
0: the business
7: deals
9: Maybe he should donate yeah. his money to this poor uh, country. Yeah. Is this
0: Google Street View? You're looking at it?
4: <laughs> it's te- textbook Africa, is what you're saying. Uh, he's actually the mascot of Lomo Togo, he's the state. Oh, state baby. Here's a bunch of I'll have
0: one.
9: monkey skeletons.
4: Oh, mm. what,
0: what, are you, sh- what, what are you looking at? <laughs> what are you looking at? It, it makes it sound like you walk down the streets of Lomo Togo and you see all of these uh, things. The, she
8: Google, Google imaged it. Yeah, God bless Google Image. Show you the world. I don't want to use Google Images anymore. Ever since last week, uh,
4: when
0: we're double
5: into dildo. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never were kind of asking, asking for that. I mean,
0: that's stupid. Yeah. Moved to Utah or whatever they're from.
4: All right, well, I'll tell you what, Miss Leah Edom. Uh, if JP doesn't make it on Friday, yeah. I will send you his bank details. And then we have an account. <laughs> I mean, it's worth a chance, a yeah. shot, right? Right. Who knows? Ooh. It could be really real. 30% of $5 million U.S. dollars, JP. It's funny that she doesn't know anybody. Nobody in any other country. She—that's cho- what I'm saying. She chose me. Mm, that's true, and uh, I'm flattered. Think she's hot? I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty certain she's hot. She's 18 and named Leah. If she's 18, <laughs> she's 18. If she's 18 <laughs> and I adopt her, am I allowed to sleep with her? Or is that against the law? That would be against the law. But you. you but she's 18. Yeah, all Woody you, Allen. Yeah, yeah Woody Allen found
8: uh, kind of it. He didn't but, go to jail. No, he's he's a he's a hero. He,
4: yeah. He's a <laughs> hero. He's, in fact, he's a hero. See, <laughs> right. I too could be a hero. All right. That is our feedback thanks to uh, williamsbrewing.com. What's our, uh, our our Twitter game result and our, what was the question? The question was what
0: is going to be the best drunken story to come out of Winter Brews Fest yes. this weekend? Yes. Yes. I think it's going to be a tear-filled toast given by me. Why would Why would you think that? I'm already swimming in my own thoughts. Get out of here. Not
4: about that. It, no, it'll be that you're not there, just not there that day. Not that right. you're not there forever, but it'll be like it'll go like this. Do you, want to, do you want to hear
0: it? That would mean you would respect what I do, and yeah, it, no. and there would be an absence of it, which there's not. Yes. so it's fine. No, I, yes, I would love to hear it. Go
4: ahead, please. It starts like this. Yes, and ladies and gentlemen <laughs> of the Brewing Networks Winter Brews Festival, who are here on this day today, right? My you- name is Leah Edom. <laughs> 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 All right, go ahead.
0: What was our Jeff Wilson kid? writes uh, Sugar Valley Brewer singing a song about Bevo into his wallet. Oh. Like wallet phone. That might happen. Um. Yeah, right. That's a realistic uh, vision. Is Sugar coming? Oh, I hope he is. Yeah, I'm sh- he's coming he right now. I'll put five bucks on a plane ticket for that guy. Uh, Effing Beer writes uh, A guy who still believes the cease and desist letter was real starts a fight with society brewing. Oh, that's me. Oh, that's you? Yeah. I believe it's <laughs> real. Sugar Valley Brewer writes, Bevo gets hammered and belts out a touching rendition of Wacka Wacka on stage. That
4: would be something, wouldn't it? Huh? Mm. It would be something. It would, it would
0: definitely be.
9: something be... that's not going to happen. <laughs> it,
4: would, it would qualify as something, that's for sure. What if Kuzmi came out with his saxophone and everything, and you got to uh-huh. do a duet?
9: Bevo doesn't get drunk at these events.
4: That's true. I'd make Bevo work. <laughs> Bevo doesn't work. <laughs> or That'll get work. drunk at these events. Right.
0: People complain about these events. Aaron uh, Sanderson wrote, Damo shows up with a keg of four loco. Damo! And then Chad Carver writes: Sam Caligioni shows uh, shows up and offers to buy JP's thyroid to use as an ingredient in his latest
4: (laughs) (laughs) in his latest off center recipe. Yes, Mm -hmm. winner! You don't have to read anymore. That's well, that's that's it. it. I mean, that's it, right? That's the winner. Yeah. 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 All right, Sam Caligioni and the thyroid beer. Love it.
9: Sam Caligioni wins everything always.
4: Yeah, he does. It's six in the morning
9: here. All day, early day.
4: All right, Bevo. Don't get your panties. I'm just saying. Bye, Brady who won that uh that was uh i closed it chris carver i think is what it was good job chris that's a good one <laughs> uh where's andy wood when we need him call in as uh thought he was going to call in more this yeah sam accept except not more. buying it all right folks i think that about does it for us here on the bn moscow have i missed anything no you're good all right we're off next week recovering from our winter bruce festival you can go to bnbrewfest.com get your tickets now Jip, you ready to get us out of here? Yes. So, seriously, though, surgery on Friday. Yes. And then all, hopefully the deal is, that's it, like a one-time deal, right? They go in, they take it out, we're good to go. Yeah. Aren't you going to be radioactive or something? Is that before or after?
0: No, that's way after. Oh, yeah. they don't do it as rec-
4: part of the thing? No.
0: no, no, no. I'll have to recover for like two or for like... Four to six weeks, okay, and then um, I'll have to go off my my meds for like two months, and then um, and then I'll be radioactive for like a day and a half.
8: But it something. it's only like affects uh, babies and the elderly, though, right? Or do we
0: have to worry? No, I, I'm like in full like lockdown. to be isolated, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh,
4: for just a couple of days. Yeah, like two days, and that's what it's just a precaution to like get anything left over. Is that what it is? Yeah,
0: it's radioactive uh, iodine, and it'll it'll uh, your thyroid kind of soaks up all that crap and um i still have some of my parathyroids left anyway so all that'll just kind of go up to that area yeah and irradiate any thyroid tissue that's left okay um to because if even if there's a little bit it can the cancer can come back so okay
4: yeah and what about speaking? Like, are you not able to speak for
0: a while because it's in your neck? I don't know. I, I should be fine. I mean, my my voice will sound like raspy and weird, I guess, and, until Sexy, it heals. Sexy, I call it. Yes. Well, it, it, it depends on how much damage they do to the nerve Ooh. that operates the vocal. They may have, Or none. Or none. That's, okay. that's correct. So it just, it all depends. I don't really know. Okay. Okay.
4: Well, let me say this, JP. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have been an excellent... Uh, for this, I, I feel stupid <laughs> saying these words, but mm-hmm. a good sport uh, about this. I don't know how else to say it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, listeners know that we like to live our lives on the air here. I think it's part of the interest of our show, and you've allowed us to do that, and I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, listen, Friday's going to be a breeze, man. Yeah. Again. And then it's all over, and this will all be behind us, and I can go back to yelling at you about things.
0: <laughs> well, that would be fun, because I feel like, you know... You've, been, you've missed it, haven't I you? I feel like I've missed it. It's been like seven days. It's been it's been a little longer, I yeah. think. Okay, but you've been real busy. You it's, haven't you haven't noticed the things
4: I've been not doing. <laughs> it's gonna be a breeze, Jip, and we're all pulling yeah. for you. And I get emails every day. I hope you do too, from listeners that are worried about you. So yeah, I do. Oh,
0: well, can I just say,
4: um, I,
0: you guys mean well, but I don't. I'm not gonna use a fucking homeo you know oh, like are you soak, getting that like soak a diseased rag in urine and put it on my <laughs> oh, on my neck I'm not gonna goat do it's urine
4: it's not any urine <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not gonna go to like alternative medicine camp and see a surgeon in Chicago who has taken uh, stuff from the 1950s and you right. drink this tea for 18 months standing on your head I'm not gonna do it so please thank right. you for the time that you take to write the email it's like very heartfelt and very long yeah. Um, but <laughs> very long. Yeah, but it's I, I'm not gonna I, you know I'm not gonna do it. I, I, I apologize.
8: You're just in the pocket of big pharma, man.
0: That's uh, well. That's all I am. I mean, you know, I have a, a stake. In the uh, hospital, I'm a shareholder, and uh, I don't know.
4: <laughs> I, do, I do feel wish. like this particular advice is yeah. a little bit misdirected, because the procedure for yours is very well known and mm-hmm. has a very high... Su- In other words, it's not like you're stage four something, and it, you're like throwing a shotgun of treatment at whatever works. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like this sort of try some weird... Goat piss is a it's kind of misguided, misdirected. Westernized medicine has figured this one out. (laughs) Yeah, we're good on this one, and it's not voodoo. Take the thing out, and it's gone. The goats
9: from that town in Africa,
0: (laughs) right? (laughs) Lomo quoto.
4: Was it Leah Edom who wrote you the?
0: It might have been, it might have been. <laughs> you mixed up the emails oh. uh, yeah I agree it's it's a little bit it's a little bit funky but it's a nice gesture yes it, it does make me feel good to, to yeah. this, these people are thinking about me enough to sit down and write an email about it yeah it is very nice but I'm not you're kind of wasting your time I'm not gonna sure I'm not gonna do it but it, you know there is alternative medicine surgery isn't always the answer for everything but for this thing it kind of is it turns out it is yeah so
4: well I everyone's pulling for you not just in this room but the listenership uh they really care so i've been i've been happy to see it and uh it's gonna be a breeze jip you'll be back you'll be back to i'd say normal but you know what i mean
0: we don't even know what that is that's the other thing it's like i'm gonna die and then get reborn because i who knows it might it you know there's a high probability it will change a lot about me
4: i mean imagine tasty comes uh, tasty jp comes
0: back uh
5: I'm thinking you of Tasty because Tasty was going to die first yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, he, already, he already looks dead over there His eyes are closed Everybody
4: and everything tasty. Imagine he's JP comes back and he's the most Stable guy in the room His hormones are balanced His brain waves are, are back to where they are And he's like, I don't know what you guys are talking about This this, this conversation is ridiculous By the way, I'm going to write a I'm going to write A
0: stock ticker on here You should really invest 20% of all your mutual fund holdings Into this Yeah.
5: He back, I've been watching
4: you know, you know, Tasty, I think that method you've been trying in your brew house is quite silly. Uh, let me tell you what's better. If this is the JV thing. I would love it. Yeah, it'd be great. It suddenly Ever,
9: becomes th- pompous. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> and brilliant. Yeah. just different. So no, I'll, I'll just invent
0: a bunch of homebrew methods. It's fine. It's yeah, be all right.
4: All right, Jip. I, I mean, uh, good luck at uh, Peace Cake. And uh, we'll see you next week. Mm. Huh, buddy? Oh, so you're not going to come visit me in hospital? I'm going to try. <laughs> we, will, we will definitely try. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to
9: come and visit you I have a Thanks, hard time Steve. with tubes
4: yeah. With fluid and the neck It's
0: just going just, to be too drained Here, I'll cover it up It'll be fine
4: I mean, it's a lot harder on me than it is him He doesn't have to look at it, it's on his yeah. neck Sorry, yeah. I gotta look at it No, I still have to
0: get up and go to the bathroom <laughs> There's mirrors in the bathroom Oh, I would ask him to take that down Yeah, you just have cancer, Jip. Justin has to visit you right. Right. It's
8: much harder on me. Oh, him. hey
4: I'll wear a burlap sack like Elephant Man, yes.
5: (laughs) I'm being serious.
4: You want a a, a secret to get your own room? Yes. Tell them you've had MRSA before. I swear to God. The hospital told me... They ended up putting me in my own room. And the nurses and the discharge and everybody told me, by the way, you need to tell the hospital every time you're ever admitted for the rest of your life that you've had MRSA before. Really? And you will always get your own room. Wow. Tell them you've had MRSA. But I think that they would go oh yeah tell me the history about
0: it and then i go oh uh... Use just
4: history yeah yeah on, I, my I happen hand. on my. just look at my hand make up a story right now you'll be fine i don't have a scar like that listen no no hell. just you do know, tell him no. it's, it's tell him it was in your butthole and uh, there's uh. no there's a big scar from that <laughs> yeah. uh. and uh listen sharing a room sucks
9: it it's really worth the does. lie
4: of course it does
9: i had it's to share a lie. room after i had a kid that was oh. unfortunate. With another chick who just had a kid.
4: Oh, that's two giant vaginas just sitting <laughs> in a room, <laughs> flapping away.
7: <That> <laughs> and shit. Where, where, ah. where was the person while you were having the kid?
9: No, no, no! I delivered in a separate room, and oh. then
0: that's good.
6: That was she, they were nice
7: helping
0: of them. each other. <laughs> At least they moved you out for that. Yeah. Yeah. They just put them both in a room. It's like the movie, The Cube. You got to figure
4: out your way they out.
9: Terrible,
4: facing each other <laughs> <laughs> with the so open a,
0: openings.
9: Race. <laughs> 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 it did not sound like that.
0: We are so hella dumb. <laughs> we are hella dumb. hella dumb. Let's move to Ohio. All right, are we out of here? Yes. Yeah. All right, Jip, get us out.
5: Should have been an hour. <laughs>
0: this could be the thank last you song know, you ever hear thank you to our show sponsor more beer you can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com next time you're out in manhattan swing by 508 gastro brewery and try some of chris's beers head over to 508nyc.com for details follow a dying man while you can jp is on twitter at majorjip for some good beer insight and homebrew info follow nate smith at nathan homebrew and mike McDowell at tasty McDee production director on the session has been push eject tonight's show has been produced by scott mask jp was poking at his cancer all show long Gross. your call screener and coffee meisler was bevo and your host was justin crossley be sure to find the network on facebook and twitter